From the President's office in the White House in Washington, D.C., we present an address by the President of the United States, Dwight D. Eisenhower. In holding scientific research and discovery in respect, as we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific, technological elite. Saturday, January 29th, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. I have a jam-packed show for you today. Somebody out there in particular hoping it'll be especially long might just get there today. We have a absolutely powerful show for you today with the really some of the really important topics that are being missed in a lot of th- in a lot of ways because of some other topics that are taking a lot of the air out of the room that are also very, very, very important. And that's one of the topics we're going to discuss today and how this is really being Showing you things we've been telling you from day one, long before even COVID, that you are the majority. And I think that's something that we need to recognize, but also how it's being manipulated. Now, that's always how we have to look at this. Even if something's organic and natural and however you want to look at it, it will always be abused by people in power. Never let a good crisis or a situation go to waste is how they how they would look at it, because this is something that people are tapping into. So if they can tweak it and use it and misrepresent it just the way they want it, it can be used the same way. That's what we always have to be on guard for. But there's really powerful movements happening right now, and it's going global. All around the world, people are beginning to stand up and show everyone around them that we are not the minority, that the people that are forcing, people that are challenging what we believe we represent, whether Canadian, American, or anywhere else, are the minority. And we need to understand that. We, I think we've always been there. Now, we're going to start today with a really great focus on foreign policy, but I wanted to do a quick little rundown of a couple things we're going to go over today. Just really quickly in the beginning here, I want you to see, this will be at the later end of the show, but I want you guys to stay tuned today, the high cost of disparaging natural immunity to COVID. What? Look at that. January 26, 2022. So the Wall Street Journal is putting out an article that literally says that employers who got fired because they didn't take an injection or employees should actually get their job back and be apologized to. Yeah. That's that's I actually saw that on Nathan Stoltman's show just the other just today, actually, from I think yesterday. And I'm glad that I saw this because this is from a couple of days ago. Why isn't that being talked about? Isn't that interesting? They're saying that they were wrong on top of that, realizing that guess what, guys? Finally, a CDC study shows that natural immunity is 2.8 times as of, or more so effective than getting an injection for hospitalization, 3.3 to 4.7 times more effective. This is really important stuff we're going to go over today, including the Pentagon pumps the brakes on vaccine mandates for civilians. It seems it's falling apart all over the place. Isn't this interesting? We're going to talk today about some pretty definitive evidence coming from Ireland in regard to how the 14 day period is what is that that is the crux of the manipulation in regard to how they're hiding the risk for 100,000. We have been talking about this. The majority is clear. And they're reeling to try to argue why it makes sense that the majority of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths are on the side of the people that are vaccinated. When's the last time that happened, right? When, the years before when the majority of people got the polio vaccine, did, were they also the majority of people that got polio or ended up in the hospital? Not really, though. Isn't that funny? But seeing they make it make sense today. But here in Ireland, we're going to show you pretty damn obviously that not only are they moving this stuff, but they are doing so in a way that absolutely can be continued to man- be manipulated. 
Also, the CDC is telling you, oh, if you got the booster, we can go ahead and just remove that 14-day period. Why? Because it's arbitrary. It never had any scientific basis. And now you get the booster. Well, you're up to date right away. <laughs> we jump in there and get it. Well, why does that make sense? It's the same shot. Third one. Why would it be different? And we'll get into this today. Oh, there's also Neokov. It's like right out of a movie, right? This new crazy dangerous version of, is it coronavirus? Is it a variant? I mean, who knows anymore? We'll talk about this. Oh, and the last thing that I want to actually open with, but kind of from the opening here, this is absolutely ridiculous to me. And it just speaks to how all of this is happening underneath all of the COVID-19 manipulations. This is the ADL. And this is from July 21st, 2020. Here's what their definition said of racism. Racism is the belief that a particular race is superior or inferior to another, that a person's social or moral traits are predetermined by his or her inborn biological characteristics. Racial separation, separationism is this is the belief most of the time based on racism that different races should remain segregated and apart from one another. Yeah, and there's plenty of groups that believe in that, even though they, you know, it's, that is racism. And that's does whether you're white or black, it doesn't only apply to one race because that's really, really stupid to say. I don't care if that's a bad, unallowed to be said in mainstream garbage today. You can be racist if you're a black person. And you know, most of you that are saying that you're not racist if you're a black person are probably racist as a black person because of that exact statement or the fact that anybody anywhere who is doing this who believes that you're superior or inferior because of your traits or your race, we've always known that. Except that's weirdly changing today. Now, white people are only racist and anybody else can't be. It doesn't make any sense. Not that, not, not that racist doesn't, racism doesn't exist or that it's not something we should all say that's bad. Because it is bad. There's no one anywhere that should argue that it's a good thing. You shouldn't belittle people simply by their, their superficial traits. That's an obvious thing. And clearly we can point to places like Israel or even right now in this government supporting places like Ukraine, where they are supporting those things by pretending that they're not because they don't care about any of it. They care about what you think they care about. But here's what it changed to. Not a joke. This is not the Babylon Bee. This is not a joke. And this was on August 7th. They literally changed the definition of racism. And guess what it says now for those in the podcast? The marginalization and or oppression of people of color based on a socially constructed racial hierarchy that privileges white people. <laughs> this is not made up. Now, what the, 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 I mean, the most macabrely humorous thing to me in all of this is that this, this statement literally is racist by the definition of what they used to define, how they used to define racism last year. So the, the ADL is deaf is racist by their definition from a year ago or a little more. I just find that to be hilarious, but also really alarming because of how powerful this group is and what it can influence. Now think about this, obviously the way I, reason I brought it up, and this is where it is today. This is the live page. As you can see, clearly that's what it's talking about. Now this is what's happening today all over the place around COVID, around po foreign policy, and sadly foreign policy is, is to, because of COVID and the way it's consuming everything is getting less attention, at least from my perspective, but it's everywhere. And now all of a sudden, this is going to be tied back in with everything. Like they're literally trying to frame people who are anti-vax or how about just people that don't agree with this dangerous injection, but are open to all different kinds of perspectives, right? People like RFK Jr. or Robert Malone, who are very clearly not anti-vax, yet they're called anti-vax, but they're trying to frame them as racist, as misogynist, as far right. And that's where you see this all tied together. Don't miss how this is connected. Now we're going to get into a lot, a lot today. So please stay tuned to the end because it just, you can't downplay, you can't 
missing a word there. You can't, these things are so important and so missed by the majority of the conversation that it's, that we need to get these pushed out into the conversation. It, it, you can't, I'm trying to think of the right word there. Undermine, downplay, that's not the right words for me. I can't stand when I can't think of the right word. But a lot of these topics, natural immunity being one of them, we need to make sure we don't just say, oh good, we won in regard to how they're playing these. And this applies to the trucking conversation and all of it. Today, a lot actually we're going to talk about manipulation and how that applies to all of the conversations we're discussing today, even if they're organic. And I think that's a really important point, but also the manipulation of the data, the manipulation of the news. We need to see that and then also make sure the people that are just waking up to this see that it's not just now, that it's always been the case and it applies on both parties. That's the important part. And I'm actually really inspired about how many people that used to be just hardcore partisan are beginning to kind of stand back and go, you know, this really isn't partisan anymore. As much as you may even still hold on to those partisan beliefs, and that's not bad. You still, if you believe in them, then those are your beliefs. Don't think of them as partisan beliefs. Think of them as your beliefs. But the point is that people are beginning to realize the two-party paradigm is absolutely beginning to fall apart in front of us, but they're going to try to build it back and drive you in with fear. And, and they succeed in that. And they always actually have, but I don't think they will this time. I believe that you are strong enough to push this back. Now, this is something I want to start with. It's really powerful to me. Really, I just, I found this, this inspired me because of how I want people, I want people to see that this, this isn't meant to be like, look at me and what I'm doing. This is meant to be, show people out there that we are reaching people, not just me, you in the chat, the other shows out there, Jason Burma's show, we're going to give a shout out for his trucker video that he did earlier. Plenty of people in the independent media out there are reaching people every day and they're so desperate to keep you from seeing that. This is somebody who reached out to me and, and basically said, uh, based on the, uh, the, re the recent show we did, or in general, I guess, because of your expertise, and, and that's his words, I don't believe I'm an expert in any means, because of your expertise in transmitting viable medical information, I was able to follow and understand the expert medical panel roundtable testimony and discussion that took place this morning in D.C. Furthermore, because I have followed you these last two years, I was familiar with 95% of the individuals presenting today. I paid attention to your live streams and not once was I dumbfounded by the discussion these medical experts conveyed. You have taught me a lot and I thought about it while I was watching this morning. Thankful and grateful you do what you do and I had the common sense to listen up and pay attention. Keep on keeping on. Really meant a lot to me. Now, there's a couple of points there in regard to the idea of the, well, first of all, the, the round table. I keep forgetting to shout this out. The, the both the DC rally, which I did shout out briefly at the end of the other show, but also the round table by Ron Johnson, who included, I mean, almost every single person on that panel we've either had an interview with on this channel or, or have directly spoken with. So that's a, if you haven't seen that, please make sure you check it out. People like Dr. Bhakti are getting kind of unsung in that whole thing. Cause I mean, right now the, the kind of rock stars of it all are the Malones and the McCullough's and they're getting a lot of the attention, even especially from the partisan angle. But there was a lot of really powerful people in there that need more attention. But all of them, all of them in that panel deserve your respect and deserve your attention, even if you disagree with some of the things they say, because it, it, they're experts. doesn't mean that they're right or wrong all the time, but it simply means that you should listen to what they're saying and stand back and ask whether they have motivations or they're being manipulated. That's always on the table. But that will reach people because of how many were at the same grouping and how many of the credentialed people were speaking. I mean, it's, it's, it will reach the average person, especially today. And the idea here is talking about the, the following us for the last two years, continuing to go through this information, continuing to explain it in a way that reaches the average person. And I've had a lot of experts 
PhDs, doctors tell me that the way that I relay this information is what's the right way to put it? What I'm doing it well for somebody who does not have a medical degree. And I take that's a huge compliment to me, especially on the point that we're getting it to a level that people can actually take from it and relay it to other people and understand things. That's what you are doing in the chat. You in the chat should be very proud of how many people we're reaching. It's not just me. We're doing this together. Now, this is one point I want to start off with because it's kind of humorous as well. But it is really, it is valid. Now, it is a meme and it's meant to be sort of humorous. And it's not, there's a lot of nuance in between each one of these statements. So it's not meant to be, this is the fact and we should share this as fact. It's meant to be humorous, but it is rooted in the reality. German logic at the moment and also recognize how many people are like, yes, finally, someone's telling the truth, right? It says German logic at the moment. Now, remember, Germany is the place where they just admitted, or rather the health minister admitted that there was a software error, which is how they ultimately ended up with the unvaxxed, you know, pandemic of the unvaxxed, which we're going to, again, destroy today. But here's their logic today in Germany. Unvaxxed aren't allowed in restaurants because tests are unreliable. Okay, well, that's, we hear, that's the argument we hear. You're unvaccinated. You can't go in the restaurant, you know, because you have to get your vaccine. Well, why is that? Well, because you can't just get tested because we don't know for sure, right? That's, that's where that boils down to. So if you got the test, we'd still be wondering whether you could be sick and it just didn't pick it up. Oh, right? That's unreliable, right? Okay, double vaccinated are only allowed with a test because tests are unreliable or to that are, are only allowed with a test because tests are reliable, but jabs aren't. Okay, so double vaccinated people who are supposed to be protected are only allowed with a test, right? How does that make sense? I thought they were protected. But because the tests are reliable, we can rely on that test to make sure that you're not sick in that moment, right? But the jabs aren't. That's why you got to test to make sure. You follow so far? If you're kind of confused already, that's because it's ridiculous and doesn't make sense. Going forward, boosted, boosted, people with boosters are allowed in these places without a test because the jabs work, right? Each one of these things are independent and contradict every other part of it. It's ridiculous. But that's the point. You get the booster and you can go in now. But you just said that these things were sure to take a test. You see how ridiculous it is? The unvaccinated can work in a restaurant, though. If tested, of course, because tests are reliable. and We can make sure they're not sick. But can't eat there after work, though, because tests are unreliable. And we know they could be sick. Now, this is obviously, again, a lot of nuance in between all of this. But this is how broken the logic is. And the only reason that people accept it is because they're told it makes sense by people that are experts. I genuinely question whether these are actually experts, if they think this makes sense, or whether they're lying about it. Regardless, they see them as that, and so they take it. It's ridiculous. Now, I want to give a couple of shout-outs before we jump into the first part, which we're going to do some foreign policy to start off, and I really hope you guys can stick through it because there's important stuff happening. But I want to make one thing I really quickly want to shout out before I forget again. I meant to do it on the last show. Right now on Super U, which by the way, if you're not on Super U yet, I think it's important that we support these other platforms, especially the ones that are supporting you, like Super U. So if you go over to this platform, which you can see we're live right now, looks like there's only 19 people on the live platform. Why? Right? I hope you guys can all jump over there. Right there, this is where we should be going. You know, and there's other ones as well. Odyssey, BitChute, but not that don't have live streaming. Jump over here. Go to The Last American Vagabond, where you can watch it back there as well. Follow. Make sure let's get that number up to 5,000. There's no reason we should only have 2,472, right? We should get this over here, everybody. Now, that's going to get that window in the back because I'm doing that. But nonetheless, jump in here. Subscribe. Now, if we go to the video itself, 
which will also get that infinite window probably. Here in the chat, you will see that we have... Oops, mute this here. You will see that we have a Super You Shout button here now, which is the Super Chat, right? Like from YouTube. So if you want to come in here... Now, as you know, with my shows, I don't tend to pay attention to all of the chats all the time. So I'm probably going to miss most of the stuff that comes in there, but I will try to shout them out. The point being is you can pin things up here, talk amongst yourselves, make little comments about it, right? And I believe that the, link, the, the links are working. I forget whether the links are working yet, but... You can post a link, post whatever you think is important to the conversation, right? So I see Emily in there in the chat and everybody tuning in on Super U. Thank you for being there, guys. But try the Super U shouts, help support the platform, support TLAV. Anyway, I want to do another shout out though to Star and Brock, who just came back to start doing some more clips for TLAV. Was working on some really important stuff for Corbett for a long, for a period of time and uh, just, and had now has some more time and is going to come back to doing some TLAV clips. So make sure you check that out. Star will be posting them on Rumble and BitChute now. So make sure you see these things, guys, because it's the shorter pieces of the longer clips that you guys have been asking for. Here is the just a quick display of it on BitChute. Here's the one of the first uh, Brock ones in a while, the booster failure discussion or what's in the vax. I know you guys will love that one because it touches on the graphene oxide conversation. So jump into that. Here's one from Star and a, a little bit of a longer one, which she's going to be doing too in regard to the FDA, CDC, and the safety data or tromethamine. That's a good one as well. Important to catch these clips out. This is what you guys have been asking for, so help us share these small ones out. Now, starting off with some foreign policy that I think is really, really important. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to try, if I don't forget, to go through this reasonably quickly because of how much we have to talk about today, if you're wondering why I'm trying to go faster. This is important because of how ridiculous this conversation is about Ukraine, which whether it's just all manipulation and distraction or there's really something trying to happen here, it is based on literally narrative in clumsy narrative. And it's really embarrassing. That's not to say that Russia wouldn't take every advantage to do whatever it would want in that situation. But it also doesn't take into consideration the reality that the U.S. government is the one that overthrew Ukraine, put their puppet in place, and they're right on the border of Russia. It makes no sense to pretend like Russia's the one provocating in really any way, even if they actually are. Both of them are government bad guys in my mind. So make sure we're clear on that. But here we are as Russia as the Military Times reports, can now attack Ukraine with very little warning, says the Pentagon. Okay, it, what's different about that from the last 35 things they've said over the last seven seconds, right? Oh, breathlessly, every twile, oh, Russia could do this, they could do that. Oh, it's nonsense. Not that it's not valid in some ways, but this is government propaganda. How many times and how many different ways can the U.S. government put forward the exact same undefined, unverified claim with nothing to back it up before we begin to see how transparently self-serving it is, guys? The answer, apparently too many. Ah, it's just ridiculous. Just go back and look. Just look it up and look over the last three days or a week. This warning, with very little warning, is no different than the one from yesterday or the one before that. It says, oh, they could do it tomorrow. They're going to do it next month. They could do it now. Looks like they're building. All of it is the same meaningless hypothetical thing they're pointing at with nothing to back it up, at the very least not showing you. So question it, like any honest person would. It's ridiculous. Now, don't forget that the Ukraine was like, guys, you're pretty much making this up. And that whole story, which we reported on already, was already deleted by CNN, which is really embarrassing. I think Joe, Joe Posobiec, or not Joe, uh, Jack Posobiec, I forget his first name all of a sudden, I don't know why, posted that and, and found it and posted it back on Twitter. It's just pathetic how they're trying to hide the reality, or maybe that's what they want. But at the end of the day, Ukraine's going, it's not happening. Tone down your panic, guys. 
the U.S. the U.S. government itself is becoming really clownish, like more so than it's been in a long time. Or really, maybe we're just beginning to recognize how ridiculous they've always been. If even their own broken, manipulated, fraudulent allies that they put in place are going like, guys, tone it down a bit. <laughs> Not real. But as I told you before, then they just go, oh, Russia, cyber attacks instead. Like the same day. It's ridiculous. But based on all of this completely undefined, nothing proven, verified to you or any of it, based on pretty much what can, appears to be fake news, if, you, if you're listening to the person that they're pointing to, all of that, Biden's going to use that to push in troops to Europe. Not a joke. Biden's sending troops to Eastern Europe because Ukraine turmoil intensified. It did? Somebody please point to me where anything other than narrative intensified. Ukraine's going, this isn't really happening. Russia's pointing at the U.S. as if as, as they're the ones breaking all the rules in regard to what their agreement's on, what Russia said, you know, don't do, which doesn't mean they have to, but these are red lines they're placing. The U.S. government is on the other side of the world manipulating an, a neighbor to Russia, and they're, that, that neighbor's going, we're not, nothing's really happening, and they're using their created situation to create a justification for more troop deployments after, I guess, they're running would be like that we're no longer going to do all this stuff. We're going to end the war in Yemen, and we're going to do all this, and we're going to fight for it, and then all of it throws off the table because bad guy. Yeah, that's nothing new, is it? Same old story, just like Trump and Obama and everybody else before. We're going to do all of these things until, oh, that thing just happened. Now we're not going to do those things because look, <laughs> that thing. It's ridiculous. And we always seem to fall for it, at least the people that we point to as the majority, which isn't really actually the majority in my mind. But more deployments around the world based on this narrative that's been spun that at the very least hasn't been proven to anybody. You could argue that they're telling you the truth, but how about you prove these things before you deploy human lives under a guise of fighting for freedom when it's nothing of the kind? Also, don't forget that Trump is playing his role in all this as well. Former President Trump blamed President Biden yet again for allowing Russia to come to the brink of war with neighboring Ukraine. That's not what's happening. So Trump is just towing the line, whether he even knows it or not. Right? I don't care whether you want to pretend he's on your side. If he is on your side, then he is being used like a child. And we need to see that. I don't think that's what's happening. Biden speaking at a news conference to mark his one-year anniversary in office last week said a minor incursion in Russia by Russia would elicit a lesser response. Which is such a ridiculous thing to say. So go ahead and do small things. We don't care. So it's like he, it's, he wants them to do things so he can use that action to justify what they do. That's how I would read it. But as he says, Trump said, he really told them to go in, which is kind of how you would read that, referring, by, referring to Biden and Russia. I think this is a whole different ballgame right now. Bottom line is he's playing up the idea that they're on the brink of war. That's the point, guys. And that's not what's happening. It's narrative. So Trump is towing that line that keeps you all in the where they want you to look, whether he knows it or not. Meanwhile, rockets hit near Baghdad Airport again. Damage an abandoned plane? Oh, no. These must be the worst aim. These, they, these people must have the worst aim in the history, I guess, other than those people firing the rockets that aren't actually happening. I shouldn't say that. Firing the rockets from Palestine that seem to always hit a field and harm nobody. Some of those I know are fake, by the way. But the point being, it's the same story in Iraq with the same situation. Three rockets, probably Kaitusha for all we know. They just stopped telling us that, probably because I made a point to make sure we all realized that that was the one that kept being used because they could subtly tie it back to Iran, even though that wasn't actually valid, but damaging an abandoned plane, causing no casualties. Well, that's cool. Glad, glad they really struck them, struck a nerve. And that, that this happens every other Thursday, it seems, when the truck gets left, and they all run away fleeing. And it's, I don't believe this is really happening the way that it looks like it's happening. That's my opinion. Because if this were, I mean, 
if these were the people that like, for instance, Robert and Lakesh would discuss this as and and valid point of being the variations of people that are upset about what happened with the PMU happened with general Soleimani in regard from an Iranian perspective and a lot of different angles to this, because yes, they are ideologically aligned in Iraq and Iran, even though if you a lot of stuff to get into right there, the bottom line is as I just lose my train of thought, son of a gun. Oh, that's right. So the bottom line is that people that could be actually members of the PMU. It could be the, you know, people that are, feel slighted by the presence of the U.S. government and the puppet government they have in place. So could they be firing rockets? Of course they could. But the idea is, why would they continue to do such a flimsy job when they have access to much better weaponry, use the one thing they can use to claim it's Iran, and continue to hit nothing, hurt no one, and hit them in the middle of a field? And I mean, it's ridiculous. Over and over and over and over. I don't believe it. The rockets struck in the early morning hours and landed between the civilian and military areas of the airport. <laughs> Oh, of course, the people that let them know all this information were on a condition of anonymity because they could, same thing, every damn time. This is the same old, why is it always exactly the same? Why is it a couple rockets hitting a field, no damage, anonymous security sources every single damn time? Wow. Yeah. Give me a second to get this reestablished. <laughs> so I, the good thing is we didn't lose anything other than the connection to StreamYard. I don't even know why that happened, which makes me pretty frustrated. But why don't, give me, I'll wait a second for this to catch up and you guys can let me know where we left off there. Very frustrating that this stuff even happens though. I mean, we, you know, as we're, as I'm waiting for people to give me the moment from where we were. It's just, we're, we're, we have, I mean, I go through this stuff all the time in regard to the, the, the business level internet, which, you know, the, 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 the hard line right into the wall using private browsers. I mean, everything. And yet, boom, it just happened. It happens all the time. Now, of course, glitches are possible, aren't they? And that wasn't just YouTube or anything else. I believe that was specifically StreamYard. But as we're waiting now, if you guys let me know, where did you, where was the last thing you heard before it cut off? So I can just not make sure I don't miss anything. Anybody who wants to jump in and let me know. Very frustrating, though. Anybody. <laughs> Those in the podcast are listening tomorrow going like, somebody tell him for crying out loud. Less than a minute break. Rockets here near the airport. Okay, I'll just kind of briefly go back over this general discussion anyway. Bottom line was, guys, 
it's frustrating to me that this continues. See, that's so frustrating because I was th- this was a part where I was really getting into this and I wanted to make sure. So it's frustrating that it's the same exact situation where we see this hit an open field. Nobody gets hurt. It's the kind, it's, it's, it's a basically superimposing the exact same thing. You see the back and forth in Palestine and it doesn't make any sense. The idea that this happens the same way every single time, a couple of rockets, nobody's hurt, hits in a field. Let me do this to make sure maybe that's why. Stop my camera. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Make sure you guys can still hear me. Okay. So hits in a, you know, a couple rockets, no damage, hits in a field. This is the condition of anonymity. People's telling them this, but it's just, it's the same story over and over and over. And it's so frustrating that we pretend that this makes sense every time. It could be real. Right. But then we need to ask why people, if it is the PMU or whoever else, why wouldn't they use the un, the very obvious stockpile of plenty of much better weaponry that, in fact, come from the U.S. government? Because the U.S. government funds Iraq, gives the weaponry to Iraq, or at least it did. And the Iraq government is the group that fund, that arms the PMU. So they have access to all the same things that they've given the Iraqi government. But here they are using a couple of flimsy Kaitusha rockets. Right. There's something going on there. I think that's the obvious point. Now, the point was in this discussion was just to make the point that there, yeah, there's been a continuing series of rockets and drone strikes and the illegal presence inside of Iraq, the presence that they are illegally occupying this country, that the government even ruled in their own legal, legal process that they have to leave the country because they're not supposed to be there. And they said, we don't care what you think, but we respect your sovereignty. And that's after they illegally assassinated Soleimani and Muhandis, right? That's why in one way they argue this is happening and that's based on a valid stance. But it says that before they formally ended its its combat mission, the U.S. government or the U.S.-led coalition formally ended its combat mission supporting Iraqi forces in the ongoing fight against the Islamic State last month. Did you know that? Did you know that the, that the Biden administration has said, you know, we don't care to fight ISIS anymore, at least in Iraq? Isn't that interesting? Ongoing fight against the Islamic State was just canceled by the U.S.-led coalition. So that would imply the other groups working with them also. So the Iraqi government... Isn't that funny? Oh, apparently Trump defeated them years ago, but they're still there. And apparently now they're stopping the fight against them. Aren't they the biggest threat? And I mean, what about the war on terror? Are there all these things that we've dedicated 20 years to? But ah, we're done. We're done with that. We're on to the new, the biosecurity state now. So you all can just shut up about ISIS. Isn't it weird that they just stopped being a problem and there's not, where are the attacks and where are all the, it's just so funny. What about North Korea? Oh, the biggest threat to our democracy. Are they firing rockets and all this? Well, that just goes on pause until we can come back to it when it's useful for us. This is the stupid nature of how this stuff works. That we are obviously being manipulated in a thousand different ways, actively in foreign policy. And it just should be obvious to us by now that if, even if they're real and even when they're real, they are used, manipulated. Here is a discussion in the same vein about the illegal ongoing war in Yemen, the starvation ca- tactics, the assassinations, the targeting of food and, and water and, and the blockades that are overtly illegal that they've never told them they were. Like right now, the U.N. and the global community is like, that's illegal. What you're doing is a crime. They don't care. They don't care. The U.S. government doesn't care. And all they do is go, but narrative and policy. That doesn't mean anything. You don't get to just argue you have an agenda, therefore the law no longer matters, but apparently the U.S. government does because we're fighting it for, we're, we're killing people for good reasons, right? Well, here it is. The White House is now blaming the Houthis for the war in Yemen. It's not a joke. 
they're hoping that you just haven't paid attention long enough or that you didn't you watch all of the coverage we've been doing on this invasion occupation of Yemen for the entire time. Because what they used to say was, well, the reason that it's, well, they do say continuation, but they're basically blaming the war on them. And as we've told you from the very beginning, this is an illegal invasion in order to put back in place their puppet, who is Hadi. That's his last name, but Hadi's the name you'll find in the discussions. And the point being is that this is a puppet of the U.S. government and the Saudi Arabian government. They are putting them there to control the area because it's a very, very important area in regard to the flow of oil. Very important. Hodeida, the different straits on either side of it, they need to control all this stuff, right? This is very important to them. So they need him in place so they can control it all. The problem is the Houthis are a popular uprising of the people that are supported by the people that are fighting back because they want control of their own country. Hadi has not been president for eight years. He's been living in, in Riyadh, in Saudi Arabia. Nobody seems to support him other than other people outside of the country. That's how this always goes because they know best, right? Because they're your parents. It's their paternalism. We're coming to do it for you, even though you're too dumb to do it. Seven years into the Saudi... Oh, here I see. Now I'm... see. I'm going to rush through this, Ryan says. Seven years into the Saudi-led invasion of Yemen, the lack of progress is totally not Saudi Arabia's fault. Instead, the U.S. is blaming the Houthis. The White House's Brett McGurk argues, quote, it takes two to get a ceasefire. You know what happens every single time? And we've documented this, and so too has the U.N. And literally a U.N. rapporteur on the ground called this out last time it happened and said, you know what happened? Saudi Arabia... The Houthis pull back because they're waiting for the ceasefire to take effect. The Saudi Arabia takes advantage and pushes in, gains ground. So next time they do a ceasefire, the Houthis pull back because that's what they're supposed to do. And the Saudi Arabian government takes advantage and pushes in, takes more ground. So the third, fourth, fifth time, the more times this happens, they start to go, well, you know what, guys, we're not going to just stand back and let them keep taking ground every time you pretend there's a ceasefire, whether you even believe it's supposed to happen or not, because they don't care. And then people like, you know, pompous Pompeo stand up and go, though, the Houthis and they're fighting. Same thing that McGurk is doing. They pretend and they lie and they manipulate because they have an agenda, just like every other situation we've seen. And this is not because for some reason you think I'm, you know, anti-American government or whatever. It's because that's, those are the facts on the ground. And if you care to look past what the government yells at you and look to what the UN said about every time before or what the rapporteur found and documented on the ground, you'll see that that has been what's happened. They've lied to you. And so whether the Houthis are what you want them to be or not, they have the right support of the people on the ground and your government wants what they have. So they're pushing in. And the Saudi Arabian government have been the ones that continue to take, to violate things left and right, to target people, to target ambulances, to target food, to target water, to blockade the area, which every single one of those things are aggressive war crimes that should see people in prison. But because the U.S. government fights for what they're doing, doesn't matter. They're all good because they're fighting for freedom. Right? This overtly, <laughs> this is the funniest part about it. Overtly authoritarian government. Fighting for freedom, though, right? Just like the UAE, lead partner in the Great Reset, fighting for equity and, and freedom while they do the opposite of the people in their country right now. Why do people buy this stuff? Saudi Arabia is the impetus of all of the ideological terror focused concepts we look at today. Wahhabism, that is the point. And yet we work with them and point everywhere else. Does this not seem like a manipulation to you? Praising the primary belligerent, which is Saudi Arabia, the U.S. ally who is buying billions of dollars in arms from 
the U.S. government, because that doesn't play a factor, even though Trump openly said that was the primary factor. Is it funny how the narrative switches? Trump's going, yep, that's why we're selling weapons. And Biden goes, freedom, fighting for humanitarians. <laughs> okay, one of them was true. Now it says, while blaming the other side is somewhat a predictable reaction, the Houthis have been open to peace talks too. But as the side under attack, which is important to remember, they're the ones being invaded. They have less flexibility to make it happen. The main Houthi conditions to get in the the process were shocking to end the overtly illegal naval blockade that is starving people to death, which is preventing food, which is more like things like over 90% of their food comes through, which is Port of Hodeida, and medical aid from efficiently entering the country. Medical aid is exactly what they pretend doesn't happen, and it still is. Time and again, the Saudis have refused. Now, this is medical aid during what they tell you is the biggest pandemic of a century. But yeah, not what we don't care about the Yemeni people, though. But we're fighting for freedom and civilians, right? They're the ones doing this. They're the ones creating the situation. And the unspoken point is we're going to continue to starve your people until you give us what we want. Until we drive them to revolt against you. Because that's what sanctions are supposed to do. And if you look back in history, they'll tell you that's what they were meant to do. They just change things. Like the Department of War becomes the Department of Defense. And they want you to look at it differently because we're children. Right? The reality is... This is all a crime. Everything they're doing there is a crime. They're murdering people. And just like everywhere else we've talked about, like in Iran and the peace deal and JCPOA, well, they say, stop doing the sanctions and we'll come back to the deal. And the U.S. goes, no, you're the one. Like a child stomping their feet. Same thing. Well, if the naval blockade a crime, then why wouldn't be something they stop? Because that's what they're doing. They're starving them to death to get what they want while saying freedom. Because apparently that's all you need to do is scream the word freedom and everything goes away. Well, don't miss the fact that there's obviously more going on here while the UAE is asking Israel to help them fight the Houthis. Exactly. Which, by the way, Israel's been involved in this from day one, but this is more than just the Houthis aren't blowing ceasefire if the UAE is going, help us fight them right now. You see the point? See, but you don't see this stuff because this is happening in other parts of the world and the media, see, doesn't report this stuff to you here. Now, another news in Syria. The U.S. says it will never normalize relations with Syria's Assad, right? Isn't that funny? We're fighting for freedom and all the people over there, but we're, they're trying to rebuild now, and we won't help them. In fact, we're going to dra- we're going to put our finger in there to make sure that they don't get what they need, so people keep getting hurt and keep starving to death and keep freezing to death. But you're killing civilians, Assad, right? Quote, we do not support normalization with the Assad regime. We are never going to normalize with the Assad regime, which is what we used to tell you. And they said, no, we're just trying to find, you know, yeah, that's the point. They wanted people in power. They didn't win. So now they're just going to stand there and pretend that we're just going to, I mean, what are they pouting? That's what they're doing. You lost, you're out of the way. So now you're making sure it doesn't get better. How is that on anything but punitive? That's what children do. Some members of Congress recently sent a letter to President Biden even calling on him to literally prevent Syria and its reintegration with other Arab nations. That's punitive. Just The whole idea for people on their side are going to be like, well, he's a terrorist and a bad guy. Well, that's not even true, by the way. That's never been true. I'm not saying he hasn't done bad things like every government in the world, but what they have said about him, their actual allegations about chemical weapons attacks and so on have been undeniably shown to be false. Even the Del, uh, Carla Del Ponte from the very first one, I think it was the first one, at least the primary first one, has on the record saying it was the rebels, the ones being funded, as we now know, by the U.S. government. That's all on the record. But let's keep pretending it's not true, right? They're asking him to stop them from reintegrating. 
Syria is under crushing sanctions on top of all of that. Doesn't that sound familiar? Oh, yeah. Like Afghanistan, who is currently under U.S. sanctions, even after they stole money from them, which is almost $2 billion. Yeah, that's still happening. So sanctions in there, sanctions on, on Afghanistan, on Syria, on Venezuela, on Iran, and every one of those locations, people are starving. But, look, but that, that's, that's not true, though, because they're not starving. That's their argument. We're not starving people. So ask and explain for me why every location where it's happening, people are starving to death. <laughs> oh, the bad government and their bad government style, right? But it wasn't happening until you start applied the sanctions. Oh, it's their fault. We're children if we buy this stuff. So it says they're preventing the country from rebuilding after 10 years of war. Under the sanctions, the U.S. can also target any person, as you know, simply by doing business with the Syrian government or helping reconstruction. So if somebody on the other side of the world wants to come in there and say, hey, we're going to help you rebuild, the U.S. government will attack them financially. How does that even make sense? Well, because Assad bad guy, right? Based on all the lies we just told you. That's it. Even if he is the person they say he is, ask yourself this question. Why still is it the U.S. government's place to step in if the people want him there? And the point, though, is to come back to the reality that it's not true. And it's been proven as such. In October, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken stated outright that it was official U.S. policy to oppose not just the fact that they're helping them, but literally oppose the reconstruction of Syria. Who does that hurt, I ask you? Is it hurt Assad? No. I mean, it wouldn't in a, in a political way, probably, but, you know, Assad is the president. He's got, he's probably got plenty of resources. He's probably affluent. He's, he's good to go. So too is any leader. So when they do these things, they're hurting the people and they know that. I'm hoping you're getting that. Opposing the reconstruction of Syria is allowing people to starve and, and freeze and continue to suffer. That's it. If Jordan, they add, a neighbor wants to have a discussion about border security with Syria, we're not going to say no to that. Now, that's relevant in a moment. What's interesting is why they would bring up Jordan, not just because it's close, but the idea is that there's more going on there. And I'll show you in a second. During the Trump administration in 2018, he resigned in protest, McGurk, after President Trump said he would withdraw from Syria, something that never happened. Just making sure we hear that part, right? Don't forget that never happened, right? Isn't that interesting? Now, all the Trump supporters, right? You're so wrong, you conspiracy theorist. He left Syria already. Didn't you hear? He left already. <laughs> nope, never happened. Now, here is another article that Robert just put up. Jordan's people stand up to their king and the Israel-UAE pact. See, there's a lot of connection. There's a lot of overlapping connect connections behind a lot of this that also ties back to the larger agenda that's taking place today. Jordan's people are currently rising up against the, the, the pact, the normalization. And not just the normalization, but it's also a deal in regard to energy and how it's abusing them. Read it for yourself. But it's interesting to see that they're kind of like, yeah, go ahead, Jordan. You, you work with them. You go ahead and work with Syria. That's okay. Hmm. Maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe it's so they can demonize them after the fact. Just a thought. Either way, none of this is justifiable. Oh, and you want to hear some more absurd realities about foreign policy before we go on to other things? <laughs> this should make you laugh out loud, especially every one of these topics, by the way. Venezuela, Syria, Yemen. Just go search it in the Tila, in the last American vagabond search bar. Right? Go right up here, hit the search button, and search the word. And you will find an endless string going back to the, the year 2000 talking about all of this, covering how it's been developing, how you've been lied to. And there's been a big COVID discussion in the middle of all this. So make sure you go back and understand this stuff. But this is one of the most absurd things I've ever seen. January 26, 2022. Not absurd, I should say, because it's obvious why they're doing it. The UK Supreme Court 
in the middle of all this stuff about COVID, finds Guaido. Did you remember, remember Guaido? Mr. Meaningless that has no control over anything, but he's propped up to be the leader of the world, apparently, in the eyes of the U.S. government and the U.K., apparently. Well, they, their Supreme Court literally just found he's recognized as Venezuela's head of state. In the gold dispute. Ah, okay. Now we see why it mattered. Because let's be clear, Maduro's in power. He's in charge. It's a joke in Venezuela that Guaido was ever in power. And by the way, it always really was. The only thing they tried to lie to you about is that they had mass support and they would have just silenced everybody if they got in control, just like they do in Bolivia and everywhere else. Bolivia is an obvious example where the vast majority of people support supported Evo Morales before they moved him out with a coup which is clearly what happened. Even the mainstream covered that and they just didn't talk about it. That was an obvious coup. They lied about the election and pushed in. It's amazing how this stuff is here now, right? So now they say, oh, Guaido's the leader. Yeah, the leader of what? And where is he exactly, right? As he doesn't even exist in Venezuela, well, they ruled it so they can steal the gold. This case happened to concern who controls Venezuela's gold reserves of approximately $1.95 billion dollars held in the Bank of England, which he was, by the way, manipulated into doing back when he was in, when Maduro was, uh, back when this happened, when Maduro was still in charge of Venezuela, and the and proceeds, the proceeds of a gold swap contract of $120 million. I bet you they just give Guaido the $120 million and take the $2 billion for themselves when they clearly need that money right now. So that's probably why this just randomly happened. Isn't that funny? And the two key issues was about literally whether they got the gold or not. I wonder why they ruled that way, huh? Or, and whether or not he's recognized as head of state. So this really weird point about his, the, apparently there's a Guaido board and a related special attorney general and whether those things are valid, clearly this will lead to more action. So all they're doing is conducting policy about Venezuela from England. That's what this is. And that's pathetic. They lost, guys. It's just like they lost in Syria. They lost what they're doing here. And they're just grasping at straws. But they're going to pretend this is the most valid thing in the history of anything. And I'm sure the U.S. government's going to go, oh, but you know what's pathetic is they already walked this back. They already came back from what Guaido was. And now just because they want to steal $2 billion from the starving Venezuelan people, they just go, eh, he's, the, he's in charge. We'll take that money. Thanks. These are the good people of the world. I mean, crying out loud, these people are disgusting. They're literally starving children to death while screaming about the children. That makes you the worst person alive. And in the midst of all of this COVID lunacy, you know, in case you forgot how committed these governments were to their narratives, even as they fall apart, they rule Guaido to be the head of state of Venezuela just to keep his money or the Venezuelans money. And in two last points, that Lebanon said to be further under Iranian influence, but recent developments say otherwise. And the reality here is that everything's falling apart, including the fact that right now in Lebanon, it's becoming very clear that what they're screaming about is not actually happening. But it's shown that specifically Hezbollah, Iran are in fact helping, helping the Lebanese people while they claim they're trying to overtake the country. They're desperate to control their narratives right now. Read this stuff for yourself to understand what's going on. And the Pentagon pumps the brakes on the civilian COVID vaccine mandate. And that was one of the ones I wanted to make sure we saw right out of the gate because it is good news, but it does not mean that it's going to go away. Pentagon halted its COVID-19 vaccine mandate for civilian employees after a federal judge blocked the Biden administration's uh, executive order requiring the federal workforce to be inoculated against the virus. So now we also have the block on the specifically federal workers, right? This is falling apart left and right. But again, I don't argue that wasn't it. They make, they can make this happen if we don't stop it without the mandate, because all these companies being controlled by a few people at the top are clearly towing this line, but it's pausing, pausing. 
its activities. Just important to see that. It's good news, but they'll jump right back into it the moment that they can. Now, starting off with in the context of COVID-19, we just talked about this really sad story. You guys should use a, a cup so you can't hear me drink out of this can. <laughs> so, which I believe you probably just heard me drink, but this is a really sad story. And this is a person that could not get the shot because their doctors told them that their heart was swollen. And they already know because they've admitted that this can cause your heart to swell, right? So the doctors are saying, no, we know that. So you can't take this shot. It could kill you. And then they told him, well, you can't get your transplant because you didn't take your shot. And so they literally kicked him off the list and he is within days of dying. That's the story. This is a Boston hospital. And it's disgusting. As I said, this is not only spiteful, vindictive, and wildly unscientific, it's simply cruel. That's why that's what we're left with after the integrity purge. The sociopathic, selfish, and power-hungry masquerading as good people and hiding their villainy behind a claim of doing the right thing. Well, here is how the mainstream, in my opinion, is trying to hide this. Or rather, trying to make every single topic anywhere about fighting back against all of this white supremacy, or somehow racist, or whatever they can grasp onto as they're desperately losing control. I mean, think about how gross this is. This guy is dying. And there's nothing to suggest anything anywhere about this is bad, other than the fact that they're, they know that he shouldn't take the shot, and they're saying, we're going to kick you out anyway. Well, this is what just happened in front of this hospital. These people, by the way, who are being framed as alt-right, which, by the way, they very clearly don't look like what well, they look like, what Antifa type of people look like, which is so we're going to make that clear with their mask, their covering. Well, that's what the opposite is. What People that are on the alt-right, which is not even what that means in most cases as they talk about it, they're just people that disagree with the mandate. That's not what they look like. But they're making him out to be that. And it says, harassing people at the Boston Hospital today, DJ Ferguson was denied a heart transplant unless he takes the jab. So these people they're claiming are out there harassing people because this guy got denied a jab. And they're saying, oh, look, they're white supremacists because it says this hospital kills whites. Guys, as my assistant said, this is the most obvious psyop I think I've ever seen in my life. This is ridiculous. I mean, first of all, let's just say for sake of conversation, it's not. And these are just average people that wanted to make a political statement about this. Why in the world this would be used to undermine what this guy is going through is beyond me, even in this context, because you can't, that is the most despicable thing I've ever seen. But they're doing that. They're making this guy out to be a white supremacist that is anti-vax and alt-right just because these people came out and said that's what happened. Now, this obvious story that was obviously gaining traction about how gross this all is, is being framed as, you can't talk about it now because you're an alt-right white supremacist. And that is how they are hiding many of these stories because people are terrified to talk about them because they'll be, they will call you alt-right. I'm just, you know, you know, I don't give a crap about that because these people are ridiculous. But a lot of people out there that are just in the middle are afraid of that. We, as you know, are painfully nonpartisan. <laughs> and just that's why they generally don't try to lob these things at us, but they do when they have to. Then you get the same thing from the other side. Oh, you're a you left Democrat because you support this thing, whatever. And they all I get it from all the sides, right? But this is disgusting to me. But that's how the this is in the context of manipulation. Real stories being hidden by manipulation. Here's another one that I, 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 a couple topics today I'm going to briefly go back over because I had to skim them as I was, I had to kind of end the show quickly the other day. This is Barry Weiss. 
Now, you might remember her from when we, un, just the absurd display of ignorance by her on the Joe Rogan show, where she called Tulsi Gabbard a, an Assad toady, which, by the way, let's look at his reality now. I mean, is she over there working for Assad? <laughs> no. So you're an idiot for saying something like that because it's obviously based on nothing but narrative, just like everything else. And you're a former New York Times writer who apparently right now hosts a show called Honestly. <laughs> wow. But my point here, not to get to, you know, just to be objective about it, is that she is somebody who has been completely taken by the narrative. It's not an overt liar. And now she's stepping up and going, COVID's over. I'm over with COVID. And we know that some masks work and some don't. And we know that we should just do this and do that, and but not this. This is very controlled, in my opinion. As I said, this woman should not be trusted. In my eyes, this is the planned rollback of the narrative. And they hope you will accept these crumbs as half truth of half truth, these crumbs of half truth as a win. She has made a career of mindlessly towing the line. Don't fall for it. Now, the only two things I see happening here is either that she has clearly tapped in to what some other people in the quasi-alt media have also recognized, that you can gain a lot of traction by doing this because now it's allowed. Now that the narrative has collapsed, now it's safe and comfortable to jump into this ground because you're going to get a lot of people that are going to think you're on the cutting edge of information. No, you're not. Most of us, honest, have been screaming about this from day one, right? Now, because you see the changing of the tide, the writing on the wall, you're desperate to jump into it because that's what she is. She's a follower. But on top of that, or the other part could be that this is planned, right? That she's being pushed into this to toe this line because she knows that people in the middle, the left, whatever you want to look at it as, two-party illusion, mostly people that just believe the narrative will take her word. So let's listen to what she has to say. I'm done. This question? No, I'm, I'm done with COVID. Oh, I'm, I'm done. It's yeah. like I I went so hard on COVID. I yeah, I sprayed the Pringles cans that I bought at the grocery store, stripped my clothes off because I now. By the way, when he says I remember, he's talking about her work. Let's make sure we're clear about that. She, what he's talking about is her disgusting, ridiculous coverage of this whole thing up until now. She's talking about how she sprayed Pringles cans. She has lied to you right up until now. So ask yourself how she suddenly realized all of this on a dime, right? I thought COVID would be on my clothes. Like, I did it all. I watched Tiger King. I got to the end of Spotify. Like, Oh, ha ha. So funny, right? Because you believed all the lies, right? There was never any evidence of any of the things you just listed off, but she went along with it because she trusts authority or because she toes the line. We all did it, right? Nope. And, no, no, we no, didn't. We a lot, no, of us, a lot of us did do it. God, I can't, we're, I can't believe we're sitting here agreeing with Bill Maher. <laughs> and then we were told, you get the vaccine. You get the vaccine and you get back to normal. And we haven't gotten back to normal. And it's ridiculous <laughs> at this point. I know that so many of my liberal and progressive friends are with me on this. And they do not want to say it out loud. Podcast host, honestly. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Because they are scared to be called anti-vax or to be called science denial or to okay so think about how vivid this is regardless of whether she's being honest or not <clears throat> excuse me think about how vivid and think about this she is outlining what we have been saying the entire time if there are people in in the left or left lost the two-party paradigm that have bought this the whole time, that are right now afraid to come out and acknowledge the obvious reality because others within that will consume them. Their own circles will rapidly bite them back because they're not towing the line. 
How do you not see how obvious this is, especially if you're lost within the false two-party paradigm on the left? That's crazy to me. To be, you know, smeared as a Trumper. I'm sorry, if you believe the science, you will look at the data that we did not have two years ago. Are you kidding? You see what I mean? You, you mean the data that we didn't have on this show that we weren't showing the entire time? The data that's continued to show you you've been a liar, a manipulator, or choosing not to look at the information? Yeah, that data? No, we didn't just suddenly gain all this data a moment ago. We've had this data from immediate to now. From day one, I've been talking about the mass, and you know that. It's not about me. It's the fact that plenty of people, independent media otherwise, have been pointing to the data. The random control trial from 2015 that showed you cloth masks were dangerous, and they offered the they said you shouldn't use them. Yeah, that's been there. So does she just not see it? Does she not look or she didn't care? You have to pick one. You know, they as always, incompetence, they'd rather be seen as incompetent than criminal. This person is all of that, in my opinion. And you will find out that cloth masks do not do anything. Yeah, neither do the rest of them in regard to transmission. And this is how they're catching people. You will realize that you can show your vaccine passport at a restaurant and still be asymptomatic and carrying Omicron. Yeah, which we've known since the, I mean, geez, we've known that since 2020. And you will realize, most importantly, that this is going to be remembered by the younger generation as a catastrophic moral crime. And that's why she, if one of the, if this, I guess the first argument I made is correct, it's because she's realizing that and desperate to get away from how she's failed catastrophically until now. But see, they think, oh, if I just jump on the new edge here, which is not an edge, it's an old stance from years ago that now is being framed as new because they're trying to grasp onto that, that she might get away from that. She might hide her failure. And you know what will help that? The media pointing at her as the one coming around, which everyone is doing, even people on the right, which I'll show you next. The city of Flint, Michigan, which is 80%, I think, minority students, has just announced indefinite virtual schooling. Oh, and by the way, still doesn't have clean water, but who cares about that, you know? Am I right? In the past two years, we've seen among young girls a 51% increase in self-harm. People are killing themselves. They are anxious. They are depressed. Yeah, and we told you that in 2020 and 2021, and you called us crazy, Barry. They are lonely. That is why we need to end it more than any inconvenience that it's been to the rest of us. I think... Okay, now end what exactly? Right? And and also recognize, well, it's not that hard of a sell because Bill Maher has always kind of been on the edge of this, even when his audience didn't really go along with it. So his audience clapping for that is not too much of a surprise to me. But it just shows you the shifting of this and how they're allowing that to shift. But and what exactly? You see, what she's talking about is the lockdown. That's what she's talking about. And and maybe art, maybe part of it being the only the cloth mask, right? She's happy to say that we should wear masks. She's happy to say that we should prove to have a vaccine. She's happy to say that we should get the vaccine. That is the opposite of where we should settle because that is the fortified pullback situation where we're going to get comfortable in that spot. We're going to get comfortable with the passport. As long as they don't force me, we're going to get comfortable with the masks. As long as they don't make me do it to go to work. And then suddenly that becomes normal. Then the next thing comes out and they drive you right back in. Well, now we're going to have to again because of this. Now we're going to push it one step further. And then we go 20 steps down, just like Jordan Peterson told you. They push and push and push until you go, wait, wait, wait. Then they stop. They wait until you get comfortable. They push again. Two years down the line, you look back and go, how did we get here? Because of people like her. That's how.
Now, here, even on the Defender, former New York Times journalist tells Bill Maher COVID restrictions will be remembered as catastrophic moral crime. Now, they do. I, I'm not to suggest that the Defender, I think they covered this reasonably well, pointing out the different points and so on. But here's the interesting part. This is what I was talking about. Here's Clay Travis, who I've been skeptical of that person. Not that I, it's, it's in, intuition, I think, but because of his connection to that weird Williamson County, Tennessee, very local mask school board meeting that he showed up at and spoke. I mean, very strange to me. Very strange. But anyway, the point is he's going, look at this most impressive thing. And, you know, they're talking about this and look at everything changing. And Ted Cruz then tags his tweet and says, look, it's changing. Judge for yourself. Oh my gosh, decisions were made. That's half truth, guys. And I think they're desperate to make that the stands. Here's what's interesting, by the way. On the same day that Weiss and Marr were urging us all to move from the pandemic, and this is what they're arguing in the mainstream media, 3,506 Americans died from COVID. Yeah, okay, where's your context? You know, you know, a lot more people also died from totally random normal things that happen in the country every single day. So why is that one more football? Because COVID has been highlighted as something we need to get down to zero. We're going to end later in the show with something that is showing you their zero sum policy, right? Where it's, we got to, it has to be zero or we're not done, which is because they know it will never get to zero, such as stopping traffic accidents. You know, we can't let traffic accidents continue, not until it gets down to zero. Yeah. I'll let you think on that before we get there. But here is the point, guys. Look at what the segment is called. I was trying to highlight it. I guess I can't. It's called living with COVID. And that is exactly what we're talking about. Not because we said in the very beginning that that's something that was arguably the smartest way to go about this in regard to just letting people make their own choices. And it's because it was always going to be this way. And they said, you are crazy conspiracy theorists. And now they're going, oh yeah, that's, that's how, of course that makes sense. We're well, going to learn and live with it. It's going to be endemic. Every single thing that the crazy people said in the beginning has all become their narrative now. How dumb is that? But Living with COVID is exactly the point of what Barry Weiss is trying to do here. And if you want to remember and understand what that means, I'm not going to go over it again today. I want to, I read this entire thing on one of these previous shows, Kit Knightley knocking out of the park, what they really mean by living with COVID. This is a fortified retreat. They're doing this to get you comfortable with the situation so they can push back in when they find it relevant. And she is playing her role. Don't miss that. Now, here is another point about how they're hiding things from you and manipulating the reality. This is a paramedics group from Windsor, Essex, telling you, if you initially supported mandates, you're forgiven. You were misguided. You were lied to and simply wanted to believe it was the answer to all your fears. If you still support mandates, you may just be an authoritarian and have a, per a propensity for evil. Open your eyes. <clears throat> Years from now, we will look back and see the totality of the destruction we've caused. Cancel surgeries, delayed screenings, and all the things we've seen. And it also says the hate, the division, which they've caused. Those complicit in the implementation of these policies believe that they were they were protected. On, on the hate point, too, as they scream that, that people like that are resisting this are the one causing the division and hate. That's the same stupid argument as arguing that the that COVID caused the economy to crash. No, their lockdowns caused that. The division and hate is caused by them demonizing the people that they shouldn't be demonized. It shouldn't be, just which is exactly what 
plenty of other valid play. I mean, even the, I think it was the Lancet did an entire article about how unvaxxed shouldn't be demonized. I mean, we know now, as we're going to get into in a minute, they can spread and catch it if they're injected at higher viral load. In fact, they are the predominantly the ones spreading this. As far as I understand it, about 70% of the cases in the country right now are all being passed around by the vaccinated, but that's respected because the blah, 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 right? No, that doesn't make sense. And that also shows you that it's the pandemic of the injected clearly. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense in regard to the understanding the difference between majority and the actual risk per 100,000. Trust me, I understand the argument there. We'll get into it in a minute. What I'm saying is arguing what they've been saying from day one does not line up with seeing what we're seeing today. It just doesn't. Those complicit in the implementation of these policies will be believe they will be protected. They believe the world will not learn their ulterior motives behind continuing to promulgate these lies, as this is the only explanation at this point. They will no longer deny, they can no longer deny the truth. Now, in the interest of time, these policies were implemented to prevent transmission, which is we know they don't now. They changed their narrative. They will they will not protect the time will not protect the complicit. The truth will eventually shine through. Now, the point going through all of this is fellow Canadians and the mandates and the mandates. And they're pointing to the massive truckers for freedom push we're going to talk about in a second. <clears throat> now, this is a grouping of paramedics, frontline people that are the heroes, they told us, right? They sh- you have to clap for them in, no matter what. Every one of them, they're all heroes, right? Here they are, paramedics of Windress- Winds- Windsor Essex. This is their group. And Twitter deleted it, right? They can't, you can't tell it, you can't give your opinion as people who literally see it. And as that actually is backed up by where we are today, Twitter deletes it, right? Can't have that. Can't promote this freedom truckers. Can't talk about the facts. Can't admit the realities that, that they've also said on, on live TV. Doesn't stop transmission. That lockdowns don't work. Can't talk about that. The heroes, the literal paramedics that you guys keep shouting at us, we're supposed to respect, delete, doesn't count. How dumb is that? But it shows you what's really going on. They're terrified of anything. They're censoring things that they're saying on live TV right now. Now, this brings us to the idea of the freedom, the truckers for freedom, which is a very important discussion. Now, first of all, here is from what I can see the one of the posts in regard to the one of the earlier you know, beginning points of this. Now, as I understand this, and we'll get I'll read you on the actual article in a second, we're talking about truckers who are protesting. The illegal mandates driving across the country to Ottawa to protest this. And more and more and more and more people are joining this, including people around the world, which we'll get into more in a second. Now, this in and of itself is important. People standing up, people protesting, right? Very, very important. And here's what they say that they are standing up for, or at least what this person is saying they're standing up for. Trucks will remain parked at the Parliament Hill until all the terms from the latest press release are met. Once again, and this is the people are driving to meet them in regard to Ottawa. Now it says, once again, we want to affirm our short and reasonable list of demands. The federal and provincial governments terminate the vaccine passports and all other obligatory vaccine contract tracing programs or inter-Canadian passport systems, right? I love it. Stop the passports. That, that's, that's the point. That's what the focus is. Terminate COVID vaccine mandates and respect the rights of those who wish to remain unvaccinated. I don't think this is going to happen, but I think this is exactly where we should focus on. That's exactly the point. Forcing people and having the infrastructure for the passports. I love it. Now, here's just a quick, you can just see. 
just how far back it goes. He pans the other side, but the guy's talking and he can't control on Instagram. I don't know why, like scroll. But so they're out there protesting, right? Now, the idea is that this is built into some massive discussion. And all of a sudden, people like Justin Trudeau specifically come out and called on a fringe, fringe minority. And that becomes the story. Right now, the story obviously not just the protest. I mean, or not obviously not other than the protest. The protest is the story, but the idea that Justin Trudeau comes out and calls him a minority becomes this weird partisan focal point. I think that's intentional. Why? Because it becomes the Trump, the Trump uh, inauguration crowd discussion all over again. Right? All we end up talking about is regard to whether they're fringe and we're not fringe. Look how many we are. But he's lying, and that's important to point out. He's a liar, but he's also lying about how safe the vaccines are or what they did with them and the contract they did with Pfizer and a lot of other things that we can prove, but we can also prove that too. But I think in a way, this is trying, they're trying to pivot the focus of what this is and how important this is and what we've already discovered from within it to a sort of surface level discussion about whether or not this is real, right? Truckers or not, convoy or not, alt-right or not. Justin Trudeau lied or not. And that is important, but that's the least important of what's really happening here. So as always, guys, don't let the mainstream dictate the focal point of these conversations. That's what they're doing. And most people in the partisan part of this are completely taken by that. Now, here's the, the next point or the overview here. Truckers, and this is the point here across the planet. People are picking this up just like the yellow vest. And I think that's whether it started, however this started and wherever it's going, I think that if it grows like a yellow vest movement, that is paramount. We need this to start picking up around the world. And whether, and the truckers, I think are an interesting way to go about this because that's their infrastructure. But that also affects you too, right? If a truckers boycott and things stop getting delivered, well, that affects you as well. But you could effectively bring things to a halt, which they would need too. So it's an interesting thing to think about. If this becomes a massive and it already became seems to be growing that way worldwide protest. January 28th, yesterday, the 50,000 strong truck drivers headed to Ottawa. Now, I haven't confirmed the number. I obviously that's one of the biggest debates right now with the, the you know, if you want to make this a left right discussion within the false two party paradigm, you got the left media saying it's only a couple hundred. And then you got the other side saying it's a million. They're both obviously wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm being facetious, but there's people obviously overshooting the number and it just becomes ridiculous. I don't think either sides making those arguments are the, tr- are the people you should be listening to. Either one of them. Because obviously one side is the ones that are completely lost and only Biden. The other sides are Trump, Trump, and the other side and only Republican. Neither of them are honest because they'll lie for their side. The people in the middle of this are sh- who you should be focusing on. Now it says Canada's capital of Ottawa expected to arrive as early as today. They may break the world's record for the longest convoy. Now, the, the fo- I guess the point of, of, diff- of just, uh, contention there is that it's not all trucks. Some of them are cars. And it's like, who cares? There are people protesting because you're going to pick at the fact that they're not all trucks. So Fox News is lying about everything because of that one small point. This is so silly. Everyone of them, anyway, is that the truck drivers oppose the federal government's vaccine mandates for cross-border activity and have inspired others worldwide. Now, here is the map you can see of essentially what's happening and where I, I, people are joining in from all over the place, driving from this, driving to this location. Now, weirdly enough, all of, I just saw that there's a crazy cyclone storm hitting right in that exact spot. <laughs> Probably just a coincidence, but it says truck drivers from Canada to the U.S. to Australia to Europe are banding together to in protest to in protest worldwide against their respective governments overreach of public health. Now, this is nonpartisan. 
No matter what they try to scream at you, this is so obviously nonpartisan, and this is so clearly about people fighting against the mandate, but they are desperate, as they have been from day one, as Whitney and I told you from the very beginning, to tie this in to a alt-right, white supremacist, you know, working with vanilla ISIS about to do bio attacks that tie back to COVID and the whole circle around and round. They're trying to tie that back to that. Anyone against the mandates, against this injection, are suddenly white supremacist, alt-right, whatever they want to make it. That's the stupidest thing. It makes my brain hurt. Could somebody in there be that? Sure. Why not? But just to broadly stroke all this, it's just, I mean, isn't that in and of itself racism, right? It's just so silly. But it says, freedom convoys from America are expected now to join tens of thousands of truckers in Ottawa, which they probably won't get across the border, but that in in and of itself will become its own protest to get the government to repeal cross-border COVID vaccine passports. Now, more in here you can read for yourself. This little meme you can see is kind of the idea here, right? You stand up enough and they will back down, which we keep showing you. We keep showing you. So this is something important to support, guys. As Ezra Levant points out, as CTV News points out, embarrassment for the industry. Not all truckers support the freedom convoy, in quotes. (laughs) Of course, because we can't support what they're calling themselves. Never forget this moment, Ezra says. When you dared to speak up for your civil liberties, the mainstream media called you an embarrassment. Good point. Good point. Now, as the counter signal points out, and this is also an important point, the counter signal is... is, uh, Kian, who used to be on Rebel, who is now doing his own thing. He says, in response to Trudeau's disparage, oh, and by the way, some of these will be a little out of order to some degree, timing-wise, a couple days, because I wanted to end with a certain part. But it says, in response to Trudeau's disparaging comments, suggesting anyone in favor of the trucker convoy are somehow racist or a fringe minority, non-white Canadians have come out with a message for Trudeau. It's just so, this is the point, guys. It is not a white supremacist, alt-right, alt-left, alt-anything. This is a nonpartisan grouping of people pushing back against what is clearly totalitarian authoritarianism. That's what this is. And, I mean, look, you can see in the pictures, people that are wearing masks, people that probably got their injections, they just agree that we should not be forced, which has always been my line. Always. I'm aggressively against the infrastructure passports, uh, for the passports, but the point is forcing people to take an injection. That's it, which is what that infrastructure will do. So you could check this article out if you want. The point is that people are speaking up all over the place, showing you this is not some fringe thing. In fact, this is very clearly the majority opinion of Canada and the United States. And on top of that, that's not fringe and racist or misogynistic or whatever you want to call it, which all of these things are being labeled in any way. Here is one of the many. A truck driver and patriot, and as they say, this, you know, that's just, this is the framing from Mila Kedrov. I frankly don't like the term, the way that they're applying, like, I like the word patriot's powerful and it's nonpartisan, but I hate the way it's being turned into a partisan term today. And that's also part of the problem, right? That's just how this stuff goes. Anybody lost on the two party paradigm in in many ways, even when they're on fighting for things I think are on the the right direction are still in ways driving this back in the wrong way by doing things like that. Small things. The point though, is that this truck driver uh, it, it, this morning, speaking out about uh, what he's personally driving for and what he's feeling and seeing out of the road from last week. Here he says. Yeah, I'm riding for uh, my 10 wonderful grandkids. So miss them. But this is for you guys. The support that we've rolled on down the road here, once again, people all over the place had just been so fantastically awesome. What is really the truth 
is we've been led to believe that we've been the minority, when in fact, I believe that we're the majority. You're here. Take care, all. Thanks. And where have you heard that before? Right? This, guys, this is powerful. I think I am, I can't express to you how happy this makes me that people are finally starting to realize that we may just be the majority. And I'm not saying that applies to every single topic you can point at. We always have disagreements. But at the end of the day, we are seeing the problem. And what, what else could be more inspiring than that? Right? This is how we can find the positive within all of the negative. Like this is the light at the end of the tunnel. Like we are there and it's just about capitalizing on that. Make sure people see this. Now, Scott also points out that trucker rallies are being held at many locations across the entire country. It's not just right here, including on Parliament Hill in Ottawa and in various communities in Saskatchewan. Here's his message to these different truckers. You can read it for yourself. The point is powerful, though, guys. People are standing up. Now, here, by the way, is my point I said from the beginning. This is why I think, in a way, we're trying to be, fo- we're tr- they're trying to kind of focus us on the, the surface instead of really diving into what this whole thing has shown us. One, that we are the clear majority, I think very clearly, but more than that is that this already came out from the, from this Tucker interview, which by the way, I saw on Jason Berman's show, that they have already gone leaps and bounds beyond what they told you was happening. Now, again, this is if what he's, this is, this is what this person is saying that he personally experienced while cr- driving across the border. So take that for what you will. This is, this is Freedom Convoy. Uh, this person in general describes chilling tracking at the border. This is very interesting. Now, remember, we've talked about this in regard to the passports, in regard to how the technocratic future is being built in front of you, and whether they've already taken a lot of steps that we haven't seen, maybe even before COVID started, right? As it says, and this is what he's saying on the, on the interview, yesterday it was my first time ever crossing the border in my truck with my digital passport, which, again, this is kind of my weirdness about that. Like, there's something about all of this. I'm concerned about some, something about this being used. And maybe, and, and as always, my point from the beginning, guys, they are going to abuse this as always, whether or not it's organic. I do believe it is. Somebody is already probably in this convoy that is not supposed to be there, right? We just have to think about that. And what might they do that will then be pointed at by the media that represents all of them, right? That's how it always goes. Like this grouping we just pointed at in front of the, the standing in front of this guy's hospital. It's all about white supremacy. No, it's not. But that's how it's going to be framed, though, because they're desperate to make that the case, right? Where were we? Lost my place. Here we go. So what's interesting to me is that this guy being pushed on the Tucker Carlson show, he's talking about his digital passport. Again, you know, I get that people in there may, may already be on board with this, but aren't you protesting that exact thing? So here you are protesting the, the passport system and, and the mandates and yet you've already done it and you've got your passport. I just find that to be very strange. But, you know, I guess I won't judge. I don't know. That seems strange to me. But he says, and I held my phone up to the border agent to give him my QR code. Which, by the way, just because you got the injection doesn't mean you're, that you need to go along with the passport system, right? You don't need the phone or the QR code. But if he's a trucker, I get that he might have caved because he thought he had to continue his job. Like, I'm giving you all perspectives. I just think there's something strange there. But here's the point I'm getting at. You know what he said to me? It's okay. You don't need it. Hmm. Now, we've heard this before. Didn't we hear that from that woman that was traveling by herself and she made that whole Instagram video about how she went through all the hoops to be able to travel and then she was going to travel and they said, we don't, yeah, you're good. We don't need to look at it. And she got upset because she's like, I went through this and you won't even look at my passport. Well, guess what, guys? 
You know why they didn't look at it? It's not because they didn't care. It's because they already had it on their computer. They already had it. They didn't need to look at her phone or his phone. You know why? Because just as he drove by, something scanned and they got it on their computer. At least that's what he's telling you. He says, oh, you're, the, the guy told him, the border agent, without showing this to him. He says, oh, your phone already popped up on my screen and it's correlated with your passport. Now, this has been, I, I'm pretty sure, this is my opinion, that he's saying your vaccine passport. This is the only way that would make sense to me. Because he's not crossing the border unless, well, I don't, you don't need a passport to cross uh, territories in Canada. At least I don't think so. And why it would correlate, the point being is I'm, the idea is that it's, he doesn't need to see the passport because you already have this on the screen, right? Okay. So the point being that they scan something and already have your information. So people are doing that anyway. They're scanning phones. And by the way, they already have this stuff on the computer, the correlation with it. But the point on top of all of that, as I just lose it, hold on, already popped up my screen. Oh, that, I don't want to forget that. Is that so what people are saying in some of the different representations is that it means it's tied to your passport, which is also interesting if that's the case, because that's something that's already got the new chip in it, something that's already being used. But I, I kind of think he means vaccine passport either way. That is incredible to me. So this is the only article I could find that was picking up on this. And this, like, why would the focus of this entire thing be that Trudeau misrepresented that we're a fringe minority? Why wouldn't it be we are the majority? Or I guess that's the same point. But why would it also be that we're talking about the idea of border passports and how they already have the information and how it's already integrated into the system? I mean, for crying out loud, that's gigantic. Your phone already popped up on my screen and correlated with your passport. Now it says, and maybe it's outlandish, but what's to prevent the government from introducing that across Canada and not limiting it to just borders? Seriously? You see what I mean? Are you seriously suggesting right now that they don't already have spying technology literally everywhere? I'm not buying something about this, guys. There's something fishy here. I don't know what it is. I'm just giving you my honest opinion. Oh, somebody in the, in the chat saying he's crossing into the U.S.? Okay, so that would explain that part of it. But either way, either way, so that, okay, so that would suggest that it could be either way, passport or vaccine passport, or maybe even more so suggest that it would be the passport. Either way, right? So the point being that it popped up on the phone or on the computer, which is wildly invasive. But what would prevent them from introducing this very clear technology they've had for 20 years more to everywhere? Yeah, they have li they have license plate scanners. They have this. They have all this stuff all over the place. So you know what I mean. This feels like one of those Barry Weiss manipulations here, whether he means to or not. Where you're here pretending like we're suddenly discovered. No, this has already been there. And he says, and you guys are getting it as well. And you can thank us for that. Well, he's talking about the U.S. government. He says, uh, presumably re referring to the Biden administration's mandate that went into effect on the 22nd, requiring all truckers across the border to be fully back. So that's what's interesting. Is this kind of went quiet? I already reported this. But this, if, if this seems to be pretty interestingly connected, All right? So we're stop. We're, we're rolling back everything everywhere, and yet on the twenty second, he jams in this really weird specific one just about people seeking to enter U.S. via land ports and ferries, which is via U.S. Canada borders as well. Well, clearly this is tied to this. There's something about this very specific discussion that was like, why? Why would this? I mean, the the trucker convoy thing has been happening for a week or more, right, or something like that, give or take. 
So I find it very strange that right in the beginning, this was already happening. What were they trying to stop? Were they trying to, why do they want us to look at this? Why is this being focused on in a partisan divide kind of way in the mainstream media? Like there's something strange. I don't know what it is, but my suspicion hairs are standing up here. But yes, they did do that. They made it a DHS thing specifically for this while the other ones were going away. That's weird. How does this even remotely make sense? I said with what they've been forced to admit. If they're catching and spreading Omicron more than anyone, which they are, as the data shows, and have higher viral loads, which they do in many cases, this is nonsensical and wildly unscientific, but they're doing it anyway. But he says digital passports, so the article says digital passports, such as New York State's Excelsior Pass and digital vaccine verification cards in California. Yeah, that's right, because they're already happening, are already in play. And many workers, such as those at athletic giant uh, Nike, are finding they have to upload their vaccination status to third-party servers. Yeah. Oh, we're not going to share information, but now we have to because it won't work without it. But we're not going to tell you that. Yeah, just, you know, such integrity there, guys. And it's such, it says, so it's a stretch to see more restrictive, some would even say fascist measures spreading across all of North America. So it isn't a stretch, excuse me. It's already happening is the point. It's being built while you're not paying attention, just like the last steps. And as Caitlin Johnstone argues, probably already done. They're just tightening the bolts and putting in final finishes right now as we dick bitter bicker, excuse me, about the things we think we're fighting. Quote, we don't know why, he said. We don't know the terms of the deal. Are they going to be trading intelligence back and forth between Canada and the United States, tracking cell phone? That's already happening. Jeez, it makes my brain hurt to watch these people suss through this. It's clear. It's all been there. They're already exchanging information. They already have these agreements. They're already spying on everything everywhere. It's all been discussed. They've been caught doing it. From your phones, from Apple, from the spy cameras on the streets, from the ones on the corners. They keep getting caught over the last 20 years doing this stuff. And we're going, well, we don't know, maybe. Of course, we have no idea. Yeah, we do. But this is where we're going that this does not stop. And that I agree with. But this is the focal point for me. The tracking that's already happening that we're not talking about. Here is what Jesse uh, Zerwell pointed out to me. These invitations to participate in the experiment and a crime against humanity to help protect my community, in quotes, come daily now. He's getting daily texts to his phone about getting the booster. Now, how does that make sense? Are they saying it to everybody? Well, clearly not. So in some cases, they do know who hasn't been injected. In most cases, I would argue, but they've already admitted they don't have a full picture of that because there's some people they just can't monitor. People probably like myself that are taking every possible action to not be on any kind of, you know, and uh, taking every action I can, but every day it says, give your, give your immune a boost, protect your community, get your booster scheduled today. There's no cost for the vaccine. They'll stay safe. Blah, blah. It's continuing every day. And he says, notice as you're all done, this is continually pointed out that up to date has supplanted fully vaccinated. As it says right in the tweet, this is the point. It's already just tied in with everything. The phone is the point here. That's what I'm trying to tie your attention to the connection between what's happening. And how they're tapped into you and what you're doing. And and if we pretend right now that they're not utilizing while everything has become completely lawless, their ability to spy on you, to watch you, to listen to what you're saying in every possible way, you're, I mean, it's childish to pretend that wouldn't be happening. Israel already got caught doing that. Israel got overtly caught you spying from people's phones to find out what they were doing during COVID. That's already happened. You don't think your government's doing that too? What a childish thing to think. Here is exactly how this begins to roll into the white supremacist angle. Uh-oh, look, Joe Rogan said something about the the revolt, so it must be alt-right, even though Joe Rogan's not even remotely that. It's so silly. 
but this is the point. Now, whether Joe Rogan did this in purpose because he's being used to make things all right, or he doesn't realize he's being used and he, you know, however you want to look at it. When Joe Rogan says something, all right, that's how that's been framed already. And that's, it's just, that's the way it is now in the mainstream childish narrative. But he is right to point out that Canada's in revolt, as so too are a lot of people. And it is an anti-mandate thing. It's not anti-vax or anti, uh, I mean, however they want to frame it. There's plenty of people in this convoy that don't necessarily think that you shouldn't get the injection. They just don't think people should be forced. I've already, I've already gone deep on talked to a lot of different people about what's going on there. And the clear reality is it is nonpartisan. But they're desperate to frame it like this. And this is where it all comes together, right? Look at that. Canada's freedom convoy, in quotes, is, is this January 6th for the Great White North? <laughs> you mean a, a situation where people will, you know, politely break in somewhere and, and maybe cause a couple of things of damage and, and, and take pictures and selfies and, then, and, and the police shoot one person? You know, that, that kind of thing? Like I'm being facetious, obviously. Plenty of people did things that were illegal there. But to continue to frame January 6th by like by anything other as anything other than it was, it's just it's it's insulting. It is insulting to your intelligence because we can see everything of how many people in the FBI and the military were involved and admitted to being involved in these different militias as insider people. Because that doesn't have any bearing, does it? Or the fact that multiple locations where the gates were openly moved for them. Or the fact that it very clearly wasn't as stupidly reduced. I mean, to make it, to compare to 9-11 or to compare to anything like that is so insulting to the people that they killed on 9-11, right? That's what's insulting about it. But to pretend that this is some kind of January 6th or becoming is everything of their narrative. Canada's trucker protest won't lead to major violence, says expert. But some folks up north want their January 6th. Okay, so experts, whatever that would mean, are saying, nope, that's not true. Then they just insert their opinion. Yep, that's great journalism today. Some folks up north want this. So what does that mean? You spoke to somebody who said that? Wow, great journalism, guys. Like if you spoke to everybody on the panel and you realized that most of them wanted that, well, then maybe you could say that. But that's not even remotely true. This is a framing that's partisan, so it works for what you want people to think, and it's pathetic. If you choose to believe Fox News and right-wing social media, this weekend, uh, this weekend, a 40-mile-long freedom convoy of 50,000 truckers plus millions of their supporters will converge on Ottawa, our northern neighbor's capital, for a mass protest that will gridlock the city until all of country's vaccine mandates are repealed. The anti-vaccination convoy movement has raised some $7 million and earned the support of Canadian Conservative Parliament leader Aaron O'Toole, who says he plans to meet with the truckers, as well as pro prominent American conservatives or libertarians from Donald J. Trump to Tucker Carlson to Elon Musk. Right. Desperate to make you think, oh, it's all just Republican, Republican, Republican. It's not true. Simply not true. That's how bad these people are because they know that. I mean, it takes the most smallest amount. The point is, they just choose not to believe that. They, they look and they go, oh, the people say they're Democrats. Well, they're there, so they're not Democrats. That's it. That's, that's the gist of their research. If they're there, they're therefore not Democrats, or they're therefore not what we want them to be, whatever. And we've already seen how easy that is for them. But on the note of the money, just make sure you see that too, GoFundMe, who, by the way, nobody anywhere ever again should ever use or support because clearly they're part of the problem, as we've seen a thousand times over since this started. Well, they froze over $4 million, I think it's $6 million or something like that, that were raised for those truckers. How does it even make sense? How can you even rationalize doing that? 
because you just politically disagree with what they're doing? Yeah, apparently. That's, I mean, if you think that's okay, I don't understand how you can rationalize that in the context of, of legal of legalities, integrity, anything. GoFundMe is a group or a platform that's set up to allow people to raise money for others. Are they breaking the law? No. You just don't like what they're doing. Many of them have vaccines for crying out loud. But go, but they they just freeze it anyway. Because that's not what we want people to think about. And we're not supposed to support that. But it's not your choice. But you see, that's the point. GoFundMe is now a publisher, apparently, because they're allowing and disallowing people to do things on their platform. But the point is, after pressure, they feebly release a million or more of more. So six million dollars is raised, and they go, Well, here's a million. Excuse me? So you give them some of it? What does that even mean? So you're just going to steal $5 million? I mean, as, as far as I understand that this has been released to some degree, but I'm, I'm hearing mixed reports on whether it was just a little bit and all of it. Like, I, I'm going to wait for this to suss out a little bit more, but are you kidding me? If you, if you have the update in the chat, let us know what's currently happened with this. Make sure you know it's confirmed before you put it in the chat. But $1 million. So if you if they're rationalizing giving some of it, what does that mean? They're only a sixth supported or they're only a sixth of the way we agree with them. I mean, that's crazy to me. Give it, give them the money back or don't. And if you don't, then you're obviously a broken platform that is violating your own rules. But if you're going to give it back, then you can't just give some of it because I mean, guys, it just, it's just ridiculous to me that they can get away with something like that. But the, 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 the rampant lawlessness that we're dealing with today is being supported by the mass media and the government. Now, here is where we end with this convoy part is how this is sort of, you know, another part of this sidestep from what I think is the real important discussions around this, this convoy. This is another one of the ways that push you into a partisan point. But it's also interesting. I'm not trying to suggest that these things aren't valid and shouldn't be discussed, but rather that we shouldn't focus on them as the main part of the story. But members of parliament are apparently, as Vice tells you, if you know, if Vice is telling you, you should probably, you know, take it with a pound of salt, but MPs told to hide from anti-vaxxer convoy by parliament security chief. That's not a joke. So people who are driving across the country to promote their rights and asking people to stop them from, 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 from abusing their rights are being framed as people that are now, because they say so, an, a direct threat to the government. You see how quickly that went? You see how fast that changed? And that's the point of January 6th, the point of how they frame anybody going against the mandates as January 6th, and then connect that all back with anybody else they want to, foreign policy-wise or other, and that ties back to something eventually, which I think is going to be a biosecurity threat. However, they frame that, as Gates had said, smallpox, as even Fauci, the rest of them said, no, when we're on, could do that. We see how that goes. But- the convoy organized by some people with connections to extreme right or anti-vax movements has garnered support from some mainstream conservatives. Okay, let's break that down. Organized by some people. How many? One? A thousand? Doesn't matter. As long as there's anybody we can point to with what they say are connections to extreme right. Okay, first of all, connections, as far as their due diligence goes, could be literally that you like something on Twitter. Or maybe that one of them likes something on your Twitter account. Oh, no. There's a connect. See, they're connected. I'm not even making that up. That's the extension. That's they've used that to argue people are connected. Then recognize what extreme right or anti-vax means in their world is anything from someone who expresses the smallest amount of doubt about forcing this on people to somebody who is willing to explode a building because they don't like every possible injection. 
That's the, the breath of their anti-vax. Why? Because they're desperate to frame literally anybody anywhere who doesn't agree with this as that side of the argument. Because it's partisan in their clown world. Because they know it's not. But they've garnered support from some conservatives. So so now in their clown, COVID clown world, if you're a conservative, you're um, you're a fake news, anti-science, conspiracy theorist. That's dangerous. Every one of them. Even though half the country voted them into their positions, which means that you're literally calling half the country that. Yeah, but that's where we are. These are people that are supposed to support, they're supposed to represent the country, all of it. And meanwhile, they're calling half that country terrorists. Yeah, that's where we are today. I mean, that's how broken this is. But telling them to hide, hide from these groups. Well, that's indeed what seems to have happened. Now, before that came out, Here's how this started. He comes out and last night, I learned that I've been exposed to COVID-19. Liar. Maybe not. I don't know. But that's how it feels to me now, especially after the way this has turned out. We're going to have to isolate. We're going to stay away as this is all developing. Well, as Kean points out, I'll take things that definitely didn't happen for 1,000, right? And then here's the next one. Justin, Canada's Justin Trudeau and his family have left their home. For a secret location. You mean two days after you swore you were going to be quarantining for five days? You suddenly left? Didn't you just break the rules? Oh, no. Love this. Michael Krieger posts this picture. <laughs> but seriously, think about that. So you, you, so people who aren't the president or the, excuse me, the prime minister get arrested for doing that. In Australia, you'll get dragged back by your hair. But here, oh, he just got a secret location because you don't have to follow the rules. Right, exactly. Well, if you want to watch a, a, a pretty good overview of what is happening here, and this is from, uh, was yesterday or today, Jason Burmis's show here, I'll include for you to watch. This is where I got that clip part. But to finish this, to tie it back to the beginning, not a joke. The CBC is literally suggesting Russian actors are behind the Truckers for Freedom. <laughs> oh, you just, they are, I guess that's all they can do. Play one, two, and three, guys. That's what they have. And they're bad at this. I mean, the reality is what they've been doing for this long is work. So I shouldn't say they're bad at it. Maybe we're just that bad at recognizing we're the majority and we're finally coming around to it. But yeah, truckers for freedom are now Russian shill or Russian insiders. Why? Because they've, I, I guess they think they successfully brought back up the Russian argument. They haven't really, but they're trying pretty hard. We're deploying troops because of something we yelled about and nothing else happened, right? That's happening. That's what, that's what the Russian actors you see how they are trying to tie all this together. This is, at the very least, a connection to Russian actors' foreign policy using people in the country to fight the mandate, which then ties back to alt-right, which ties back to white supremacy, which ties back to whatever they want to. It all circles back. This is an effort, guys. How insulting and embarrassing is this? I do ask that because, uh, you know, given Canada's support of Ukraine in this current crisis with Russia... It, I don't know if it's far-fetched to ask, but but there is concern that Russian actors could be continuing to fuel things uh, as this as this protest grows, but perhaps even instigating it from from the outset. Now, you know what's embarrassing about this? Like the most embarrassing to this fake journalist in front of you, there is literally nothing to back this up, which has always been the case with this floated idea. Literally nothing. Like, this is just like, you know, what do you think? Could it be Russian actors that just happen to be in there? Let's talk about that for 20 minutes on a mainstream news channel. This is True North reporting this to you. True North is you, somebody you should follow. But 
That's crazy. Because that is floated by the mainstream corporate media as journalism. Because you're allowed to arbitrarily, with nothing to back it up, baselessly argue that Russian actors could be involved because that's acceptable. But we can't even make a factual-based argument based on the peer-reviewed science that these things might be dangerous. Oh, can't do that. But let's float these things because we're pathetic. How embarrassing. Look at how serious she is. Well, again, I'm going to defer to uh, our uh, partners in the public safety, the uh, trained of, uh, officials and experts in that area. How bad? How bad? And he even takes a, he just goes, um, um, you know, maybe because he's mildly honest. <laughs> I mean, that's a desperate grasp to tie it together. And I promise you that wasn't by accident. I, I would argue that's something that she was told to do, but that's my opinion. Come to your own conclusions about it. Now, bringing this over into the risk that the truckers are fighting against, right? At least many of them recognize that there's a problem. Many of them just probably think that we shouldn't be forced. And I'm with that. Whether you recognize the full breadth of what I think I see here based on the data, we should not be forcing this no matter what. Even if it's the most successful thing in the history of the planet, it shouldn't be forced on anybody. If there's risk, there should be choice. And there's obviously risk. Even if you think the risk and something else outweighs it, doesn't change that point. Now, this is the risk on top of that that these people are in some ways fighting against. Now, not just this one point we're looking at, we've shown you this many times, but we're going to start with the point of the hospitalization and we're going to roll into where the, the, the Irish data, what it reveals to us. Now, this is one we've shown you many times. This is as of today, January 28th. Now, I've been showing you this almost every day for a while now. Now, what you continue to notice is what hasn't changed the whole time and in fact seems to slowly increase is that right now in specifically Ontario, the majority of people in the ICU are people fully injected. Now, that does not mean the risk per 100,000 is there. Now, I will show you that where I can prove that, but I want to make sure it's clear in this discussion. I, as I said before, I understand what their argument is. For those trying to frame this as, I don't understand this and I'm pointing to the majority and not understanding that there's more people in the vaccine category. Look, a three-year-old can understand that. It's a basic argument. The reality is that the majority is obviously on the side of, right now, the fully injected. They're slowly admitting that. But all deaths, hospitalizations, cases specifically. But then they argue, but the risk is higher for the fully injected. And this is expected because most of them are injected and so on. But again, I want to make the argument. When has this ever been applied like this? Do we normally see people who got the polio injection, the majority of people get polio are the people that are injected? Well, no. Do we normally see that, that every year that the majority of people who get the flu are the people that got the flu vaccine? No, that's not how that works. Even if the majority of the people, which is uh, in some cases seems to happen in some locations, the majority of the location are injected with that, you still don't end up seeing the majority of the people in the hospital or with cases, the people that got the injection. It's in fact the opposite. So the argument is flat right out of the gate even if there is some logic to why you might could make that argument. But then also recognize that from the very beginning, their entire stance has completely changed. Stopping transmission to lowering what you're dealing with. Or, I mean, entirely the idea that from the very get-go, the idea was that this would maybe, maybe we're going to see cases there because most of them are injected. But you're not going to go to the hospital, you're not going to die, and you're not going to see those numbers. Now they're just going, well, yeah, of course you're going to see them because you don't just get to do that. So they got caught lying and just shifted and people that don't want to see that just choose to go along with it. Okay. So I understand vividly 
the concept of the risk per 100,000 or however else they want to frame that and why that's very different than the majority. The point is that in Scotland, in the, from at the very least, the last five month reports I've seen, or rather specifically, it was the four last five reports, but in each case, they're reporting on a month. And each one of those, the risk in per 100,000 at the very, I think it's the last two of them in every category has been higher. Now, you can argue there's a reason that's fine. I'm not sure. You, the point ends up being why in Scotland and in other locations, we're going to show you, would the risk be higher and the majority be there? I know. I think I know why. Because Scotland is, in as far as the data shows you, not playing the first 14 days manipulation. And it's showing you the reality. In places like Ireland and the UK, what we are seeing, in my opinion, and I think I'm going to prove it to you, is that, that just like what he just proved in Ottawa, or excuse me, Alberta, Jordan Satchtel, which I'll show you in a minute, they are taking the numbers from the first 14 days, which is the which is where in the reports 50% of the deaths happen, and dumping that back into unvaccinated. Not my opinion. It's reported right in the reports. We'll show you. So then you have the majority, most of the problems happen right there, and it gets dumped back. Now the question becomes: What happens after two shots in 14 days? His other report seems to suggest they kick that back into the one shot, but I'm not sure about that. But the end of the day is that is provable in the Irish data we'll show you next. And we'll show you then, when you look at the two areas, why that's very clear. So, in mo- in many locations, the risk per 100,000 is higher. Nobody wants to explain why that is. If people online will go, but, but look at LA! And it's like, we're not talking about LA. Yeah, I'm sure LA's lying to you like everybody else. Or maybe they're right and everyone else is wrong. Bottom line is, we're talking about Scotland. We're talking about these locations. And yes, when you dig into those reports, they have a lot of paragraphs in there that say the things that people like those like to see. Who cares what they're stating in bold? Read the data. Look at the data. Look at what the data shows you. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, the data shows you that the risk is higher and the majority is there. Just because they say, well, the booster location above 50 says this. If that means any, I mean, it's, it's, it's insulting to people's intelligence that they are arguing that. But here it is in specifically Ontario, showing you that majority, both in ICU and just in hospital. And then we're also seeing they, them lie about that in front of everybody. All right, coming out and saying they're overwhelmed with unvaccinated hospitals. Well, that's not true. At the very least, the ICU is more than half injections. So how, so how do you explain that? Defenders? Why would they lie about that, right? Here's somebody made this great point. You'll notice that they will say it's no surprise that there's more hosp- vaccinated in the hospitals because uh, the, more than unvaccinated because the vaccinated are the majority. And then they'll also say, well, the unvaccinated are filling up the hospitals because they're the majority there. How do you put those two things together? They're lying. And then the, the data backs up that that's not true. Same thing here. We showed you this just recently. This is the most up to date, and this one's in New South Wales. It says the majority in the ICU, 71%, are fully injected. And by the way, these numbers keep going the other direction. The, the percentage of uninjected people in the ICU keeps going down every week. And the number of people in the ICU who are doubly injected, in this case, that's what means fully vaccinated in New South Wales, so it still counts, because that's how they're reporting it, is the majority and it keeps going up. Oh, excuse me, uh, I read the wrong, did it backwards. This was just in hospital. Same point, though. And the next one is the ICU. Same point, though. That's 62.7 versus 36. 62.7 being the fully injected. And that keeps going up. 
So, and again, she, they just came out and said their hospitals in New South Wales are overrun with the uninjected. It's right in front of you as plain as day. I'm not suggesting in this certain case that that means the risk is higher, but they're lying to you because that's not true. Now, let's go over to Ireland's data. Vaccination status of deaths and hospitalizations. Thank you to the person who sent this to me on Twitter. I appreciate it. I I forgot to ask if they wanted me to shout out their name, but the point being is that I appreciate everybody who sends me this stuff. By the way, guys, on a quick side note, somebody reached out to me in like a really aggressive way saying like, I can't believe you've never given me a shout out. I've seen you talk about like a hundred things I've given you. Now, I, I, I hope you guys all know that in a lot of ways, I get sent a thousand times the same thing every day. And that, that's great. That makes me happy because that means a lot of people are reaching out. But there's no way I can shout out everybody that reaches out. And I'm not even trying to diminish what the person said. I get it. Like people, it's, I, I just want you all to understand that at the end of the day, I can't do that with everybody. And in, in most cases, I don't even see it. So please don't take it as a slight. If I do something that you think you shared with me, what, even if I did see it from you, just know in your mind that I am grateful because I really am because it, it's important to me and I'll do my best to reach out and say, thank you and share, you know, whatever, but it's just an endless flow of information. And frankly, sometimes I just forget that we're, there's a lot going on, but I want you guys to know that I greatly value every single one of you, every one of you and everything you're sending me, even if we don't get to respond, or even if we don't have time to respond right? We greatly value that. And as well as I want to just, since I'm saying it, just give a shout out to all the people that support T-Lab in general that work with T-Lab, right? Star Wilson out knocking out of park with her clips and her videos, right? Orwell in the chat, every one of you guys are doing an outstanding job in everything that you're doing. And it's important that we continue to shout that out. Anyway, back to this vaccination status of deaths and hospitalizations. Actually, I was going to say, in any case, I know that we, yeah, we did see, I see Marshall in the chat today. Marshall, the OG back from the beginning. Glad to see you, brother. Now, the point is Northern Ireland vaccination status and what this is showing us in regard to specifically the 14 day period. And here is what basically makes this undeniable. It says a person is deemed vaccinated if the date of vaccination is greater than or equal to 14 days before date of admissions. It's hospital. Then it says, or for deaths, if the date of vaccination is greater than or equal to 14 days before the date of specimen. So, you know, when they, the person, the person dies. So if you got the vaccination, like this is the, this is, and again, this is what's important is to what I briefly said in the beginning, and we'll come back to it in a second, is why in the world it would no longer matter after the booster. You're, you're up to date right after you get it. Who cares about the 14 days? Like that, that's not science. It, why would it not apply there, but it applies somewhere else? That's not scientific. It's, there's something, be, it's being used here. And that's what I think. I think the 14 day thing was applied because that's how you can play with the data. There's nothing scientific about not counting what was happening in the first 14 days. I honestly think it's because within the first 14 days, Pfizer saw an explosion of problems and they just said, well, okay, well, we could have been from somewhere else. So we're just going to count 14 days forward. And then all of a sudden it got 95% re- relative reduction in effect efficacy, which is nothing. So, we, so you add on all those things and it becomes dangerous and it's already dangerous at the point. So that 14 days was added, in my opinion, so to accomplish what we're looking at right now, what it says right there. Then it says, in the charts and tables below, partially vaccinated refers to those individuals who have received one dose. Fully vaccinated refers to those individuals who have received two doses. Fully vaccinated plus booster refers to three. 
Now, that's why they make sure you can see the 14-day point of this, right? Partially is one dose, but it's one dose after 14 days. That's the point. Now, down here, it says, oops, the calculation of the number of unvaccinated individuals in the population requires an estimate of the, of the total population in each age cohort. This was provided by NISRA based on their 2021 population projections. Yet another example of the fact that they don't know the full number of unvaccinated, so they're guessing based on previous projections. Okay, so that means that it's an easy way, if you wanted to, to intentionally make that look lower so the number of problems looks much greater. Am I saying I know if that's happening? No, but all I'm pointing out is a way this could be manipulated very easily, even by accident. But let's not consider that because conspiracy theory, right? Here's the next point. This I find to be really interesting, by the way. And we'll get into the numbers right after this. What's interesting here is the way that they intentionally just pick arbitrary points and yell and, and make it make, try to make it make sense to you, right? So, what, for instance, in the very beginning of all this, what do they do? They basically mash together everything. They basically said, okay. We know, and they did know this at the time, that the risk is way higher for certain groups versus other groups, right? They know that. Then they just go, oh, let's just mash it all together and give you one risk and say, that's what you're all in danger of because people that were under 50 essentially were at basically no risk, the flu, if that, under 19, one in a million risk of dying, right? But over 60, over 70, over 80, right? Probably because they were jamming them in nursing homes and they were all in dying at expedited rates of people that already had other illnesses and on and on and on all the manipulations we know happened. But the point is, if you actually age stratified, you would see that most people weren't in danger. That doesn't work for their narrative, does it? So they jammed it all together and said, you're all in danger. You know, Ferguson lies about 3.6% and they carried that for months and they still pretend like it's there, even though they're admitting the numbers aren't there, right? Think about how stupid that is. Then here's what they're doing today. Now, after they've used the illusion to yell at you about how in danger you are, and now that it's been admitted it's sort of not there, and people like us have reported that to you, well, now they use the same thing, just like they do everywhere else, just like they're using with and from, just like they're using everything we said in the beginning and applying the logic after the injection. 63% of adults, inpatients under 50, are unvaccinated. 21% of inpatients aged 50 and over are unvaccinated. Now, that's not the point. It's just that they're using the 50 down here, and you'll see. Unvaccinated individuals aged 50 and over are 7.5 times more likely to be admitted to the hospital. Okay. So it, why don't we use the same logic used from the beginning, right? Why wouldn't we just go, here's your average risk of going, because it don't, then you don't get to shout about 7.5 times. It's arbitrary to pick a specific age group and argue that, well, they're more likely. And by the way, I don't believe this, especially because of the 14-day period in how they're using that, because they are using that. They just admitted to it. So basically, you have people who are one shot when we, do, we know as a matter of fact that the majority of the deaths at the very least are happening in the first 14 days, 55.6, in fact. We'll come back to that in a second if you haven't seen it. Okay, so that means that 50% of those people under 50 or over on top of that are actually having one shot and they call them unvaccinated. Also recognize the 50 age group, which is where the most of the risk is. So it's weird. They just go over 50, you're 7.5. Why wouldn't you do all of the ages then? Why wouldn't you do, because, <coughs> excuse me, because guess what? When you do the other ages, it goes the other way. 
they're just cherry picking the ones that get to say, look, unvaccinated or worse. When compared to the fully vaccinated individuals who have also received their booster third dose, unvaccinated individuals age 50 and over are 11.3 times more. You see how they're playing this? It's a very careful manipulation that people that aren't paying attention will go, wow, look at how much more at risk they are. I'm over 50. Fully vaccinated individuals age over 50, 1.5 times, only 1.5. How about when you look at 40, 30? It's the other way. And that's the why they're jamming that in your face. Anyway, let's go down here a little further. Same point going off across the whole thing. But here's what's even funnier to me. If they look at this, 47% of adults in patients under 50 are unvaccinated. Okay. Then it goes 20% of the COVID inpatients age 50 are unvaccinated. Okay. So why wouldn't you report that as 70% of the inpatients age 50 and over are vaccinated? Isn't that more relevant? It is because it's 70%. But no, you're going to report 20% of them are unvaccinated. So is this a report just about the unvaccinated? Apparently so. But no, it's not what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be the total information report, but they're just, you can see how slanted they are in one direction. And I don't even think they realize that. Now, going down here, deaths, same point. uh, uh, And see, this is what's, this is funny. Check this out. It says, and this is since August 30th, 62% of patients aged under 50 who died from COVID were unvaccinated. Isn't that, so why did you all of a sudden switch? Why, I thought we were going over 50 here. 19% of page aged 50 and over who died were unvaccinated. What, this makes, this is illogical, but here's why this is happening. 62% of patients under 50 who died from COVID were unvaccinated. Patients under 50. And you know what that, you know why that's happening? In my opinion, the same point. Because the vast majority of those problems are happening in that first 14 day period. Same point there. And I, I can make that point over and over. Now, here's the main, last point on this. Note, it says, these results should be interpreted. You got you to gotta love how they're going. No, no, no. Don't think for yourself. Let us explain to you how to read this <laughs> because you're stupid. So let me explain to you how to read basic numbers and how to compare them. I mean, they're treating us like children more so than they ever have because they're so desperate because the people that think they need to be told how to think are going, oh, okay, I thought I knew, but please explain to me how I should look at this information. It's embarrassing. But it says, the the success of the vaccine program has resulted in a very small percentage of unvaccinated individuals, particularly for the older age groups. When there is a high vaccine coverage in the population, even with a highly effective vaccine, it is expected that a large portion of the cases, hospitalizations, and deaths would occur in the vaccinated. Okay, but how about a majority? Right? They didn't say majority because that's not what the argument was. They never would have tried to sell you on the fact that, well, the majority of the deaths are going to be in the vaccinated because most of them, they never would have said that because you'd been like, what? We all know that wouldn't have added up. It only adds up to those that already have it in their body because they've committed to a choice. It's expected that a large portion. That's all they argued because they're talking a percent, a small percentage, but, a, but it would be more than we would expect because most that's not what's happening. We're seeing the aggressive majority, 80% in many of these cases, specifically in the UK. I've done the reports week after week. And right now, their risk of actually getting sick is almost double in most cases, triple in some places in regard to the cases. That in no way, in no way paints a picture of anything working unless you move the goalpost. Deaths and admission rates per 100,000. Oh, let me read the, actually, before we get to that, here's the point. It goes forward. It says, 
This is simply because a larger portion of the population are vaccinated than unvaccinated and no vaccine is 100% effective. Oh, oh, really? None? No, I had this. Hold on. Where was this? Uh, there? No. Let me jump for jump around real quick. I want to find this because I just think it's funny that this is a good time to point to this. I'll come back to it in a second. Right. So nothing is 100% effective, right? We all know that now. That's common knowledge, you conspiracy theorist. Well, here's Albert Borla back on April 21st, literally saying the vaccine was 100% effective. Look at that. That's amazing. It's almost he, he did something that no one can do. Yeah, that was in April. Look where we are now. Totally effective, isn't it? So this is what it looks like to see the change of the narrative. 100% effective was what the media told you in preventing COVID. No, we know that's not true. It's very clearly what we're telling you is what they, they say, reducing symptoms. There he is right there in front of you, Mr. Mr. Pfizer telling you that they stopped transmission for 100% of the people, a lie. Or that it's 100% effective, lie. Or he didn't know or he didn't care. You, you make up your own mind. Bottom line is they're clearly lying to you no vaccines, 100% effective. Yeah. Well, they're screaming that now because they are clearly finding out that that's not what theirs does. But says this is especially true because the vaccine has been prioritized in individuals who are more susceptible. Like the idea is that you told us that's because they needed and they were more at risk. So it's not supposed to hurt them more when you see the risk per 100,000 is exp- exponentially more in Scotland right now. Then it says individuals in risk groups may also be at more risk of hospitalization or death. Why? Due to non-COVID causes. Oh, okay. Dang it. Non-COVID causes. And thus may be hospitalized or die with COVID. Oh, rather than because of COVID. What a novel idea. Where'd you come up with that? Crazy, right? Deaths and admissions. It rates per 100,000. Should there be, therefore be interpreted with caution? Wait a minute. I thought you were undermining the majority argument. Now you're literally saying that the actual risk per 100,000 is not as clear as it looks? I thought that was your bread and butter. I thought the whole point was the risk per 100,000 is what shows you that we're wrong. Now they're literally going with that too. You know, make sure you just read what we tell you to say. Don't think for yourself and actually look at the risk. Look at that. Guys, they're getting ahead. Uh, That is so obvious to me. So you want to know why? In my opinion, why they're clearly rolling this back? Because. Oh, actually, what I was going to play first, but since I opened it, I'll show you real quick, and then we'll go to the next one after this. Here's hospitalization. August 30th first. I'm not actually sure why they do from August 30th to January 16th, and then from December 20th. To January 16th. I'm not, I mean, that's this is so this would be pre Omicron essentially into Omicron, and this would be essentially at the sort of the beginning of Omicron a little before. Here's what it says All this is all adults. Now, take note of how they even insert in their own just an adult under 50 or over 50. Like, why? Where's the breakdown? And I, I think it shows you very clearly they're also aware that that 50 marker is where the risk is, the real risk. But we're looking at all adults because that's what matters. The total category of people with injections not vaccinated is 1,297 hospitalized in that term. Fully vaccinated, which is what they still call it in Ireland, two doses, 2,296. So almost double. Now that is the majority. So very clearly, the majority of people in the hospital are fully injected. 
Then you can add 451 of people that got boosters to that number. And you could also add 169 to people that got one dose. But here is where it becomes important. And this, mind you, is very clearly why they're going, nah, you know, that's we used to say that's everything and you guys were wrong about the majority, but now you need to start undermining the 100,000 per TART 2. Here's why. Not vaccinated was a 44 per 100,000 risk. Okay? But if you just look at fully or partially or any of this, we'll look at, well, first of all, take note that how weird it is that the partially number is much higher than the fully number which is 16.4. But here's the point, guys. First of all, if you simply add these up, you're going to get a pretty rel, rel, uh, number that's almost the same. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, not almost, but you end up with a, a much higher number that looks much closer to that. But that's not my point here. That's just simply showing you that the breakdown is not as all-encompassing as they make it out to be, right? That the It's just a small number over here, and then it's all unvaccinated. Even taking their numbers and you add all anybody that's gotten any injections together right there, then I mean, what does that come out to? 26, you know, 20, 35 ish, four ish, something like that, very quickly compared to 44, right? I mean, that's a lot more, but it's very much, much closer anyway. But I'm going too far on this. My point is here is what we're talking about, just partially, right? So if we know, which we do know, because this is what Alberta accidentally admitted to us, that 55.6%. of the deaths deaths that are recorded are happening within 14 days. Here's the actual report for yourself, and you can read it. This is this is from the Ottawa, uh, the Alberta government. Within 14 days, we know that 47.6% of cases happen within 14 days of the first shot. We also know that this was. Oh, this was, that was hospitalizations, and this is cases down here. So the majority, guys, almost the majority in every case, especially the deaths. So if you look at this and realize that this number includes, if not, I mean, I don't want to just say half of it because of the 50%, but realize that 50% of what's in this category, or rather 50% of the deaths that should have been in that category, were jammed over into not vaccinated. That's what's happening. Because again, that's what it says right there. They're telling you that. So if you know that's what's happening, you know that's what's happening, and we know based on Alberta that 50% of the deaths are in that category, it becomes a no-brainer to understand that the number is in the num the not vaccinated number of 44 is only that high because they recognize that the first 14 days is where all the problem is, and they just dump that back into not vaccinated. This, I mean, this is the reality. This is why I think the permanent thousand is being manipulated. And that's also why I think pretty strongly that they're trying to get ahead of that in Ireland by saying at the bottom that, well, you shouldn't therefore interpret this with, you should do it with caution. No, a risk per one thousand is Jew is rudimentary. It's supposed to be self-explanatory, but they're literally saying, no, you know, you should just listen to how we tell you. Wow. But they're going to toe the line, guys, because this is important to them. Now, before we go forward, I wanted to play you something else that makes this point even more clear. And this is how they're playing the other game. Just same point about how they're doing the over 50 or how they're mashing together all of the risk in the beginning and only now saying with and from, right? Now they're going, well, there's a novel idea. People can die with and from it. We never thought about that before. You mean when we were screaming that you're crazy for doing that and you said we were conspiracy theorists, they didn't break through back then? (laughs) Apparently not. Well, here's another example of how they're using our narrative or our truth, which it was truth, applied before it 
and ignoring that still while applying it today to post-vaccination. This is going to make your brain hurt. Dr. Walensky, it's been reported by some virologists and scientists that this year around 170 people have died from taking the regular flu vaccine. The Vaccine Advisory Adverse Reporting System reported that the number of people dying after or following the COVID vaccine is actually in the thousands. Now, this is what I'm hearing. I'll give you a chance to refute that or confirm it here. You know, is this true? Are we having that many people die after taking one of these vaccines? So he said that very clearly, by the way. She, this, this pretend we didn't understand you is, is very intentional. Thank you for that question. The Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System is a mandatory system of any adverse event that happens after being vaccinated. So, And now, just to be clear, that statement is correct? It is about any adverse event that happens after the injection that people can report on. And specifically, you can report them if you discover something and the doctor can report them if they see something, right? That's all that means. And we're talking about the vaccine and the way it reacts in your body. What they're about to say is flagrantly false and easily verifiably false. So if you get hit by a car tragically after getting vaccinated, that gets reported in the vaccine adverse reporting system, Fake the, news. Their, their system. So the vaccines are incredibly safe. They um, protect us against Omicron. They protect us against uh, Delta. They protect I mean, seriously, now we're even saying it protects you against Omicron? I mean, that's blatantly fake. I don't even think, I think they just decided, you know what? Screw it. Like, we are going all the way. You're just going to say the exact opposite. Just like we say with classic propaganda, right? Repeat a lie enough, it becomes the truth. That's what we're doing. That's what they have done. It's just not working right now, especially with people like us. But you realize how insulting that is? So the reality is, I mean, mean, let me see if I can actually, I think I might even have that still. Let's see. Uh, let's see. See if I can get this clip to pop up. Let's have this. Yep, there it is. Look at that. Now, here is the video. Now, this is exactly what we knew. And this is all, this is all the way back in 2020. Okay, she admitted to you exactly what was happening. And I forget what state this was in, but it's in the United States. And she's saying what they're pretending they ignore what they're saying now applies after COVID-19. And it really doesn't because that's a blatant lie. The only way that would happen is if if the doctor was aware of the car accident and interpreted that as because of the injection. Like she passed out in the car, but the vast majority of those don't get reported because the doctor doesn't know because the person involved in the accident doesn't associate it with the vaccine. And because if they do get in a car accident, when they pass out at the wheel, they probably die. Right. But let's pretend like that makes sense. And this reality is to say that every single car accident that just happens after injection becomes a Bayer's report is so incredibly dishonest, but it just, it's exactly like everything else they do, but listen to what she has to say. People dying of COVID. So the case definition is is very simplistic. It means at the time of death, um, it, it was a COVID positive diagnosis. So that means that if you were in hospice and had already been given, you know, a few weeks to live, and then you also were found to have COVID, that would be counted as a COVID death. It means that if um, it technically, if even if you died of a 
clear alternate cause, but you had COVID at the same time, it's still listed as a COVID death. So um, everyone who's listed as a COVID death doesn't mean that that was the cause of the death, but they had COVID at the time of death. I hope that's helpful. Oh, it's very, very helpful. And you know what? I haven't followed up on this. I bet you she's no longer, I bet you she got removed or something. Or has been relegated to a very powerless position. Like I would, I'd be interested to find out where she is right now. If she's not in the position anymore, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Quietly pushed away because she said the way you're not supposed to say it, right? The truth is that's been the whole story from the UK to the United States. People were added to that list, even though they knew they didn't. And only now are they pretending like they just discovered that reality because they are allowed to roll it back. Are you telling me that they didn't, they, they were calling this conspiracy theory. There's no new information that made this more clear. They just were told they're allowed to talk about it. We need to see that. So here we are now, after all, two years later, where now here is both Walensky and Fauci making that argument for Vayer's reports to hide the reality when they know damn well that's not true. They, but they know they're bending the truth in a very, like, just about to break way. Because, yes, it could happen, but to argue all of them are like that is... They're lying to you, flat out lying. Protect us against COVID. They don't protect us against every other form of mortality out there. Do we keep numbers of people that died following taking a COVID test from taking this vaccine? Do we have any idea? I'm just asking. Uh, this is my point. Very clearly, do we keep a list of people who have died after taking the vaccine? And she's like, oh, shoot, I'm not, you know, <laughs> look at her face. Now watch how she answers. Come on. I'm sorry. Those who have died after taking died COVID following death? taking the vaccine. Is there any number count? Do we keep records on that that died of just uh, from? Absolutely. Yes. I, I couldn't give you the, the absolute number off the top of my head, but our staff could absolutely get back in touch with you. We, oh, we cool. Those data. Oh, great. No, so they collect all the information on how many people have died just generally after taking it. But we don't get to hear that, huh? I wonder why. I wonder why I wonder why that's not relevant, but you're willing to subjectively branch out on all sorts of other things without any verification. Aren't they Russian? They could be Russian actors, right? You know, that's all that's how they run, but totally on this side of it, we don't get to know how many people have just arbitrarily died or arbitrarily who've died afterward that they're pretending is just unrelevant irrelevant. That's incredible to me. If it was honest and transparent, all of this would be everywhere and we could decide decipher it for ourselves. But they're desperate to hide it from us. Dr. Fauci. Do you have any clue on that? And he toes the line right here completely. Microphone, microphone. Come on. There we go. I'm sorry. I don't have a number, but I think part of the confusion is that when you do a reporting, if you get vaccinated and you walk out, and get hit by a car. Not true. That is considered yeah. a death. I mean, uh, it's, no, that, it's that's not. the thing that gets confusing, that everything yeah. that happens after the vaccination, False. even if you die of something completely, obviously unrelated. Yeah. If you're in the hospital still, if you're waiting in the Walgreens for 15 minutes. Yeah. But are you really going to pretend like that person that walks out of that Walgreens who believes in everything you're saying, and then the next day gets struck by lightning, that we're going to add that to theirs? These people are just blatantly dishonest. Like, this is one of the rare times where I can say, I know as a matter of fact that this liar is blatantly lying to you. He is sitting there knowingly misrepresenting this, even if he's decided it's for some greater good. He's a dishonest person. There's no way around that. And so is she. Or maybe she's just too dumb to know that's not true. But either way, it's obviously not true. 
And what they're doing is now pretending like something they called ridiculous in the beginning is absolutely logical on the other side of this. It makes my, it really does. It makes me physically feel something with how honest, I mean, I, it makes me the most angry. I, the part that makes me most angry is that the other people who want to believe this know they can see that that it just doesn't make sense. And they could also then stand back and go, well, wait a minute, if this makes sense, why wouldn't it have made sense in the beginning around COVID? Why'd we call them conspiracy theorists if he's now making the same exact argument? But people just don't want to put it together because they're afraid of realizing where they really are. It's considered a death. So if I had metastatic cancer, got vaccinated and died two weeks later, that's a death. Okay, now that is a different situation. And also, I don't even know if that's actually the truth because the doctor then makes the decision about whether they should report. These doctors aren't even reporting all of the actual adverse events. That's been admitted to a million times. By other doctors, you're seeing things happen in 15 minutes, you know, whether it's just a sore arm, which you're supposed to report or whether it's anything and they're just not doing it. So then you're you're really going to pretend that they're going to go above and beyond to report they died of cancer two weeks later. That's not happening, but it 100% happened in regard to COVID cases. She just told you that. See how that works? This is calculated, guys. It gets counted. And every one of those is adjudicated. Yeah, one, and one quick question before we get through. I'm in rural Alabama, but I get one of these home tests, and I test positive. I have asymptomatic. What do I do? People call, what do I do? I don't have a doctor around. What do I do? Thank you. So you're asymptomatic? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to skip past this just because it's asymptomatic, by the way, is something that's completely shown to be irrelevant and almost false in this entire conversation. But that's what that they need that still, even though it's been proven in every like multiple studies have shown that it's irrelevant. The million person study found that only 300 people were asymptomatic, none of them transmissible. Again, as always, why? Because they didn't have symptoms. Even Fauci admitted that in the beginning. Respiratory viruses don't spread without symptoms. It's just basic understanding. But it's every COVID has changed everything or they're lying about everything. But the point nonetheless is that asymptomatic, they need that because that's how they can rationalize why people get tested positive and don't get sick or how they continue to have kids that can spread this without any risk of anything. They're just, it's how they're keeping this together. Bubble gum and string, it seems like they're desperately tying this all together and it's falling apart in front of them. But going to the next part, as we just showed you the first part here in regard to specifically hospitalization in that time frame, let's look at the next one. Same point, December 20th, recognizing how desperate they are to use the, the data to lie to you. Just like this. In fact, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised if they were ordered, told to tow this line. Now, it says, all adults in this time frame, 265 not vaccinated. Fully vaccinated, 299. So more, at the very least. Okay, then you can recognize, I recognize the risk has skyrocketed, by the way, since the Omicron situation. Isn't that interesting? Now also recognize how, look at the numbers right here again, 60, it's, you know, 108, almost 180-ish, 170-ish, when you add these three together. So how in the world is it even, I mean, the risk itself is very obviously similar to everybody getting injected, even when they're moving that first 14 days, which is at least almost 50% of the problem. And that even then still the risk is there. So I think it's pretty obviously self-explanatory that the risk for 100,000 is aggressively higher in general, especially when you're honest with the data, if it's almost the same now, but then realize the same, the main point, if this is including 50% of the problem, 
which is where most of this happens in that first 14 days in this category, and they dump it back in here, which is what they admit to you right there, then that means that this number is inaccurate. That means that this should be at least, I don't know, half a time less or however you want to factor that in, but that means that that all should go in this category right here. Then you'll realize that it's only going to get worse in the same fashion, and they're only dumping these back further and shoving you back. And and this is why when you get to the, the UK data, they're just removing this part of it now. They're only showing non not vaccinated versus three dose because this they don't want you to see. They're hiding the problem. And then once you get to third and fourth, they're going to kick it out the same way, acting like that's the only one that matters. There are places all over the world still calling two doses, two doses fully vaccinated, the United States and all, all over the place. Even though they're saying, oh, up to date, we'll get to that in a minute. They're still allowing that to be fully vaccinated, which makes no sense at all. It's just meant to be meaningless. That's why they say, no, don't even look at that anymore. Just trust what we're saying, right? Now here, wait, make sure, making sure I'm not, oh, that's right. Okay, so make sure I was missing something. Here is the graph that we're going to look at that we've already shown you. And just to verify this, that there was a report that came out from, oh, excuse me, Joel Smalley. Verifying this on the actual Alberta statistics, which I'll show you, but this is the graph that's so important, right? This over here, this graph is showing you that 14 or within 14 days, this is what Alberta accidentally released. The majority of cases, the majority of hospitalizations and the majority, the vast majority of deaths are well within 14 days of the first shot. Look at that. That is staggering. And that's exactly why they then hid that from everybody, right? So if you look at the, this is, this is the way back machine version. So you'll be able to see it still here right there. But if you look at the current version from today, you'll see that it's gone. And ask yourself why that would be, right? Why would they remove this graph well, and in fact, why would they why would they kind of shut the site down, hide the information, tell it's for something else, lie about why it's happening, and then remove the graph that shows it? Like completely remove it. Because they're hiding it from you. I mean, there's no way to misunderstand that. So here's deaths from Ireland in the same exact point. Here's 28 days positive test, which is the point as always, which means they could have died from other things too. 30, 30th August to January 16th, and then December 20th forward. Same point. All adults, 125 deaths, not injected. Look at that jump. 452, almost more, three times or more in the fully vaccinated category. Now check this out. Same point, but far, far more obvious. And that's because as we pointed out, the, the main point is that deaths are 55.6. That's the main point. The vast majority, the majority, over the majority are in the first 14 days. And that's exactly why, if you look at the number, the risk per 100,000 for people that are not injected, all of them combined is 4.2 per 100,000. The risk for partially injected is 3.6. So that means that a vast portion of that 4.2 is actually over in the partially vaccinated. They admitted that. Then realize that the fully vaccinated is 1.9. Then realize that when you combine these two, look at that. It's higher. So people who have been injected in general have a higher risk than the not vaccinated right now in Ireland. And that's not even including the manipulation from the 14 days. This is my point, guys. It's going to get worse. 
it's going to keep getting more stark and they're going to keep finding ways to try to dance away from the, the data. Now, here's one way they're doing it right now. It's weird. That's fully vaccinated, right? Wait a minute. Didn't this one include something else? Oh, that's right. It did. It included the fully boosted third, the third boot, <laughs> the booster in quotes, because it's not a booster if it's part of the regimen, right? It's so stupid. But why would they include the third shot on the hospitalization and then weirdly omitted on the deaths? Well, because I can tell you right now that the booster in regard to the deaths in Scotland, especially is weirdly high. So they're just arbitrarily choosing to remove it. There's no scientific reason. They just don't want you to look at it right now. This is the same old saying, well, let's look over 50 only and older 50 only and bunch those together because that's how we found a way to make it look what we like it. It's such an obvious manipulation. Now, 20 and forward. Same point exactly. 25 not vaccinated, 63 fully. All right, and you add the rest of them, but the point is not is 18 and partially nine, fully 4.9. The point is a huge portion of that should be here because yet again, they admitted to that. They admitted that they are playing this game with 14 days and there's no scientific reason for it at all. Now you should read this article from Joel Smalley, who points to sources everything and says again, actually, I'll just show it to you right from the horse's mouth here. Here's the Alberta website that says it exactly. Again, in case you were wondering whether we were mistaken somehow, this is where it says it right here for 71% of cases. They were unvaccinated or just simply diagnosed within two weeks of the first dose. Okay. So that means the people that got one dose and then were told they were sick within first 14 days, that was counted as unvaccinated. Plain as day. Here's 80% of hospitalizations were unvaccinated or diagnosed within two weeks. Okay. So if 80% of this happened there, that means that 50% of that number was in fact one dose. Here's 75% of the deaths were unvaccinated or within two weeks. Why? It's amazing that they would even state that. But the point is they ended up removing the information that made that clear. Now, here is the show where I go over this. If you want to look at it again, Alberta accidentally posts, then deletes data showing that, that the pandemic of the injected is very, very clear. Now, he also follows up with another report that shows you something else that's interesting. And you can read this one even further, which it turns out that not only are they moving the one down before 14 days, but he argues they're doing the same thing and shuffling them all down 14 days and 14 days. And just keep doing that and keep dumping it down. Into, it, 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 it's a way to constantly manipulate this to make it look how it gives them a tool to use. So when they look at it, it looks a certain way. Well, they can go, well, let's add 14 days, see what that looks like. Let's add one, see what it looks like. Let's remove those, see what it looks like. Let's do over 50 only and see what that looks like. Oh, there it is, right? That's what you're doing. It's called p-hacking and they're lying to you. But here you can follow up on this for yourself. Now, just in case you forgot, For those that are right now screaming that all those are the bottom line here in regard to the pandemic of the injected is that even the CDC, even the UK, even I mean, all of them are right now grudgingly admitting that the vast majority of the cases are people that are injected. Now, you can get into the risk per 100,000 if you want to, but let's also make sure we understand that that actual risk for cases is also very clearly in the side of the injected. I wasn't going to include this, but I figured since I'm making this argument, I'll show it to you myself, just like I did last time. That Here's the breakdown of the risk, right? This is the cases. This, these are the cases for the last week report. And this is the risk per 100,000. And of course, this is my point about how they just removed the dose too, which is because that's skyrocketing right now in this group. But look at the risk. 
in almost every single category, I think, save for this one, which is basically the same number. So it also doesn't make sense with their, their argument. Their argument is the majority will be there, but it's going to be a, a just a proportion of it. Most of it will be the unvaccinated. Nope, not true. Every category all the way to the bottom is, in some cases, almost double or more than double the risk. So the majority and the risk. Hope that's clear. And that's what it says right here. In individuals aged greater than 30, the rate of a positive test is higher in the vaccinated individuals than compared to unvaccinated. Now, they, there people out there that don't want to hear this are arguing that we're only pointing to a majority. That's not what that says. Read it. Digest it. You have a higher risk of getting sick. Own that because they're even telling you that now. Right now, if you've got one shot, two shots, or three shots, you have a higher risk of getting sick. Period. In the UK, at the very least, because that's what it tells you right there, but it's also in Scotland, also in every other place we've just pointed to, and also in the United States. They just are hiding this from you. Then realize that the risk for 1,000 down here in the hospitalizations and deaths are also using the same manipulation. And that's made blatantly clear by how they've already removed those two. This category includes before 14 days. That's my, that, this is what we need to understand in this. Now here, oh, the, the, this is one right here. This is the next week. So this is week three. This is week four. This is the most recent one. It says the same thing. Same thing. And I'll show it to you next week. Right now, higher risk. Higher in the vaccinated compared to unvaccinated. So that is what it looks like to see a pandemic of the injected. Majority of cases in this country, in the world for that matter, it seems like right now, and the and the risk higher in every category of catching and spreading it. So they're spreading it amongst themselves, catching it more than anybody. And by the way, that guarantees that they are the ones spreading it to the unvaccinated more than anybody. You know why? Well, of course, that's of course if they don't have natural immunity. If they do, they're good to go based on all the science we have in front of us. But the point is that that person out there that never caught it, who was uninjected, they're the ones at risk from the vaccinated right now based on all the data we have. Now, why are they hiding that from everybody? Why are they refusing to address that? Because it tears their narrative apart. Because they've already demonized the uninjected as the terrible people, but they're the ones you're putting at risk right now. Because if the majority of people are vaccinated, as they keep telling us, the number keeps going up, they say, and then they're also the most spreading it, and it's the majority, it's a clear risk. You're putting them at risk. It's ridiculous. I mean, by this point, the logic should be that they should, the injected should be wearing masks and isolated and quarantined, but I'm not calling for that. Because that's crazy, and it should be their choice. Now, one last point on the Ireland point that the person who shared it with me pointed out that I do think is interesting. Just to show you the, uh, another insight into a possible obvious manipulation. It says their total vaccinations are 3.6 million. 3,664,503. Right? And this is, this is then it, well, then it shows down here, total people that have gotten one dose. 1,414,000. Now, as always, remember, this is just one dose. Now, that is also included in the do two-dose number. Two doses. Oh, let's just start with this, by the way. Here's the Northern Ireland population, 1.885 million. And this is from 2019, so I'm sure it's up a little bit from there, but realize that that's, then this is three over 3.6 million injections. And then only 1.3 million two doses and only 19,003 doses. Okay. And then, oh, by the way, <laughs> just so we're clear on this, recognize that they're already calling a fourth boost. Uh, this is the fourth dose, a booster. 
because here's three doses right here, but there's already nine or, I mean, this doesn't make sense to me if that's what, this is confusing as hell, but here's the point. How in the world does that add up to 3 million, 3.6 million? I mean, recognize guys that because if the boosters are only 19 and even if it was a hundred thousand, you're that this guarantees, if this number is correct, that people are getting way more than three or four shots. Then it also shows that, in my opinion, that the number is probably just wrong entirely because they're lying about what they're doing or however you want to look at it. We've been lied to. But there was a point that I want, I think I moved here. I'll wait. I'll probably just get to it as I don't want to have to search for it, but we just have to see how this is clearly overshot or we're being lied to or they're playing with the data just like we're showing you everywhere else. Interesting. Now, on, in regard to the fourth shot and the, the illusion of that and the safety around it and how we're right now giving people something that's only increasing their risk based on everything we know, because as Jordan Satchel also points out that I've been screaming about, and I already showed this tweet, most of the Israeli population is about to be coerced into taking a fourth shot for the original strain, which is no longer, which no longer circulates anywhere, according to their data. That's a fact, according to their data. He's just pointing out that they're being, they're right now doing the fourth shot for, for 18 and older, even though they already said it doesn't work, right? That's why I, that's what I pointed out here. Here is the Israeli trial, the world's first finds a fourth dose is just not good enough. And then the next, the same day they come out and say, do it because we say experts. I mean, they don't even try to explain why that makes sense. It's ridiculous. As I said, how did these two titles days apart even remotely make sense? You, it only makes sense when you realize that this isn't being driven by science. Now, here's one of the parts I wanted to reiterate. Oh, that, that's what I was going to add to that part. Uh, just while I'll do it really quickly before I forget. We're talking about people getting repeated doses. Oh, that's right. But there's a later part in this, but I'll come back to it. I'm sorry. I'm, I knew I should have done it. <laughs> I finally remember. But there's a part in this where he's telling you, this guy, remember, he's already starting to ponder where he might need his sixth. This guy got two doses in a trial, then got two doses afterward, then got another dose after that, then got one more after that. Why? Because they're allowing that to happen. Nothing scientifically backs that up. That's dangerous by any stretch of the imagination. I'm go, go out and get four flu shots in a row. Are they going to say that's okay? No, they're going to say, whoa, we don't even know what would happen. Yeah, same point. Especially when you talk about a gene therapy, mRNA manipulated back. Yeah, that's going to be alarming, but it's happening. But before we go to that, I'll come back to it in a second. The point here is how does this even make sense? Why are we pushing a shot right now that they know is designed for something that's not there? Even as, and this is the important part, this is a recent article from The Atlantic where they're making the argument, as they all know, that explains why this shot shouldn't be given, even as they force it on you. And I genuinely think it's because they need people to be involved in this, right? We as the case control, the controls are proving that this is dangerous. And on top of that, I genuinely think they need people to get the other ones, the second, the third, because they're keeping them on the hook. Because remember, after the three-month period, it starts to get pretty dangerous. In fact, a 76% increase in the risk of catching it, Omicron specifically, if you've gotten Pfizer. We'll come back to that as, as, as well. But see, if they go after that, well, you're, they're going to see an explosion in the problem that looks like the vaccinated are the problem. Just, just, just a surface level opinion, but it seems like that's what's happening, doesn't it? And then on top of that, if they keep this going, you're hooked into the platform. 
But it says, and someday there will probably will be a fourth dose. Right, which is what you should know by now. That Israel's already pushing it. It's going to be just like going to follow suit. If not more, they say, experts told me. Right, so where are these experts? Why aren't they saying that on the news? Right, why aren't these experts that Atlantic can just tap into? Why aren't they on the news going, of course, we're going to have a third one, a fourth one. It's all going to become because we know that. Well, they're not saying that. They're trying to keep you calm by going, no, 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 it's going to go away tomorrow. Just go back to normal if you get your shot. But it's only going to be three. It'll be over. It'll be over. All these people towing the line are desperate for this to be over because they're the only ones suffering at this point. But it says many immunocompromised people who don't respond well to vaccines, which is what we should take from that, they don't respond well to vaccines, already need them, which I've shown you a thousand times. It shows in Pfizer documentation that they never studied immunocompromised people. They don't know if it's safe in immunocompromised people, yet they push it on them anyway. It doesn't make sense. But it says we might, for instance, pivot to an Omicron-specific vaccine in a few months. Yeah, for something that we don't need, that's not more dangerous, that in fact many experts, even the mainstream, say we should let circulate, and now they've already almost done with it, they're already testing it on people, why didn't they make it for Delta? Nobody wants to answer these questions, They just, because this was part of some kind of triggered plan. If Delta's still around in the spring, though, we'll have to verify that Omivax works against both. Okay, so now we're just going to flip-flop between what comes next. How about you just get natural immunity and you're good anyway? Shh, don't talk about that. Even as they're openly admitting right now that they've always been wrong about that. That's how ridiculous all this is getting. And I'll get to that in the end of the show, especially for people who haven't gotten the shots, right? So why in the world would I go out and get one shot right now when I've had none that's based on original strain that has no bearing on what's happening? You're admitting to that. And then a second and then a third Israel fourth based on something that's not there while they're telling you they're making something for this new thing because it's not around anymore. How do they pretend this makes sense? Right? You're, tell- it's a- you're telling us to go out and get that first shot while you're saying it no longer makes sense for the people who've gotten two and three. <laughs> it says we'll also need to prepare for the possibility of a new variant. that could. Uh, yep, because they always want to keep you on the hook for that. No matter what it says, no matter what they say, our next dose probably shouldn't be an exact repeat of the ones we're getting. <laughs> so they're saying, oh, they, they, it, but get the first one, though, for something that's not around. It doesn't help you. That in fact, could hurt you if you have natural immunity, which most people do. But we shouldn't get that one, though, even though that's what they're telling you on the news. They shouldn't get the one modeled off the original spike. You see how crazy it is that we're saying this and being censored for saying this. And here's what the experts are telling Atlantic they shouldn't be doing. This is this broke us, guys, and they think they meant to do this. It says it, but here's what's funny to me, by the way. Not funny, I guess. You know, in a sad way, it broke the wrong people. It seems like it seems like this broke the people that were supposed to be on their side. When those of us that were pushing back are aware of that now and it's going, "Hooray, we took, we made the right choice." Right, It didn't break those that were fighting back, did it? It seems to have broken those that are towing the line. But it says it might not be ideal for the immune system to be told yet again, or for the first time when it's not in existence, this is the version of the spike to pay attention to. So what doesn't that show you all you need to see? Why would I take a shot that tells me to pay attention to a spike that's currently not there? It's simple. That spike's pretty much defunct. They say it right there. So why would it make sense for one dose, but not for the third one, but for the first one? Because they're towing a line. So, and and they're, sp- they're spinning out. They don't even understand how to explain this. Such a tactic would be like asking students to study a decades-out-of-date textbook before a grueling final exam. 
exactly our point. In addition, and then assuming that pretending like that exam could kill you too, right? Immune cells could, in a sense, get hung up on ideas that are no longer terribly useful, right? To, To pivot into some abstract analogy. How about we're clear about it? How about the fact that you're making immune cell, you're, you're producing antibodies that could hurt you? A version of this phenomenon is called imprinting. Happens with flu viruses. It says people's bodies just get so distracted by old flu strains that they don't steal themselves properly against new ones, even while given updated vaccines. Exactly. And this is how you explain why people get the flu shot and then still get the flu. Now, and that's not even to talk about how the flu shot can, in fact, get you sick. But the point we're talking about here, that very obviously, that this is a way that you're being, your body, remember the times they got caught over and over by giving you the same old flu shot from the year before, even though they're arguing it's the new one for the new strain? Well, here's the point. It's just about the sales and the push and the control. And it always has been, as even the WHO called them out for. And I won't show it again. For those in the chat, make sure all the people that haven't seen it before, where the WHO literally called out how they were lying about the flu and called out the disease experts. But the point is, we're making this for something that's not there. That's what's happening. So here, remember, as she's telling you, now it's up to date. As I told you, all they did was alter the information to scare those that they were afraid to scare away the two-time jab from their side. So they're playing this dance back and forth between, well, you're kind of still up vaccinated, but you're not up to date. That's meaningless if that's the case. You can't be fully vaccinated and not up to date within what they're telling you. They mean the same thing. They're pushing this. Even while they're no, and again, that's the point that they're making there is they're telling you to go out and get your booster. Go out and get the third thing that doesn't work. It doesn't have any effect on what's currently happening. Because we know we're making something for the next thing. Why would they do that? Because they know this doesn't make sense. We know it's not working because it's making something that's fighting against a spike burning that's not there. They're admitting this. Then going, take it though. How do you make sense of that? And on top of that, as they're making an injection right now for something specifically tailored to something we don't need to fight against, they're like, oh, there's a new thing. Omicron offshoot. That's just, it's a sub variant. It's a, Stealth Omicron, or it's nothing, or it's the flu, or it's something that came from monkeys, or who knows? It could be anything based on how they just report whatever comes in front of them lately. How about we get to the reality that they're already scaring you about a new variant? Meanwhile, it turns out it's something they knew about five years ago that isn't dangerous, and they've already known that. We'll get to that. Speaking with the pandemic, governments around the world are tracking the spread of what is considered to be an offshoot of the Omicron variant. Scientists have labeled it BA.2. It's nicknamed the stealth variant because it's more difficult to detect and it has become an increasingly dominant source of coronavirus infections in Denmark and India. Okay, so let's play with this for a second. Remember the whole point of how this was used? The only way they're arguing, and by the way, this has already gone aggressively into any PCR test with a S gene dropout is now Omicron. Even though the CDC still has it stated on their website right now that you have to genetically sequence it. You don't know for sure. And in fact, you could have an S gene dropout and it could not be Omicron. And you could have an S gene dropout and it could be Omicron or whatever, vice versa. You could have it where it goes either way and it could be the opposite. So it's not for sure. And yet they're using it that way anyway. And we already reported to you that the moment that Omicron jumped and spiked, Guess what dropped to nothing in all of these locations? Genetic sequencing. It's almost like they just stopped doing it because you know what? They did. Now they're focusing on the S gene dropout. And that was verified by the graphs they put out. 
Now, they're going to still st- say things like genetic sequencing, just like we caught them saying that about things in the beginning that turned out to be false, because the, the media says things they think are narrative-supported. The point being that this right in front of you could be, an, if, if this is a new part of it, even harder to detect, which we already know, that means that it's something else that's not showing up. The lack of, S, the yes gene dropout before Omicron, in many cases, was called a, a false test, that it was a, or excuse me, a negative test. So what before was being was was you didn't have it became you have Omicron. Think about that. Then we're staring at this now. It's harder to detect. What does that mean exactly? Is there less things that are showing up? Yes. That means this is even more rapidly everywhere, maybe because it's nothing. Right? Where where is everything? We don't see everything exploding in regard to the risk other than the, the injected. That's the whole point. The cases are exploding all over the place in regard to the injected. So maybe BA2 is the injection. I mean, I, I'm just throwing things out there. The bottom line is, guys, this doesn't make sense. And it seems like a a fear-mongering tool based on something that is completely subjective. Let's bring in Professor Tobias Kurt. He's an epidemiologist and works at the Charité Hospital in Berlin. Hello, sir. So we are already struggling to deal with Omicron, and now... Now, why exactly are we struggling to deal with Omicron? I mean, that's that's flagrantly untrue. They've all admitted that the hospitalizations and deaths in a general sense are way down from what was happening before. But we're struggling because that's just what you say, right? Version of it. How dangerous is this subvariant? It's difficult to say at this moment. Oh, great. So we don't know. So we don't know if it's more dangerous, but let's all yell about how much dangerous it could be. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? We don't know. So that means it could be. How about we also say that means it could be nothing so we don't even talk about it and scare people about something that we know nothing about. But no, let's intellectually dissect this thing that we know nothing about. Go for, for data to really judge how transmissible this virus is, this new variant is. And, and that should end the interview right there. So, so you don't know? Okay, thank you, sir. How severely people get infected. We also need to weigh data if vaccination helps, which however is expected. So we don't even know if the injection helps. How fun is that? So... Where has this subvariant been detected so far? India, Denmark, as you said, I think also in the UK, and it's uh, expected to also appear in other countries. Interesting places. Really, how concerned should we be, though? I think we shouldn't be uh, more concerned than we were uh, before. The situation will remain dynamic. New variables. Yeah, it's all, at this point now, it's just wildly hypothetical. But the point is, he just we shouldn't be more concerned. Why is this being hyped? Just because it was before, right? Just like we reported about Omicron, and now we know as a matter of fact, because of everything we've seen in the real world data, that it is not more dangerous. Just like with Delta, transmissible, less dangerous. Same thing here. So, and he now he's going the new thing. We don't even know. It's not more dangerous. Same point. But as long as they don't know, they love to breathlessly report what they don't know because that's great journalism, isn't it? Now, here is one of the things I want to include. At three, I've been showing the three of them, but I'll include this one just to continue to show you that they know because the science has already shown that the third or the fourth or the fifth injection goes the same route. They tell you that ultimately the booster decays down to a difference of just 1.3, one being baseline, which means it's barely meaningful. Then it says in the second month, and it became small and insignificant in the third to fourth months. The rate and magnitude of this post-booster decline in the viral load reduction effectiveness mirror the same things 
they observed post the second dose, meaning the third does the same. And it says these results suggest rapid waning of the booster's effectiveness and reducing infectiousness. The whole point is the study shows you that that a shot of the same thing, whether two, three, four, or five, does the same thing. It goes away pretty damn quickly. The data shows you that it starts waning almost instantly. And after the second month, it becomes almost meaningless. That's why they're going third, third, get the third, get the fourth, keep it going. So why would you push something that they know is not having an effect in regard to how they told you it would, that we know he's even telling you that we don't know if it has, or how about this, that we're seeing the people taking this thing are the ones that are dramatically increasing the spread of this thing. And we know that the spread of this is what arguably continues to create what they're telling you is there. This is all based on their narrative, understand? They're not even saying that we necessarily have to believe all this stuff. What they're saying historically is how they, it's all right in front of you. If what we've been taught about respiratory viruses before all this applies, then what's happening to the injected with their mass spread of cases, whether or not they're at more risk, is obviously the biggest issue, especially since we're now seeing the majority of hospitalizations, the majority of deaths and cases in those categories, and because they have a higher viral load and because on and on and on and on. But again, just take a dance back to what they were telling you this thing did before we got here. That's this one you're looking at. This thing that clearly barely goes over 50%. It was the one he screened was 100% effective in not suppressing symptoms, but preventing preventing cases. That's transmission, guys. He's lying to you right? He's always been lying to you. That's always been the point. Or whether maybe he's the one being lied to, I don't know, but that's not true. It's as simple as that. They're desperate to keep you thinking that they haven't misled you. During 2021, we should be able to manufacture a lot of vaccines and, and that vaccine, a uh, key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the just for fun. But you've also seen Rachel Maddow and all the rest of them. They told you it was about transmission. And now all the blue checks are screaming how dumb we are for not realizing it was never about transmission. Like, I mean, some of them must see that video. And I don't know what they think. They just don't care. But 100% effective. Now, that was in, a t- in its time, even that was relative, which means it was a fraction of a percentage difference which means it didn't have any real effect for actual safety for most people. But at the end of the day, 100% was ridiculous then. It's it's just as ridiculous now, especially as we see it's not even remotely close. So was he wrong? Was he lying? Was the study not done properly? Maybe we should talk to Brooke Jackson about that, right? But then realize that this was done in South Africa, which I find very interesting because South Africa is also where this Omicron thing was supposedly risen up from, actually Botswana, and then into South Africa. We also know here that South Africa is having more problems. It's something interesting happening here, guys. But the, po- the point to take away, right now they're telling you what to think. Just like they were back in April 2021. And just like when we said, that's not true, people in April 2021 on Blue Checks and Twitter and everywhere else said, you're, cre- you're so stupid. Don't you listen to the experts? The experts know. Just like when J- uh, Sajid Javid got confronted by that doctor, he goes, oh, we listened to the experts. He was talking about Pfizer. He was talking about people like the disease experts, like Fauci. They're not the experts, not in the sense that we should be listening to them because even the WHO said they have ulterior motives. They were telling you this was the fact and you couldn't challenge that otherwise you were censored. Here we are. Now, if you look this up right now, just type this in, where this is actually going and understand that this is what he's telling you basically down here and what they're telling you everywhere else is this is going to continue. We're going to continue this process. 
Now, right now on the website, it talks about the up-to-date situation, but it's not an accident that they keep this in the metadata. That's my opinion. There are, they are pretty wildly incompetent in a lot of ways, but especially when it comes to this stuff. But this, for those that run websites, you know that this is a different section where you can update the title and different things, but you also have a meta section where you can update like the little the part that shows here in the title. Now, this website still shows, as it says, everyone is still considered fully vaccinated two weeks after their second dose. And that also shows you the two weeks after part, which means that the two weeks before still counts in the one dose. And then the 14 days of that goes back to the unvaccinated. It's very clear. But that's not actually the case then, is it? Because they're saying something different. But I think they want people to search and go, oh, okay, good. Because they want those people to be on their side. Here's what, it's still, here's what it says now. The same website, by the way, January 21st, choosing your COVID booster shot. It says three COVID-19 vaccines are authorized or approved for use in the United States to prevent COVID-19. So they're including the one they claim is well, the one that they did approve that's not there. That they're claiming it's in the United States. But then look what they list off. They say, okay, there was three of them. And Pfizer, Biotech, or Moderna are preferred. You may get Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Okay, there's you just listed three. I, I don't, you, you said authorized and approved. I'm confused. COVID vaccines are, are authorized and approved. They're putting in the mix the approved word hoping to manipulate you into thinking that when they say Pfizer and biotech, that that means the approver. It doesn't. That's why they were explicit. They said that it's legally distinct. Comernity is how you have to call the approved version. If you say Pfizer biotech, it's not approved. Whatever, whatever their fraudulent understanding of these days, that means to them. They're still using the emergency authorized version and, and tricking people into thinking it's proof because that they don't ha- they have indemnity for the emergency authorized version. And once they can get this to be approved for children, they can get indemnity for everything. That's what they're pushing for before they have to pretend and let the cat out of the bag, in my opinion. So also recognize if they're saying they have three vaccines and then list off three that aren't community, I just make sure it's clear. They list the three right there. Community's not listed. And they, and they imply one of those three are approved. They're lying to you. The CDC knows this. And they're the ones that stress legally distinct, and yet they don't even include, include it. This, these people are f- overflowing with dishonesty. But then down here, you'd think, oh, it's li- nope, not listed. Where's community then? They don't even use the word community. But yet they're saying approved. They're implying this one, and they're lying to you. Then it says, at least five months after. Moderna, at least five months after, two months after the Johnson & Johnson. But here's what's interesting. Oh, wait, it was... uh... Oh, that's weird. Wait. Oh, that's right. I was got confused there for a second. So this was was the basically choosing your booster shot page. This is up to date. This was the main point. So this is their up to date page. Actually, I take what I said back earlier. I think that's this one. No, that is boosters. Okay. Either way, same argument. Up to date. This is the new term for fully injected. Same exact thing. All it means is now they can just make it into four, five, six thousand, whatever they want to. Up to date, they tell you, means a person has received all recommended COVID injections, including booster doses. Which, if it's up to date, it's not a booster. I mean, again, this is the inherently contradictory idea. Even Fauci said that. If it's now part of the regimen, it's not a booster. He said that. But they're going to keep calling it this because all those that are two-dosed, they're desperate to keep them on their side. 
But guess what it says down here? Fully vaccinated means a person has received their primary series. They're right now openly saying that you're fully injected if you've got two, yet you're not up to date unless you've got three. It's the same damn thing. Up to date is the only barrier that means anything, right? Because understand that they're telling you if you don't have the third, but if you're not up to date, you can't get the access to these things. So if you're fully vaccinated with two, that's a political thing now. You're you're pretending you're good because they tell you you're good, even though you still can't do the things they tell you you should be able to once you get that phrase. It's meaningless. And that's eventually going to shift, understand. But realize that they're just doing this to conflate the issue. You're, if How can you be fully injected if you're not up to date with injections? Oh, for crying out loud, this is so dumb. It really does give me a physical reaction. COVID-19 vaccines available in the United States are effective at protecting people from getting seriously ill, they say. Well, that doesn't seem to be backed up by what's happening in Scotland or in the United States or the UK or anywhere else for that matter, or getting hospitalized or dying. No, doesn't seem to back that. No, understand, I'm not saying the the... Risk is more, even though that does, that's exactly what Scotland's data is telling you, but that's not actually what I'm saying right here. You see, what I'm saying is how can they be effective at protecting you from getting seriously ill, hospitalized or dying? If right now the majority of people, regardless of the, how many have the shot in hospital and dying are people that are injected. That doesn't sound like it's perfecting, effectively protecting anybody. I I mean that, and again, this is why I said in the beginning, I understand their argument. I just don't think that makes sense. Even if the risk is higher for the people who are uninjected, it doesn't add up to argue that this is effective if you if the majority are in that category. Going back to what they said in that other, the, the other point, if a large portion was, and that large portion was 15%, well, I, you, could, you could go along with that. That makes sense. Not 56%, not 70%, not 80%. Because that's what's happening in the UK data or Scotland. You're finding that 80% of the hospitalizations are on the side of the fully injected. But they just go with the risk. But Scotland doesn't back that up. Ireland doesn't back that up. How do we explain that? Who cares, conspiracy theorists? It says, as with vaccines for other diseases, people who are up to date are optimally protected. Okay, go back to this. How can you be fully injected if you're not optimally protected? They just said you're not. Because up to date, optimally protected. So you're telling me I'm fully injected, but yet I'm not optimally protected? <laughs> like, imagine the person writing this out. <laughs> it's just so embarrassing. CDC recommends that everybody five years or older get their primary dose. The primary series. So right now, they're saying even the kids that don't need this should go out and get the injections that are are using are producing something that fights against the spike protein that's not currently there wherever that point was. Where were we? I got lost. Oh, that was that one from Jordan right there. I mean, we have to wrap this into the conversation because I don't feel like anybody and the alt media is really focusing on this. This is flagrant. And this has been discussed from many of the experts that are called conspiracy theorists from the beginning. The doctors and PhDs that came out. James Lyons Weiler has been screaming about this for months. And I don't know why most people aren't picking up on this. This seems like a huge part of this manipulation, right? If you're telling the five-year-olds who haven't gotten any shot to start getting the two shots, even as you're making a shot for something because this one's not working or it's not tailored just right, why would you tell, why would you say wait to get the new good thing? 
Why would you say, get the thing that's not working, it's going to make you sicker afterward? It doesn't make any sense other than the fact that they're desperate to get everybody to do it for some other ulterior motive. And then again, many people who are immunocompromised may need an additional dose. It's just painful to me that they keep putting this in there, and I just happen to have it right here. Here it is. Use in immunocompromised patients is not known because they were excluded from the trial. Probably because right in the beginning, they were shown to be catastrophically affected. And so too are they now. If they don't know if it's safe, which is, this is the last report right here from, and this is specifically on Comirnaty, right? So I thought if you want to argue us different, well, you can't argue both ways, can you? November 25th, risk management plan, missing information. What this is under. They don't have all the information for this stuff, whether it's safe in pregnancy, whether it's safe in immunocompromised people or safe in old people with comorbidities, safe in autoimmune people, safe with other vaccines like the flu vaccine, or simply saying that we don't have the long-term data. That is unknown at the present. This whole, this sheet alone blows apart any mainstream narrative, but they just don't, they pretend it's not there. I don't even like the guy, like the people on Twitter that would argue we're so completely lost and we're misunderstanding everything would, they just would absolutely run screaming from this document or pretend that we, it was fake or we don't know or whatever. It says right there, immunocompromised may need it. And that document from Pfizer says, we don't know if it's safe for them, but yeah, let's give it to him anyway. Pfizer Biotech, which again is not Comirnaty, which they're telling you is approved on this website, even though it's not because the CDC is lying to you, are recommending it for five years old and up. Even though they have less of one in a million chance of dying, this risk is dramatically less than the flu for them. And even Fauci and Walensky are now making that argument for after the injection. Right? You don't just combine all the risk, do you? Right? You can't. Well, the CDC just said on, the, or rather, the, it was uh, Ireland, or the Ireland data and the CDC and all the rest of them. They just said at the bottom of their document, well, you know, risk of hospitalization with these older people, well, they could die from it, not with it. And that matters. And we have to sense, put that out. Yeah, exactly. So the point is the same. You can't combine all the risk and then pretend five-year-olds are at risk if you're going to remove that and argue that they don't after the fact. Like, it's so clearly manipulative, you know, to hide the, the vaccine problems and say, well, they were just old and so on. Fully vaccinated, again, it says two weeks after final dose. So right, even right there, it tells you very clearly that the two-week period is manipulated back into one. So you're not, you still have technically one until you go 14 days after two. It's just so ridiculous. But how are you fully injected if you haven't gotten the booster, which claims you're up to date? But then finally, what I showed you a moment ago, explain this to me. How come it's 14 days after every single dose until you get the booster and then, okay, we're good. You're up to date right afterward. Anybody? I mean, is there new science that somehow says that it was never right? And if that's the case, why are you still telling people to wait for 14 days after the first dose? This is how they're manipulating the data. That's my opinion. How can you just arbitrarily remove a scientific standard if it's not rooted in science? I think it's pretty conclusive that the 14 days were established after the trials because that's when, and by the way, it's backed up by the trials. They kicked out a lot of people that got sick right away, claiming it was from before. We're now seeing that was why that happened. That's why the 14 period of days got arbitrarily set by the companies who have a profit motive and the governments and the people like Fauci just went with it. And now here we are. And now here they are removing it for the booster. 
I think we're going to see this. They're altering this to change for how they want it to look based on what they know. And I don't, I mean, we also know this changed. We know they added tromethamine to all these different shots. We know a lot of stuff happened and that's been verified. Now they remember that was in the fact check. They said, yes, they did do that. But the argument they said was fake news. What they did was what they is that they did it to fight away the myocarditis and the heart attacks because tromethamine is used in that exact purpose. It's pretty hard to miss that, isn't it? But sure, let's pretend it wasn't added for heart attacks. It was still changed. How do you change the injection ingredients without new safety trials? Nobody cares because tromethamine has its own safety profile that acts that says all sorts of things they're not adhering to. But all the people in the fake in the world of fake news that they're claiming we are—that's confusing. All the people calling us fake news refuse to acknowledge this stuff. And again, to finish on this point, or not in this, or this point specifically, after all of it, after everything forcing the shot on you that's not applying to a current spike protein and everything we've talked about, it you're dramatically increasing your risk after three months. After 90 days forward, your risk of getting sick with Omicron increases by 76%. Dirk, like, like, here's the point. After 60 days, your Pfizer injection is only 9% effective, and that's relative reduction. Understand that right now, it's only 55 at the start, Pfizer. The point being, and this is the the point we made before, Moderna is 36, which that means it should be pulled from emergency authorization immediately. It didn't, though, because they don't care about the facts and the rules. But if it's only 55% effective right out of the gate, and that's relative, which means it's even more meaningless, Goes down to 16 after after 30 days. After one month, it's down to 16% effective relative risk reduction. 60 days is nine. Why do you think they're trying to aggressively get you to get this after three months? All around the world. And that three-month period was already established as not vaccinated by the St. Louis County government like seven months ago. And then they removed it. We've shown you that a thousand times. This was pre-established. I think they knew something about this. Bottom line is, whatever I think, If you have a 76% increased risk of getting Omicron after 90 days, I think they're aggressively trying to stave off what's going to create the undeniable picture of the injection causing the problem by getting everybody that's already got them to get the next one, the next one, the next one, and however they're doing this, however they're tweaking the next thing to stop this from happening. They're trying to stop this, I think. And then if we get the first ones, they can dump us into unvaccinated. Right, the more one shots you can get, the more you can kick that first problem down into the other problem. You see how that works? So they're desperately trying to get all the first ones too. I'm talking about people that may be aware of how this is being manipulated. This is all completely hypothetical. It's my opinion. But the data you're looking at while I speak about this is undeniable. This is Pfizer's document. Here just to see the main page. This is the this is Pfizer's study in regard to Oh, excuse me. I, uh, this is a JAMA research. This is from JAMA peer-reviewed research. And this is uh, specifically around these injections and the Pfizer injection. But this is peer-reviewed research on the JAMA network. But as the CDC continues to tell you that five-year-olds should get the injection still right now, even if they've never had any, based on everything we just told you, that right now challenges the WHO. I thought we weren't supposed to do that, right? Um, against Omicron, many of the vaccines have shown a reduction in efficacy against uh, infection. And that's why we see a lot of breakthrough infections, but these are mostly um, not resulting in severe disease. So 
so that's a positive. Exactly. Um, there is some waning which occurs over a period of time. And we've seen that uh, there's a slight drop in the protection, again, mostly against infection. No, no. She's just repeating what she's been told. You know, look, she's getting information from people like the CDC and different groups. And that, what we just showed you is the fact. We just showed you the reports. And this is actually from January 18th. So ours is more up to date anyway. The point is, it's not a slight reduction. We just showed it's a dramatic. It starts at 55% relative risk reduction. It goes down to 16 to 9 to negative efficacy. It goes down to 76% increased risk. Now that's not even factoring in that when you take that first shot, and this is exactly, by the way, guys, this is exactly why, I wish I had this pulled up. I just remembered this, but this is exactly why this, wherever that was right here is so important because remember the study we showed you before, it, it makes it very clear that your risk of catching COVID-19 of any strain increases by 50% in the first nine days. Just because it then drops into what they, what they think is positive efficacy after that, that's okay, apparently. So explain to me why you can create an injection that increases your risk of getting sick for the first nine, it was nine to 12 days. Then you can recognize that the vast majority of the problems you're pointing at to the unvaccinated are happening in that time frame. That looks orchestrated to me. It really does. God, I want to grab that study, but I know I'm able to find it very fast. But where, where'd we go there? Here we are. Okay. So we're talking about forcing this on children that don't need it at a time when we can see that the risk is spiking in the first group that takes it at a time when we know that the risk is increased in that same exact time frame. And don't, that doesn't even count the tri the doubling of cardiac risk or everything else we've talked about, myocarditis and all the other things you can add to that. This is why she's saying this. It le even, even if she is downplaying the actual waning, which by the way, is important to understand is part of this. But the difference is when you get the injection, those antibodies wane. And there's, as far as I could tell in the research, it, that's, it go, it's, they're trying right now to argue, and I'll probably talk about this in a new show, the T-cell issue is there from something else, but the idea is that that's not what we're seeing from the injection. Antibodies are supposed to wane when the issue is no longer present, but your body has memory B and T-cell, and that's supposed to bring them back if and when there's an issue. That's not happening for the injected. Anyway, so let me finish this and I'll keep going but also a little bit against uh, the severe disease. And we need more of those studies. We need to follow this out. And that is why we've said putting all of this together, the aim is to protect the most vulnerable, to protect those at highest risk of severe disease and dying. Those are our elderly populations, immunocompromised. Both of which we have in the study right here that says we don't know if those are safe. I don't understand this. I know you guys, some of you are probably irritated that I keep showing this, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm genuinely baffled how this can be so obvious. The safety profile of the vaccine is not known in the people that she just said we should give it to, right? Use in frail patients with comorbidities. Those are elderly people with comorbidities. That's what she just said. And it says the limited information on the safety. We don't know, right? Why are we giving it with flu shots? If it says right there that we didn't even do a study to determine if that's safe. God, it's, it's baffling. Other and unless you realize that there's we're off the rails, that they're not being guided by science right now, they're being guided by narrative, and people actually believe that is the science because they've been socially engineered and manipulated for 20 years. People with underlying conditions, but also healthcare workers, because if a lot of healthcare workers 
get infected as we see now they can be out sick and we don't want them getting uh, severely ill so to reserve boosters uh, for that population um, there's no evidence right now that healthy children or healthy adolescents need boosters no evidence at all right that's the main point that's the who saying blatantly we have no evidence and in, in accentuating no evidence at all that children should get these shots Right. So explain that, Fauci. Explain that, CDC. Explain how that makes sense. I thought we weren't supposed to challenge the WHO. We know what's happening here, guys. I mean, this is evil, criminal-level stuff. And how can you even call that conspiracy theory if we're literally staring at the WHO telling you that there's zero evidence to back up exactly what they're telling you to do? Same point here. Zero evidence to back up. Why would we give it to... A flu shot alongside of it. Elderly people, immunocompromised, but they're doing it anyway. It's crazy. Sweden now is saying the same thing. We're not going to recommend vaccinating children under 12 because of a lack of clear benefit. Okay, where yet, Walensky? Where yet, Fauci? Why aren't we? Because this is there's an agenda happening here. You can't make sense of this. Remember the beginning when they tried to, oh, it's just one fringe conspiracy theory doctor. Right. One fringe conspiracy theory government, and then two, and then three, and then seven, and then it's all conspiracy. Right. It gets pretty stupid when you start calling entire health agencies, entire governments conspiracy, or, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just obviously not the case. Now, I'm not saying because they say this, they're true, or they're right, but you can't relegate this into a bunch of fringe people in their basements when it's so obviously much, 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 much bigger than that. Here they are saying no general vaccination against COVID-19 among children 5 to 11 in Sweden. Challenging what the CDC is saying you have to do or that we're going to put you in jail or you know, manipulate your life or restrict you from doing things or keep you on homeschooling. Here's another doctor telling you that every organization mandating boosters in young, healthy people, and I'm going to go ahead and add for anybody else too, knowing the data on Omicron's breakthrough rate despite boosting is making a big error. See, that logic applies to everybody. I don't know why it's just for kids, but again, that's because that's kind of become the acceptable argument, even within the mainstream. It's ethically bankrupt. It is scientifically bankrupt, and it's going to cause serious damage to future vaccination efforts, you see, because that's, you know, this, this is my point about not, there's a level of working with certain people that uh, that may still believe that vaccines are good and that we should allow people to make their choices. There's, right now, in a lot of the communities out there that believe that, that know these things are dangerous would not work with somebody like this because they're saying vaccination efforts are good. Be on guard because plenty of people are manipulative. But at the end of the day, I want to re- reiterate that if we're both arguing that they shouldn't be forced, that it should be your choice, and that vaccine passports shouldn't be something we have to abide by, then uh, then you have your rights to make your own opinion. Yeah, sure, believe masks are good for you and vaccines work in this regard. I disagree. But we're on the same page when it comes to not forcing this. And I think that's something we have to recognize. You know, we really need to start crossing these party lines, whether it's about vaccination or any number of other things. It's so important that we reach across these, not just the aisles either. Like right now we're finding a position where it's not just about two-party paradigm in regard to, I mean, it's almost not even about the two-party paradigm anymore, right? This has become something bigger than two-party politics. This has become... I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. This is a freedom versus not. I mean, at the end of the day, right? I mean, this is about people that believe that we shouldn't be forced to do things like this and those that are okay with the government forcing you to do things like this. And that's become so clearly nonpartisan that it scares them, I think. And that's why all this is being pushed so hard. 
me clear up a couple tabs here. There we go. Now let's get back into this in regard to the last point here I wanted to get into in this segment, which is really important before we move on to the natural immunity part of this. And this is something that came out from Project Veritas. Now this is something I already breathed. This is where I accidentally pointed back or head for a second and I lost my place. This is really important. And guys, if you don't, if you think, if you think that this isn't subjective in how they apply what they think is right and wrong, I mean, really, you're just not paying attention to anything that's ever happened in this country or this government, I should say. But this is like, just a clip. You can watch the full one, full one elsewhere. But the point is that this is talking about people that are getting five, six different injections by lying about who they are so that they can get a $100 gift card from the New York City because they're poor. And that's being allowed to happen. In fact, there are even people inside the vaccination areas that are giving them advice on how to make that happen. Why? Because they've been convinced that it's safe and effective, right? Take 35 of them. They all told you it's safe, right? They've been brainwashed into thinking the only dangerous thing is not doing this in, in gene, gene therapy, unapproved experimental injection, right? They know this is happening. Because we just showed you that at the top of the, in the beginning of the Atlantic article, they even frame it in a positive way. Walter Baker, since fall 2020, has had five doses. He's already starting to ponder his sixth dose. They're actually framing this as a, as a positive thing. Because it's acceptable to get people to think it's good no matter what. Now listen to what they say here and we'll comment on it afterward. If you find people that have dropped five, six times just because of the incentive, and your other colleagues mentioned that people in homeless shelters are getting multiple vaccines in order to collect one hundred dollars. Right. Is that ethical? Absolutely not. Well, maybe just go and not say it. Well, just give them a different name, say you have no idea. Go somewhere where it's like extremely busy. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't put the vaccine. Like, what's crazy to me is that that's something, like, that's how loosey-goosey it is. I mean, just go, just, you know, just lie. Just say you forgot your ID. Come on up and get a shot. Really? I can't believe that that's acceptable to anybody. That that's, like, if they were, it's that okay to give them an, an experimental injection. Because they've been convinced that that's, can, might as well be water. Showed you shocking video of young children being vaccinated with the wrong mixture of the COVID vaccine and the apparent government negligence that led to it happening in the first place. That's just Some being vaccinated upwards of five to six times, which could potentially have severe impacts on their health. When I worked, I heard probably three to four times that people that were in the homeless shelters were going to get the vaccination and receiving the $100 incentives. They were changing their names around. Well, even if I'd be like, I'm the admin. When you put that in, it's supposed to get that flag in. Right. So how did they bypass the flag? By flipping the names. And they did it. As it turns out. See, so what's crazy to me is they even know that's happening and they seem to not care. Right? So you know how they do it, but you're not stopping it? That means they don't have any checks in places to find out if they are lying, so they just choose not to care. That's disgusting. The $100 gift cards being given to people as an incentive to get vaccinated were empty. Nobody huh. seems to know how or why this happened, but some speculate the cards were used before being given out. Now, what I think is happening here, guys, this is an experiment. These people are being coerced into getting this, and they know it's going to be the lower end of the population, right? I highly doubt a millionaire is going to go in and get a $100 gift card. You know what I mean? Like, this is, this is being aimed at the people that need this. 
and they're giving them God knows what. How many times have we seen them give, oh, oops, we gave 45 people in a row the wrong thing, or we gave them three times the shot. Oops. Like that happened all over the place. Not even, and now we're finding not even giving them the money. We're giving a blank gift card. But how about they want to know what happens when they give them multiple shots? Understand whether or not the outlet or the, the pop-up vaccination center is tracking this. You know who is tracking it? The government. They know this. And we've made that clear from day one. Whitney and I made this clear in regard to how they're using things like Palantir and Oracle and these different ways to track. And, and this is think people like Monsef Salawi made this clear. Not just in the trial. The pharmacovigilance went after, and anybody who got a shot was going to be monitored for two years. He said that, and he made it explicit. Now, they never followed up with that because they didn't want you knowing that now. So here we are. These people who are getting six shots, they know that's happening. I promise you. So recognize that they're probably monitoring what happens. Just like we wanted to know how many people get the third and fourth shots, and what do they do? Oh, look, oops, we gave you five shots in a row at one sitting. I wonder what happened. Oops, our bad. We saw that happen. I report, I mean, I think probably seen 15 different examples of that. How can you give 14 people in a row three times the shot? One you could buy, maybe two. There's an obvious issue here. And then they're shiting, shorting them the money too. Yeah, just go get another one. Get another guard. No worries. Uh, the city has processed some 7,000 complaints about the Akimbo brand vaccine incentive card since the initiative launched in July. And this is federal government money. Billions of dollars are being used. It's all about money at the end of the day. They don't care what happens. And I did not even want to come forward because I said it's yeah. me against the government. And there's parents that don't have an income. Right that are using their kids to get that $100 incentive. Ugh. So they're going to, of course, bring their kid in to get a vaccine. Ugh, God, it's so gross, right? I mean, and, you know, and look, as much as I, I will say that there's a, there's are disgusting parents that are doing that, they have been convinced by the government that it's safe, right? So they, I mean, if they, they're happy to accept that narrative if they want the money. So you're driving these these poor people to take this, crumbs, by the way, in today's world to take in you're you're basically turning everyone into an experiment i mean it's just so disgustingly obvious and of course this completely ignores the reality of natural immunity that they are now beginning to admit was always there isn't that insulting while forcing this so if we now say yes it's there and it's better why are you still forcing that child what if they have natural immunity don't care right who cares we're just hoping that by admitting it quietly now that you'll let it go later. Now, I'm not even going to play this clip because it doesn't even matter. This is Walensky from a couple days ago saying the concept of natural immunity as if they haven't pretended it was undefined until now. Like that's, I mean, they're so dishonest. Now, also, don't forget that we've known this from before. They've admitted this. This was on January 19th. This isn't even that long ago, but this was reported from before as well. And we covered it back then. Prior COVID infection offered better protection than vaccination during the Delta wave. Okay, we also know natural immunity was six times stronger in the same period. That's their information that they're manipulating. Now, it's not just under Delta, though, understand. This is just a general sense discussion. Natural immunity has always been better, and they've been hiding this the entire time. I've been pointing to the studies, as you all know, endlessly, and I won't go through them all again today. Nature, 
Science Mag, Journal of Infection, NIH, WHO, The Lancet, every single one since the beginning of when they started reporting these reports, and that was maybe 2020 and 2021, have been saying lasting, durable, robust, T-cell, memory B, all of it. And this whole time they've been going, I don't know, directional immunity? I don't know. We we don't know. We've got to do some studies. If you don't think they're dishonest, how do you not see that's dishonest? They knew it was there, and they weren't saying that we need to look into those studies. They were acting like it hadn't been done. That is blatantly dishonest. Which brings us to the point. Wall Street Journal. Mainstream as it gets, right? The high cost of disparaging natural immunity to COVID. Weird. Now, in no way am I arguing that that the Wall Street Journal is now on your side. You know, in fact, screw you, Wall Street Journal, for towing this line unless Marty McCary is writing for you and just continuing to tow the line of the things you've always known. But nonetheless, this will reach the average person who believes the mainstream only, hopefully, unless suddenly the Wall Street Journal becomes fake news because they say the wrong thing. But here it is, guys. This is the reality that's always been there. Public health officials ruined many lives by insisting that workers with natural immunity to COVID-19 be fired if they weren't fully injected. But after two years of accruing data, the superiority of natural immunity over vaccinated immunity is clear. That's pretty clear. The superiority, according to Wall Street Journal, of natural immunity over vaccinated immunity is clear. Well, look at that. Who wish we knew that a month ago, two months ago, a year ago. By firing staff with natural immunity, employers got rid of those least likely to infect others. It's time to reinstate those employees with an apology, which, by the way, is already happening. Starbucks is already hiring people back who they fired who didn't have an injection. Starbucks, of all people. You think things are changing, but don't miss the point that this is still part of the rollback because the passport system is still being used. They're just going to keep those people that they hired back getting tested. They're going to keep more to mask because that's still happening. But continuing forward, for most of last year, many of us called for the CDC to release the data on reinfection rates, but the agency refused. Now, why in the world does anybody think that makes sense? By the way, CDC, this is not your data. You work for us, or at least that's what we tell ourselves. So when you realize that they're going, no, American public, you don't get to see our data that we took from you that you pay for. We need to realize they're not on your side anymore. They never were. Going forward. Finally, last week, the CDC released their data from New York and California, which is what they were pointing to before, which demonstrated natural immunity was 2.8 times as effective in preventing hospitalization, and 3.3 to 4.7 times as effective in preventing COVID infection compared with vaccination. So three to five times more, generally. Yet we're not talking about this? The CDC, despite that, spun the report to fit its narrative, says the Wall Street Journal. And that's strange. Banning, bannering the conclusion Quote, vaccination remains the safest strategy. So they take a report that literally shows natural immunity is better. And all they do is slant it into going, but look, after the injection, the people with natural immunity have immunity. Remember remember when we reported that? We went through this and reported it then. As usual, when you're watching the show, you're ahead of the mainstream media at the very least. The point was, we told you that. 
And all, you know, that the mainstream came out and said, look at the immunity, how much better it is. We, we read the actual study and we said, look, all they're doing is saying that people that had the injection too had immunity. That's what he finds in this article as well. It says it's ba- it's it, it based this conclusion on the finding that hybrid immunity, the combination of prior infection with vaccination, was associated with a slightly lower risk of testing positive for COVID. <laughs> How insultingly dishonest. But those with hybrid immunity had a similar low rate of hospitalization to those with natural immunity alone. In other words, vaccinated people who had already had COVID didn't significantly reduce the risk of hospitalization and then realize that after they go forward, that the antibody dependent enhancement that can develop can dramatic, dramatically, drastically increase the risk of all sorts of things, including antibody dependent enhancement. That was found by Journal of Infection, I believe. Lancet, I believe, had a study. These have been found very clearly. They found, no, that was journal infection for sure. And they found very clearly that if it's based on the Wuhan strain, which is what this is, and it goes up against the variants of concern, that is how you can create an issue like this. They're doing that right in front of everybody, giving them injections after they've got natural immunity, which that's another study that points to how that causes the problems too. And then they go up against a new strain and then they, it's just, it's very clear. That's all peer reviewed science. They just aren't trusting it apparently, (laughs) which is funny. But the idea here is clearly that instead of just looking at natural immunity and comparing that to people that are only injected, they just jammed them together and said, see, the vaccine works by piggybacking on the natural immunity. Similarly, of course, the NIH played the same role and repeatedly dismissed natural immunity by arguing that its duration is unknown. Right. And this is this. This is the stupidest part about this, guys. Of all the things they're trying to hide from. Even the NIH website itself came out with a study on January 26, 2021 that said very clearly that lasting immunity was found after COVID-19. And it went all the way to the end of the study. Eight-month study went all the way to the end. It didn't stop at eight months. It just only went to eight months and it continued after that. So all they wrote was up to eight months. The point is every other study that it found after that went on well past that. And they've continued to make antibodies And that's in addition to their T-cell and memory B to other variants of concern going forward, which is what they've always done for natural immunity so far. The study demonstrated that people that got sick in 2020 from the ancestral strain produce antibodies that cross-neutralize variants of concern with high potency. That includes Omicron. We've already seen that. So at the NIH is going, we don't know. You tell me that that Fauci is saying, I don't know. You tell me that Fauci doesn't know what the NIH found in January? That either makes him the most incompetent person in history, or he's ignoring it. But he goes, and then failed to conduct studies to answer the question. But see, that's the problem with even this article. They didn't fail to conduct studies. They did it in January last year. And then everybody else followed suit. Nature, Science Mag, Science Itself, Lancet, NIH, all of it. So are you telling me even the Wall Street Journal doesn't know? I don't know. It's amazing that we can't see all this stuff. But the point remains. The natural immunity has always been better. And now even the Wall Street Journal is admitting that. And even the CDC data always showed that. And they're admitting that too. But it says because of the NIH's inaction, Johns Hopkins call, his Johns Hopkins colleagues, he's from Johns Hopkins, and I conducted the study. We found that among 295 vac- unvaccinated people who previously had COVID, antibodies are present in 99% of them up to nearly two years after the infection. We, and this is the point because it worked. That's the same thing the WHO found. It was 90 to 99% of people had lasting antibi- or lasting immunity, not antibodies, for the rest of their life. 
But then it says antibodies were present in 99% of them up to nearly two years after infection. Uh, and th that's, again, that's waned, understand, that it wanes. And then we'll, I'll explain that in a second. We also found that natural immunity developed from prior variants reduced the risk of infection with the Omicron variant. Exactly. All these things we've been saying for six months, people in the mainstream are going, you're so stupid. You know, it's, it's just, it's so frustrating how clearly this has been panned out. And it always, it was always there. You all knew that. Meanwhile, the effectiveness of the two-dose Moderna vaccine against infection, not severe disease, declines to 61% to Delta and 16 to Omicron. That's not even true either, by the way, because they've admitted that transmission is non-existent, guys. Not severe disease is what they're actually talking about, but I'll move past that. But it says, according to recent Kaiser study, it says, in general, Pfizer's COVID vaccines have been less effective than Moderna's. The CDC study and ours, both of them, confirm what more than a hundred studies on natural immunity have found. Now, that's what's weird to me, which, by the way, is that the immune system works. Why would he reference a hundred studies that find the same thing, but then say that they failed to conduct the studies? I mean, that's weird anyway. But it says the largest of these studies from Israel found that natural immunity was 27% times higher than, than generally being vaccinated. And that's, but that again is preventing severe illness, which I don't know why that's the point, but regardless, it's obvious. And even the Wall Street Journal is admitting that to us now. How crazy is that? But I already know, by the way, where this is going to go. Or at least, I mean, I should say my opinion. Here, This is a report that was put out on November 22nd, 2021, right when Omicron was starting to pop up, which is interesting. But they say, hey, MIT News says, hey, new 10-minute test to detect immunity. It's amazing how we haven't cared about that until now, right? It's like that should have been the focal point if we actually were trying to, no, just injections. That's all we care about because that was a clear agenda, especially now that we're admitting that they've been hiding this from us the entire time, even though we should have known. But here's the point. This new test we're going to use, well, it uses your blood and it rapidly determines presence of just neutralizing antibodies. Okay, well, here's the explanation of why that's not what we should be doing. Okay, because first of all, as you know, and this is how they're playing this game with their data right now. And I'm going to get into the sterilizing immunity part of this in regard to how they're trying to sell you on the new injections probably tomorrow or the next day. But in any situation, vaccine or not, if you get sick and how we, this is, by the way, if what we know about this is true, and I'm just repeating what I've been taught, and we should question everything we're told these days because of how obviously they lie to us. But again, if this is what we understand, that this is true, you get sick, you produce antibodies to an illness. Then your body also produces T-cell, different kinds, and memory B. And that's what's supposed to retain the understanding of how to make those antibodies. And then those wane after the illness is no longer there because you don't just keep producing antibodies for the rest of your life because that can get you sick. It can hurt you in different ways when there's no problem. It just This is the antibody-dependent enhancement situation. But it goes away. Then if you get confronted with it again, the memory starts producing them again. You see, now the problem is that as I understand it right now, people get the injection or just pumping this stuff out. And we keep showing where the studies, even though they told you it wasn't supposed to happen, that the spike proteins continue to be produced, that it keeps circulating in your body, that the mRNA and everything keeps in your bloodstream and it just keeps going. Talking about the self-amplifying conversation, that's important too. And so that the antibodies are there, but even that has been shown, they're going, oh no, they're waning. Well, they're supposed to wane. But not in two months, not in one month, not in three months. It's and right now, especially since we're they're going, it's still there, new variants and so on. If this goes away right away, that's even not working in the fake way they're trying to make it work, right? Just the antibodies for just the spike protein, even that's tapering off immediately. 
But coming back to the test, if you're doing a test that only looks for those, well, you're going to find two things. You're going to find people who don't have antibodies, who have natural immunity that you're going to claim don't. Because all the, why, if they don't need the natural, the neutralizing antibodies, if they're not infected anymore, why would, why, why would you test for those? You see, and they may still find some understand that it might, they may end up going, well, they're not there or they're very low. So therefore you don't have very high immunity, but they do though, because of T cell memory B, you see the point. Then on the other side of that, you're going to have a situation where people are going to be tested as they are injected and they're only going to see the shot up of antibodies. They're going to say there it works. But you need your third one after three three months because the antibodies will go down again. But that's not how this is supposed to work. They're changing the way your body and your immune system is actually supposed to work. And that's what a lot of people have been saying. That's why we see the dysregulation of your immune system in 50% of the people that take the injections. That goes on for an undefined period of time. That's causing extra cancers and extra all sorts of things. Researchers have successfully developed a rapid point of care test for the detection of SARS-CoV-2 but only for the antibodies. The simple test only required a drop of blood. So let's go back to the point to where we're getting DNA grabs here because that still matters. But I think that's going to be a play. I think that's how it's going to work. That's just my opinion. But the bottom line is, guys, you don't need to take these injections if you've already been infected, if you believe that's even what's happening. Here we are. Longitudinal analysis shows, and this is from uh, 2020, uh, right here, July 2021. We've reported this amongst all the others for you. Now, I could have listed them all off again, but I'll just give you this one today. Watch the old shows on natural immunity if you want to just search on the, nat- the last American Vagabond. They're everywhere. Lad- longitudinal analysis shows durable and broad immune memory after SARS-CoV-2 infection with persisting antibody responses and memory B and T cells. That's the, that's, that is all you need right there. And then you combine that with the science, science mag. NIH, NIH, WHO, all of them which tell you that it's durable, lasting, and robust. But that's what it says right there. WHO says probably the rest of your life. So why in the world are we pretending with something that we're told is not that dangerous? It's because you're being manipulated. And now they're desperately trying to tell you why this other thing we're doing could make T-cells. You don't, they are desperate to keep you on this train. Now, that's where this comes in. This, in my opinion, is an effort to meet the demands of what natural's already given you. Sort of like with the pill and everything else. Well, the, oh, oh, that's not stop it. The ivermectin stuff will stop it. We'll make a pill for that too. We'll act like it goes together. And then look, the vaccine works. That's, that's kind of how we all saw this, right? Where is another angle to that? Swiss researchers launched trial for COVID patch. Of course, as always, in the mainstream, now that they want you to think about this, is like, look at this new thing we're discovering. Oh, you mean that patch that we've talked about for a long time that's been there that you called fake news back before? Yeah, that fake news story that was fake news up until it wasn't fake news? That's funny, right? But here we are. The new patch thing that came out a year, two years ago that Bill Melinda Gates worked on. Yeah. The new PEP-GNP COVID-19 vaccine candidate, guess what? Focuses on T-cells. Now, why would that be? Well, because that's how you actually reach immunity. So why wouldn't you have done that for the other objection, right? There's something we need to ask here. Their mRNA platform garbage seems to be very, very problematic and an experiment. And and why, at the very least, things are going in the direction. And maybe they're meant to work together. 
And here's what they tell you right here. It focuses on T cells. Why? Because they are responsible for cellular immunity to eliminate cells infected with the virus and prevent it from replicating. Right. So why then would you make an mRNA platform injection that only makes antibodies for a one spike protein that would go away after it mutates? Why would you do that? When you know the T cells, I think we need to start asking these questions. The possible vaccine will be administered via micro needles in a patch that are less than one millimeter deep that they hope will provide long-term immunity from COVID and do away with the need for the boosters? Wait a minute. Explain this to me. How in the world can this single patch produce lasting immunity from one from one use, or at least that's what they're hoping for? Meanwhile, you've got these shower with two, three, four, five, six shots and keep going. Okay, the first question should be, then why wouldn't these shots over here be using what they're using here? Why wouldn't that happen? You know, see what I mean? But I think the real the point is very obvious, right? It's because it focuses on T-cells. That's how you get lasting immunity. It's almost like they knew that, right? We did know that. That's the point. They're going, gee, we hope this can do away with it. Keep taking those other ones, though, that are doing really nothing for you, increasing your risk. Quote, with this new vaccine that generates the cellular immunity that we're just discovering, we hope to have a longer period of protection. We don't know yet, but it could be one year, two years, three years. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, where are all the virologists out there that are going like, what? You guys are completely, we all know this. We've been, I mean, they, most of them are being quiet because most of them are choosing their job over the truth, which I can't even begrudge them that off to be that honest. But if you're helping people or you're allowing it to happen, then you're it's a part of the problem. And the point, oh wait, I think this is the bottom just in case. Oh no, it's the next article. Oh, look at that. This weird Yahoo Entertainment site, it shifts away just like the Jerusalem Post does. It's really strange. It actually changes the article on you. You see that? I didn't do that. Very strange. I'll keep, I just want to keep that up. But here is the point though. The Micron Biomedical Inc. This is on the Bill and Melinda Gates website. To develop a microneedle array patch for measles and rubella vaccination that enables house-to-house campaigns via administration by minimally trained personnel. That sounds fun. Generation of no sharps waste and improved thermostat. You know, think you don't need you don't need to be cold. Sharps being injections, which I didn't know until I actually spoke to Brooke Jackson. But Micron Biomedical. This was 2019. Hmm. That's interesting. Remember when Gate Gate said this is the best investment of the future is the vaccine right before this all became weird. How they were all working on everything that's being applied right now. It's almost like they knew. Right? Well, here's the here's what we're talking about, just so we're clear. This is from MIT News from 2019, right before we got here, storing, storing medical information below the skin's surface. Wait a minute. I don't see that reference anywhere in this report. Isn't that strange? It's almost like they don't want you to know what this actually can do, right? It's all about, it's all because we know you're scared of needles, a bunch of children. So we're making you this nice little patch that, by the way, also has alarming, scary looking needles that leave weird marks. But it's just, what's funny is they're pretending that the only reason we're resistant is because we're scared of needles. No, we're afraid of your, your dangerous injection in your technocratic future. That's what we're scared. We're not scared. In fact, we're just aware of where it's going. But yeah, make a micro patch for all the children that are scared of needles. But that's where it's going. Specialized invisible dye. You remember what that's called? Luciferase. Delivered along with a vaccine could enable on patient storage of a vaccination history to save lives in regions where papers or digital records aren't available. You know, or in a technocratic future where you don't want to carry something and you can just 
inadvertently store data inside their skin without them knowing or without them with them knowing, you know, whatever, either way. Using an invisible quantum dye dot dye that is delivered along with a vaccine by a micro needle patch. Now, guys, this is literally this exact conversation while citing these websites was called fake news. Remember that? Oh, you conspiracy theorists with your loose rays and your your injections and your patches and your nanotechnology. That was all fake news when this started. That is how stupidly removed from the truth these people are. And I'm talking specifically about the politicians and the mainstream media. These are the least informed people around. It's all oh, right. Maybe the people that follow them are, but wow. Like that's the point. This was fake news to them. But this, and that's what this is right there. That's the luciferase, which is a, a luminescence that's used in radio, uh, uh, radiology and different things, but it's also used like this. It's and the article's been updated, by the way, just so we, remember, so we can see that. The researchers showed that their new dye, which consists of nanocrystals, oh, weird, who would have guessed, called quantum dots, can remain for at least five years under the skin where it emits near-infrared light that can be detected by a special equipment smart, equipped smartphone. And then who knows where it's gone from there, right? It's possible someday that the invisible approach could create new possibilities for data storage. When they say someday, they mean like right now, biosensing and vaccine applications that could improve how medical care is provided. It's almost like they're telling you where they're building it to right now into the future. And guess what they don't get into? Whether or not it's safe in your body. Yeah, these things work together and they don't, and they don't compromise the injection efficacy and it also doesn't compromise the dye. And then they don't, where's the top? It doesn't, do they, do they combine? Do they work together? Do they hurt each other? Do they make a mixture? That, no, who cares? As long as the je- injection works, as long as we can read the data, who cares what it does to your body? This research was funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the Koch Institute. Good times. Fake news until it's not. Here's a Smithsonian. Same thing. This spiky patch could invisibly record vaccination history. Isn't it weird that we're not talking about the focal point of what they're reporting now? Isn't that interesting? No, it's just about injection delivery. Don't miss these things, guys. And all this leads into the future of what they're building with everything we're talking about. The metaverse and the Great Reset and the Build Back Better and the technocratic future and 5G and the the Internet of Bodies and the great narrative and everything is directing you here. If you're not seeing it, you're simply ignoring it. Look at this from Mac Rumors. The iOS 15.4 beta that was introduced today, this is January 27th, just added a new feature designed to allow Face ID to be used with a mask and without an Apple Watch for authentication. So it's almost like those people that were censored as fake news for saying they were using the situation to facial recognize people with masks on so they didn't need to see our face all the way. Yeah, they were right even if you don't think it was for the reasons they said they were right for, because here we are. How could they possibly achieve this if they weren't applying this technology to the masses while they wore masks? Obviously they did. How'd they do that? Good question. Because probably the government, probably how they're working together to accomplish this, which is not a secret. But it says, Apple says that the future can, the feature can recognize the unique features around the eye. For authentication purposes, 
If you opt to use this feature during setup, you will need to rescan your face for Face ID. From there, who in the world is even using this stuff other than the complete, absolutely not no people? From there, Face ID will be able to unlock your phone even when you're wearing a mask. Now, I didn't mean to insult anybody who might be using this. My point is, guys, if you're using this, please, this is the problem. They are actively, remember when Pokemon Go came out? That's what these things are about. There's not a surprise that the Pentagon literally made it illegal for them to use it or, you know, say they weren't allowed to use it inside the Pentagon. Why? Because it 3D mapped every room you were in. Then all of a sudden, in the matter of a year, they 3D mapped everyone's houses from the inside. This wasn't even a secret. This was actually proven. I don't know why we don't recognize this stuff. Okay? This was part of this. Whether it was added afterward or just taken advantage of what happened, they have now effectively used, they've shifted and updated and, and, and improved their facial recognition software by using the masks to where we are now. Just your eyes, which don't miss the relevance there either. But here is where this comes from the facial recognition. The IRS, weird, what a coincidence, will also start using facial recognition this summer. And you'll have to send them a selfie if you want to pay your taxes online, which, by the way, almost everybody does. Look at that. So now it's all being tied in. But no, it's just if you want to. You can go into an office if you want. No, but guess what? Eventually that's going to go away too. Or they'll find a reason to say you can't do it. And how suddenly you have to give a selfie. You have to use facial recognition. to use. It all starts with a choice. But it's never a choice if they're removing the choices around you. This is where it's going. Everywhere in front of you if you're paying attention. Here is the EU already jumping past the COVID passport and just going, and by the way, they misspelled passport because they're really intelligent over their politics, UK. It says building a vaccine. I shouldn't say that. People make typos all the time. I'm just trying to make, make funny. People on vaccine passport technology, every EU citizen and resident in the union will be able to use a personal digital identity wallet. Okay, wait a minute. What does that have to do with COVID? This literally comes under COVID passports. That's the whole point, though, guys. Not even related to COVID, but driven here using the hype around COVID. That was the plan. Take a listen to this. The website on Spalford. Oh, actually, I forgot. It's not in English, but I can read it to you as it's playing. So it says, every time an app or website asks us to create a new digital identity, it to or to easily log on a via a big platform, we have no idea what's to our data in reality. Well, yeah, that's the problem. And you guys have allowed that to be the case. This is what it looks like to create the problem and then create the solution you're selling them for the problem you created. That's what that looks like. So this is why the commission will propose a secure European e-identity, right? Problem, reaction, solution. One that we trust, meaning them, not you, and that any citizen can use anywhere in Europe to do anything, which was always the plan, which means you have to use it to do anything, right? Don't miss that. They just skip right over that when that becomes the case. Oh, you can't use that scooter unless you got your shot. Paying from paying your taxes to renting a bike. Like, don't see, don't miss how that's like the metaverse kind of angle, guys. They're driving you into this digital world where you're paying your taxes, which is not, don't miss that connection either. As the US says, oh, well, you're going to have to pay your taxes with a selfie. 
as we're talking digital identities and face recognition. If you think these things aren't linked, you're not paying attention. Where we can, the technology where we control ourselves, what data and how data is used. Are you pretending like she's talking about you? Why, why would you pretend that you have control over the digital identity and what it's used as when it's being used as a barrier between you and government services? <laughs> In what way is that? See, that's the illusion of the choice they're painting for COVID-19 injections. They're going to say, well, you don't have to use a service that you need to get to work, right? Or whatever. It's a lie. And it says, oh, that's it, right? The point being, guys, these are not anything to do with an injection passport. They're just building on the concept of using COVID passports and because, oh, you're comfortable with that now and saying, well, we're going to transition that into a personal digital ID wallet that we use for everything. Is that not literally a conspiracy theory that we're censored for everywhere else censored for? It is. It was. Here we are. Somebody just somebody commented that on a, on a tweet the other day. Said, "Are you ever going to get tired of saying I told you so?" Frankly, no. And I don't think I'm saying I told you so. I'm think it's it's incredibly important. I know there's a level of that, but there's it's incredibly important to continue to show people that this is not some new conversation, and it's not just about me. Who'd be referenced today? Jason Burmis. We talked about Slow News Day the other day. All of them have been doing it too. This has been out there since the beginning or the middle of 2020. Spiro was an early one as well. He's in the chat all the time. People are out. We've been screaming about this. We've been proving this stuff. So that's why it's really important to win. I think what was the one I shared the other day about that? And they said that it was the Tucker Carlson one about the mask and Bernanson, I think. And just, and it just, it wasn't even the mask. I think it was the, whatever. The point is like, look guys, we have all been saying this. It's not new to because it's on Tucker Carlson show. And it's not about saying, look, look, we did it first. It's about seeing, like we said in the beginning, how they are playing us. They are trying to get you tapped back into the two-party illusion. They're giving you half-truths on these conversations, on these two-minute rushed arguments where you don't get to flesh out the information. That's what's happening. I know not, I know not a lot of you like to think about that, that believe Tucker's on your side. But at the very least, ask yourself or just stay objective. I could be wrong. Just like I asked you to look at me and question what I'm saying, like that I could be wrong or I could be lying. Look at Tucker the same way. Ask yourself whether he could just be wrong or whether he's lying to you because he thinks it's for the best interest of the party or the or Fox News or whatever else. That's who these people are. They would not be there if they didn't already hold certain beliefs. That's manufacturing consent. Here is a member of European Parliament telling you also openly, this is what's happening. The European Green Pass passports will lean towards a social credit system using digital ID, right? They just admitted that by announcing digital IDs. Here's what he's trying to tell you. See, if you look what happened in China when they implemented the, the and this is the reason why we call this the Chinification of Europe, right. but you cannot do it overnight because if they would just do it, you know, as of tomorrow, everybody will have a, a credit score system, a credit score system like in China, then the whole Europe will be in the so it's, a slow it's a slow, not only that. So real quick before I forget, guys in the chat, Emily, uh, uh, Orwell, anybody, let's let's see if we can't get a hold, get get a contact for this person. I'd really like to talk to them. Should have said a long time ago. I don't know why we didn't try to reach out before. I just didn't even think about it. But we should definitely try because he's been on this for a while. And not many people have talked about the members of parliament that have been speaking up. But they, they do it, you know, in segments. So besides this green certificate, this this created the the system 
so the, the 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 system itself the technology and the hardware behind the system is created over there to create the framework for such a system exactly. that's the first step the second step is the wallet id the european wallet id and the eid i'm the main rapporteur on the eid in the libe committee uh, and it's it's kind of following the same path as in china so what they want to do they want to designate the north numerical uh, string as they call it to every every eu citizen that will stay with you for your for your entire life and that will be your unique id so when you will log in online when you will log in into your bank account when you go somewhere you will have that id with you so that's the the second thing then you have the the so-called wallet id where all of your passports all of your bank accounts all of your credit cards will be in one place and will be connected with this eid then you have the issue of uh, you know they talk about now about fighting uh, uh, climate change for example yes and they came up with this uh, figures that by 2030 they want to reduce the carbon footprint with by 55 percent or so and the only way to do that is to rationalize everything that we do and everything we consume Right. And, and this don't forget how immediately they tried to rope in climate change to COVID-19 lockdowns and then got embarrassed by how obviously that wasn't true, especially even around like the emissions and uh, mainstream came out and said, that's not even true. It came right back. The point is they tried to get you thinking about why climate change connected somehow to COVID-19 and they failed, but they didn't stop their agenda. Just like failing everything they do never stops their agendas. So. You will see slowly in many Western European countries right now, when you go and you buy them, it will tell you the carbon food footprint of that food, for example. So why do you think that is done? Exactly. Because next time when you go with the ZID that I'm working on, I'm totally opposing it. I will put everything in writing. Uh, I don't know if we have yet a majority to stop this in the parliament, but at least I will do my job. And you're the first media outlet to tell you this. I will do my job to document everything. Now, just to be clear, See, if you look what happened, just to be clear, what he's saying there is that he's on this committee because he's trying to fight against it. Like, that's what you could argue what it looks like to fight from within. Like, if you believe he's being genuine, it doesn't seem that way to me. So he's going to try and he's going to keep it all writing. He's been speaking out from for a while now. And you remember seeing this on the show. Let's listen to the last part. Because next time when you go with the ZID that I'm working on, uh, I don't know if we have yet a majority to stop this in the parliament. But at least I will do my job, and you're the first media outlet to tell you this. I will do my job to document everything. Because when the time will come and people will see what is happening, at least everything will be documented. And it's important who you guys will elect. I'm going to leave it there just for the interest of time. I want to wrap this up. But the point is, it's clear that this is happening. Right? Very clear. Ultimately, we need to recognize this has been being built for a long time. And this is a member of European Parliament that is standing up and telling you guys it's on the wall and backed up by the source material that we keep showing you from the EU document that shows they've been planning this since 2018. I mean, everywhere you look, it's being revealed right now, building your digital ID. It's right in front of you. And yet people call this conspiracy theory because they're too afraid to acknowledge what's happening right in front of them. Now, here's the report we just did on the national digital ID card in the United States. It's also not connected. Well, it's connected through the vaccine, but recognize that's the national ID. That's ID 2020. That's the techno, uh, um, 
what was it called? The techno fascism or whatever the, basically the, the, the defector from the, the, uh, ID 2020 group came out and said that she said it was crypto fascism or whatever the term she used. She said, this is going to be linked to the vaccines and this is going to be linked to the digital IDs and all of this stuff. And she's right. Nobody listened to her. So now we're rolling out with a national digital vaccine card in the United States, mind you. And we're not seeing the connection. We're not recognizing that all of this is building in the obviously the same direction. Then just as an, an add on to where this is going, I think this is ridiculous. How obvious, as I said from day one, guys, these things wouldn't exist. Air Ring being this example brought to show you that was made in 2020, by the way. If these companies didn't already either know or assume that this was never going to go away. You don't invest all this money for the advertising, for the marketing, for the creation of them, knowing that this is going to go back to normal in two weeks, right? Check this. Well, first, as I said, but we'll go back to normal as soon as we flatten the curve, right, guys? Because these are just temporary life-altering changes and massive direction shifts for entire industries. <laughs> you crazy conspiracy theorists. Check this out. Airy, a wearable air purifier designed to generate a pure and refreshing atmosphere around the user's face. Now, I know this seems fake, but trust me, it's not. I'll show you the website. Graceful lines of the air ring naturally extend the human body with unseen usability, comfort, and style. Within the elegant air ring are advanced and powerful modules, a sufficient battery array, and silent air turbine. The generated airstream is filtered by HEPA, sterilized by UV radiation, and cleaned by carbon filters. The precisely delivered purified airflow forms a sterile perimeter around the user's face. The air ring is self-guiding and easy to operate. One touch and a snap is enough to disconnect the magnetic mask. Oh, wait, so you just touch the inside of the mask? Isn't that completely counter to all the... Su yeah, shut up, Ryan. Firmly connected with the main compartment in a single motion. The air ring folds and slides off. Simply slide on an unfolded air ring and you're ready for action. The snap magnetic mask is for extra protection. Air ring is ready to go. Uh, extra, extra, meaning you should wear a mask underneath it, right? That's the unspoken point. And of course, guys, recognize this is not about just COVID-19. This is about, because arguably you could make a point to say that this has no bearing because even the CDC said the shields don't do anything. But by the way, the masks don't either. We'll get there eventually. Now we're going, just the cloth, just the cloth. No, we've been saying that from day one. They don't work and neither do the other ones. Not statistically significant. Say it with me, not statistically significant. That's what all the peer review science, including from the CDC said about masks before we got here. And then it all shifted. Even, remember when we were censored for saying cloth masks didn't work? You stupid. The CDC said everyone wear cloth masks. Now we're saying they don't work at all. How can we not look at that? Anyway, so here we are looking at something that's being built for a future that's not just about COVID-19. It's about climate change. It's about, you know, dirty humans and their gross breath and how they can get sick from everything all the time. And that, that's what this is. And this was built in 2020. Knowing this was going to continue forward. And as somebody in the comments says, does this smug hubris look like, do you, do you gain that from wearing the thing? Do you always look like the, you know, it's funny, but here they are. Oh, we're so good and happy and fun. It's just ridiculous, but it is real. It is very real. 
Oh, and I, you know, I had it up. But didn't trust me. Look up the website. This is real. And people are actually doing this. This is your future. And that point I made earlier, here's the reality of it. Just take a listen. The thing that is going to take in order to change the trajectory of roadway safety in this country is a single ambitious shared goal. And today we commit that our goal is this, zero. Our goal is zero deaths. A country where one day nobody has to say goodbye to a loved one because of a traffic crash. I understand the scale of the challenge and the ambition represented by that goal. And I understand that we may not get there during my tenure as secretary. Okay, the point being, guys, you see where this is going, right? Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't try to safen things out or whatever that means. But at the end of the day, this obviously pointed at cars. Right. And the whole idea about the, the technocratic future and all the different things they're building and climate change and all of that's about cars and how bad they are. The point is the Americans don't want this. And I'm not talking about in, you know, there's a thousand ways we can improve the cars we use and we can improve the fuels we use. Like as we're still tripling down on using the things that we don't need when we have a thousand different ways to use natural energies and different, I'm not even talking about oils and stuff like that. Right. We have, I mean, Let's just try using hemp again. We can literally change the world. No, you conspiracy. Like there's a thousand ways we could actually create fuels that are better, more efficient, better for the planet. But just because the government pretends they're bad news, we just stay on what they want us to stay on, right? This is a controlled manipulation narrative. The idea here is about pretending the goal is zero deaths. Even with government created systems, how about even with government, the government systems will be even worse is usually how that works out. My point was going to be even with government train trains and controlled Ubers that drive you everywhere, there will still be death. It happens right now. I mean, the point is it's always the case, just like with COVID-19, just like with the war on terror, it's about a zero sum game. That's impossible. You don't just stop death. It's part of life. People will die. Crashes will happen. Shorts will happen. Electricity will go. The point is it will happen and you'll never get there. All it does is give them something to latch onto, to rationalize the extreme measures they're taking for their agenda and hide that behind keeping you safe. Now, I'm not trying to argue that there isn't, like if there was people that were trying to improve your life in ways that weren't being forced on you, sure, but that's not what's happening. They are deciding what's good for your life. And that's not what I'm not saying because of his statement here. I'm saying that's because that's what they've stated in their legacy documents and discussed with people like Eric Schmidt and the international communities and the technocratic great reset reset future. They're built. This is what they're saying they're driving toward. And if you can't connect these two things, that is an ignorant choice. It's right in front of you. This is why that's what they're building. Just because he doesn't put it together doesn't mean that's not an exact connection. They don't care what you want for your future. They've already told you what your future is, and you're on that train, unless we can stop it. Finally, how are they going to keep you from seeing it? How are they going to keep you from stopping it? They're going to keep trying to scare you. Don't fall for it. Now, that's not to say that there's not things that are dangerous, not to say that there's not things, if you believe in that, that they'll get you sick and everything else we're talking about right? It's always been there. The point is you should always take precaution. You should always be safe and sanitary and blah, blah, blah. That's all. No one is arguing that it's not the case. That's how they try to frame people like us. But the bottom line is we don't know about this stuff. Not that something more dangerous isn't more dangerous, but the fact is that we don't know if this is more dangerous. And I'll show you. Nonetheless, Neokov is everywhere. What is this new coronavirus variant? Its origin threat it poses and more. Well, they say a new strain of the coronavirus that's been discovered. 
just been discovered by Wuhan scientists. That's what the what the very reliable weather channel has to say. It's not true, by the way. I'll show you in a second. Dubbed as Neocov, early findings indicate the virus has the potential to be even deadlier than COVID. Be scared. This is exactly the kind of thing they did with Omicron and Delta, and guess what didn't pan out? According to the research in China, Neocov is a new strain of coronavirus? That's also fake news. I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised the, Walt, the Weather Channel's got some great vetters over there, but here's what it says. A new strain of the coronavirus that is most closely related to MERS coronavirus, which is responsible for causing Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. This particular coronavirus shares traits with both MERS-CoV and COVID-19, causing SARS-CoV-2. It is believed to possess a, the high mortality rate of the former, wherein it can kill one of every three people it infects. They're pointing to MERS, by the way, and that's not even accurate in my opinion from before, but the high transmission rate of the latter. They believe that? Well, that's not even what they argue, by the way. This is this is the Weather Channel's framing of what this study is saying. It's not what they're saying. I'll show you the study. But either way, it's we don't know. They could be. They look like these things, and therefore we don't. We could all. It could end up being the same threat as this. Where's that connection? Just because it has similarities, we assume it could be just as that. That's a guess. There's actually nothing scientific to back that up, other than possibility goes on to say, Chinese researchers have detected this new type of coronavirus among the bats in South Africa. Okay, well, that, again, that's where, where were we just talking about South Africa and where was that? Right there. Well, that's right. That's right. Phase three study, they took place in South Africa in April. It's just, you know, interesting tie there. Who knows? You can think for yourself about what's going on. Interesting that this weird new thing that we have known about for a long time is popping up in South Africa, but it says not yet in regard to danger. Wait a minute. Didn't you just scream for five paragraphs? I could be, but guess we don't know. There's your answer. That should be the headline. How about this well, uh, weather channel? You shouldn't have written the article because we know nothing exactly. So you pretend we have all the info as we literally go, but we don't know anything. Right. But here's the crazy part. Oh, well, this was to show you the same thing. This, a new lethal virus known as this has been discovered. No, it hasn't. That's January. They're just trying to scare everybody. First of all, before we get to the study itself, here's the Indian Express. No, we're not faced with a killer neocob new virus. Here's why. News of the emergence of a new, a new type of coronavirus with the potential to kill one of every three infected people is what they're framing it as, has been circulating the internet for the last couple of days. It's been claimed, and this is by the mainstream, mind you, talking about spreading fake news and fear-mongering. That's, that's what they're doing. This is completely undefined. And they're basically mis they're basically lying about what the finding says. It says, it's been claimed the new virus called Neocov was discovered in South Africa amongst bats, and it could possibly enter human cells. The news reports are apparently based on a Chinese research paper that is yet to be peer-reviewed. Oh, remember how that works for us? Oh, you dummies using non-peer-reviewed. Love when they do it because it works, right? However, there is little connection between the paper and the inferences that have been drawn in the news reports. Totally blown out of proportion, one scientist put it, except those scientists that we don't listen to because they're not experts because they say the thing we don't like. The Neocov virus does indeed exist, because it does, at least what they're telling us. But here's the kicker. And it was indeed found in a bat population, they claim, in South Africa some time ago. Back in 2012. Oops. I'll, I'll, that's, we'll show you in the art, in the study. So think about this for a second. Reflect on the fact that the Weather Channel 
the Jerusalem Post, and every other mainstream article right now telling you they just discovered something new are either knowingly lying to you or that bad at their jobs that they just blindly say what they're supposed to say. It's probably both as always. But think about that. This, this kind of stuff never reaches the average mainstream person. You guys already seem to know this, so it just misses the mark, right? But I wish the average person could see this because it's not true. This was there in 2012. What they're doing in the study, which I'll show you next, is pointing to it. They did a new study on this thing they knew was there. And the mainstream is too stupid to wrap their mind around that or they just want to lie about it. New thing we're all in danger of because it works for narrative or we don't care to look into the information because we're journalists. There in their study, the Chinese researchers found that the bat receptors used by the new cob were similar to the one used by SARS-CoV-2 for infecting humans. That's it. Everything else is an extrapolation from there. That's I'm, I'm made sure that was correct. You read, read the rest of the article. It's a good article. But thank you, thank you, Indian Express, for being honest. The only thing the study really finds is that there are similarities, and they're reasonably minor. Before we get to the study, here's an article. Oh, no, I, that's right. I didn't. This was just something I had open. I wasn't going to include. Chinese scientists from... Oh, no, that one. Well, I didn't want to include this. You see, this is the problem, guys. It's not just mainstream media, right? Just so we're clear, this is the case. We'll prove it to you with the study. Both mainstream and everywhere you're going to look in mainstream, they say that, new, discovered, blah, blah, blah. Here's Zero Hedge. Chinese scientists from Wuhan discover potentially deadly new strain of... That's not true. So Zero Hedge, towing the line. Why? Probably because they knew that would get a lot of attention and clicks. And it's easy to... Well, the mainstream said it, so we could... That's not true. Did they? Did Zero Hedge even do the smallest amount of... Do, apparently not. Because, I mean, look, they even have the paper for crying out loud, and that's the headline. I mean, that's frustrating. Here's the paper. This is the headline. Close relatives of MERS-CoV and bats use H2 as their functional receptors. They, from that, they extrapolate that we're all going to die, and this thing's just like it, and it's going to be super deadly. And Here's the finding. Read it all for yourself. The lack of knowledge of the receptors of bat coronaviruses has greatly limited our understanding of these high-risk pathogens. That's how they start the discussion. So first of all, even though they don't find what they're selling you on the mainstream media, and this was found in 2012, and they're only looking at this in comparison to the connection here, they're saying a lack of knowledge of the exact things we're focusing on in this study has greatly limited our understanding of these exact pathogens. So that's a caveat there from the whole conversation that we don't even really know. Our study provided evidence that the relatives of potential MERS-CoV ancestors like these ones in, uh, and, uh, engage bat H2 for efficient cellular entry. So all they do is go, look, they use H2. The article says that's interesting. They compare it to the other one and they make this random extrapolation of information to argue new thing that may be lethal and we're all going to die. No, a 2012 thing they've known has been there that they just randomly looked back to in the study and compared to here because they found, they remembered at the very least, that it had an interesting comparison. Wow. Overall, we identified H2 as a long-sought functional receptor of the potential MERS-CoV ancestor in bats, ancest ancestors in bats, facilitating the in-depth research of these important viruses with zoonotic emergence risks. Our study adds to the knowledge about the complex receptor usage of coronaviruses, highlighting the importance of surveillance and research on these viruses to prepare for potential outbreaks in the future, right? Can't you see the headline in there? 
don't you see where it says we're all going to die and this is a new variant that we just discovered? No, you don't. Because that's not what it says. Unreal. Unless you're paying attention because it happens every day all the time. (laughs) But we're the crazy ones, right? Fake news over here. The BMJ ads... Or not to be able to just say they're just reporting on this, but it's this is just to add that it's a thousand other things. They're just floating out there. The UK Health Security Agency issues a warning over extremely antibiotic, antibiotic resistant Shingella Sinai infections, whatever that is. There's more things to be concerned about. Recent cases show the resistance to antibiotics is increasing. Well, why is that? Oh, that's right, because you guys are overprescribing antibiotics for everything under the sun that we've all been yelling about would cause this problem. And now you go, ooh, look at this weird problem we never saw coming. Right. It's frustrating, but hopefully some of this has reached somebody new today. Hopefully some of them out there can see all of how important this stuff is. Now I want to actually, I'm, I'm hoping that that in that chat, that that's what the person is saying is the tuned in number. I don't think it would be. No, we got 31 views. That's good. Well, might as well do this since I opened it and see if we got any, doesn't look like we did. Super you shouts. No, but thank you for tuning in to guys on super you sh- in, in general. Try to use Super U Shouts next time and not just for me, for other people on the chats or other people on the platform. But to finish off, guys, just to make this clear, by the way, this page for fresh is like every time I click on it. It's so funny. In any case, to finish off with seeing how dishonest these people are, really, truly, like as they're scaring you back into submission and driving you into the technocratic future and telling you you're a bad person for not following the things they told you you have to do to keep everyone safe, they all keep violating those rules. And yet the people that support their agenda keep going along with it. Like they, oh, I'm so sorry. I made a bad mistake over and over and again. And another one today, I'm so sorry. I keep accidentally making these mistakes again. Oh, another one today, I'm sorry. Meanwhile, UK police are requesting redactions to the information on lockdown violation parties. Great. So they're like, we're going to let you know we all broke the rules, except now we're going to redact all that information. It's probably not going to happen. Doubt about the content and release of the key report into lockdown breaching parties within the British government. I mean, the fact that we're having a deep report into the fact that they all had parties during lockdowns, how do you not wake up from this illusion? They're all out there partying with their friends while you're locked down in your home, scared of your mind. For crying out loud. And now they're going, but now we don't even know what's going to come out. When police said they wanted parts of it to remain unpublished until they finish an investigation, probably means forever. They're abusing their power. They're pretending they're going to release it like they never do. Remember when they told us they're going to leave JFK documents and they did like over and over and over. We're going to leave Syria and then we don't. Guys, they lie to you so they get what they want and they don't do what they tell you they're going to do. This should be step one in understanding government manipulation. They're going to admit, they're going to hide this from you while acting like they did what they were supposed to. What they did was break the law. Or not, excuse me, not the law. What they, they broke the mandate they forced on you, which they were using to force you into jail. So the reality being is they should also then be forced into jail if that's how this is supposed to work, but it doesn't. Because not only is that wrong and bad, but also they don't apply to them. Because one rule for thee, not for me. This might as well be the tagline for the great reset future they're building for you. The rules only apply to the peons because we're running everything up here and we're going to make, we're going to take care of you. Yeah. Let's hope. Right. But four hour show. Thank you for turning in today. A lot of important information. I'm sure star is going to have a great time breaking that one up for everybody getting the clips out there, but it's important to get this stuff out guys. And I needed to follow up one last thing I say before I let you go today, as I play this video again, because I keep forgetting, I wanted to give a special shout out to Christopher who made this video. 
He said he didn't need a shout out, but I really appreciate the time he took to make this, adding clips from the DC rally for this video today. So we're going to end today with this clip or this, my, the music video we played a few times, but a couple of additions just to give Christopher a last shout out. Thank you for being here today. I think you can see by now how obvious this is. And it's really just about being patient with people that haven't seen it yet, that are desperate to hold on to their illusion because they're scared. Try to be understanding about what they're going through because not all of them are bad people. You know, and, and, and right now we're seeing the nonpartisan reality. So just try to open up to these people. Doesn't mean you have to like what they're telling you, but just realize that everybody gets manipulated sometimes and you are the majority and they don't see that. Not like that should ultimately matter for their opinion, but just try to introduce them to the information, try to take the time with them and bring it in front of them, given the information from the show notes, given the links to the articles themselves or to the studies. I mean, let them read it for themselves and tell let them walk away coming to their own conclusions like you do. Teach them how to do it because they've been taught how to do the opposite and it's been stolen from them over the last 20 years of their life, their entire life. So thank you for being here. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. I see all the people Led into deception By the very men Found to care Blinded by the promises Unknowingly sold despair So leave your herd of sheep And follow this shepherd to revolutionary ends that you knew has changed around you It's all become a money game It's all become a money game It's all become a money game Are you ready for Are you ready for Are you ready for Revolution Revolutions now It's happening all around you If you cannot see Pull aside the curtain And see the war machine It's time for you to rise up Rise up and prepare So arm your fellow man As it's become destructive To its own ends world that you knew has changed around you It's all become a money game It's all become a money game It's all become a money game Are you ready for Are you ready for Are you ready for Now it's 
happening all around you If you cannot see Pull aside the curtain and see the war machine It's time for you to rise up Rise up and prepare To arm your fellow man Cause it's become destructive to its own ends world that you knew has changed around you It's all become a money game It's all become a money game It's all become a money game Are you ready for Are you ready for Are you ready for The revolution Revolutions now It's happening all around you If you cannot see you Pull aside the curtain And see the war machine It's time for you to rise up Rise up and prepare To arm your fellow man they become destructive To their own ends world that you knew has changed around you It's all become a money game It's all become a money game It's all become a money game Are they ready for Are they ready for Are they ready for We the people 